0: uh i do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings sportsbook ufc 300 is here DraftKings sportsbook the official sports betting partner of the ufc is giving new customers a shot to turn five buckarinos into 150 dollars instantly in bonus bets with any ufc 300 bet so uh there's a lot of close fights jamal hill alex pera is a close one um one that is of interest to me: Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm, going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Weili is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so, there's a lot of interesting things on this card, and the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So, go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code the MMA Hour. New customers can bet five bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling Pronto call 100 Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877 8 hope and or text hope Y. that's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boothill Casino Resorts in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash mma dot com, yes, uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Obviously, it's UFC 300 week in Las Vegas. Friday, also in Las Vegas, it's the second PFL event of the season. Had a great start on Thursday. Uh, Dakota Cheva with a solid win. You had Moldovsky on there. You had a bunch of Uh, former Bellator fighters Liz Carmouche getting a win as well in her PFL debut. And so I want to let you know that the PFL is back on April 12th with the lightweights and light heavyweights throwing it down. Last week, it was the women's flyweights and the heavyweights. You've got names like Impa Kasangane, who, of course, uh, won the 2023 light heavyweight tournament. You also have Clay Collard and Bellator, former champ, one Patricky Pitbull is uh, is going to be on the card against Clay Collard. So if you're in Vegas for three hundred, go check them out. If you're at home, check them out over on ESPN Two and ESPN uh, Plus. That is Friday, April twelfth, live at nine p.m. Eastern time. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with. Oh! Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life on this Monday, July 24th, 2023. Hello again, everyone! I sure hope you're doing well. Hope you had a lovely weekend. It's a beautiful summer. Monday afternoon here in New York City. UFC London has come and gone. We have a lot to discuss on today's program. I had a lovely weekend. Thanks for asking. I spent my weekend in Boston. What a lovely city. I was just scoping it out. prior to the big uh, UFC 292 card on August 19th. Uh, So there's a lot of buzz in the air. I just wanted to, you know, they sent me over there to check out the scene, see if everything was okay, ready to go. No, in reality, uh, I was there en route to picking up my boys from sleepaway camp, and they're back, and I'm so happy, and they've learned a lot. And uh, they talked to me about things like Riz. They asked me about Riz, Frank. They're 11 and 9. Could you believe such a thing? That's crazy. I told them, you know, on my show, they call me Ariel Rizwani so there's a, there's, a, there's a reason why you know about these things it's sort of by osmosis i can't tell if that was a fake laugh or a real laugh that was a, a push a button and it does a laugh track. Mm. in any event uh so great to have them back the hug the reunion any parent out there who is picking up their kid from sleepaway camp they know what i'm talking about It's a, it's a beautiful feeling it's nice to have the family back It's nice to be reunited and uh, a couple days off to Las Vegas for uh, Spence Crawford or is it Crawford Spence? I've heard it both ways, both ways. Um, I think it's Spence Crawford because he has more belts in any event. I'm looking forward to that. We'll be working for Showtime, TNT Sports, also UFC 291 Fight Week. I mean, there's a lot going on, Frankie. There's a lot happening. So we got a lot to discuss, of course, coming off of UFC London part I don't know fourth one since the uh the pandemic actually would have been the fifth remember there was supposed to be that September 2021 card and it was filled with British fighters but then they did it at the uh, apex so technically this is the fourth third fight night one pay-per view it has come and gone lots to discuss coming off of it as always we are presented by our good friends over at draftking's Sportsbook, yes, they are the uh, the friends of the program, and we urge you all to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, and let them know we sent you. How? Put in the code the MMA Hour. That's the best way to let them know we appreciate your support, their support, support them because they support us. Now back into the show, we'll see how we did. Unfortunately, this might be one of the only times where I was the weak link. And there's a sad story attached to all of that, but uh, we'll, we'll recap it all, talk about some news and notes. A few things have happened since we last spoke, uh, in particular, the Abu Dhabi card coming together. And as first reported on this program back in April after the Miami pay-per-view by Chelsunna, not by me, it is in fact going to be Paulo Costa against Hamzat Shamayev in Abu Dhabi on October the 21st. And the main event is, in fact, going to be Charles Oliveira versus Islam Makhachev for the lightweight title. And I told you all I had a feeling that it would be Charles Oliveira. Not to say that he was, you know, negotiating in public, but it did sort of feel like enough time between July and October for a guy who wasn't hurt that they would figure this out. And so that leads one to believe that next for Volkanovsky would be Ilya Teporia, perhaps back into the year. But there's still a lot of slots to figure out. So stay tuned for all of that. That was probably the biggest news that happened since we last spoke. Um, Prior to that, we're going to be joined by Grayson Waller. Grayson Waller, if I could buy stock in a pro wrestler right now, a young, up-and-coming pro wrestler uh, who's only been on the main roster for less than three months, I'm buying stock in, in Grayson Waller. The Pride of Australia, a veteran of the Survivor Australia brand, show, series. Uh, He's unbelievable on the mic. When I was in London for Money in the Bank, he went toe-to-toe with John Cena and was fantastic in doing so. But why do I like him in particular? I like him because he's a massive MMA fan. This is the guy who I met in LA prior to getting called up to the main roster, who was with NXT, who told me that he has studied Chael Sonnen tapes to develop his style on the mic. Uh, he's a big Volkanovski fan. Obviously, he follows the sport. He actually competes in, in boxing trunks. Uh, great guy. Met him. Like him a lot. Great personality. Very good on the microphone. Want to talk to him a bit about his career, about the shoey. He's big on the shoe. Uh A little Volk action. A little Australian MMA action. Perhaps some Izzy talk. Some MMA fandom. Can you Shout out done? New York Rick. <laughs> um, if anyone can guess what he wrote to me, you get a prize. If you write to me on Twitter right now what, in fact, New York Rick slacked me in this moment, uh, you will get a prize. What's that prize? I will retweet you. Remember when people used to do that? Yeah. If you get now it's going
1: right. to be re-X you. Oh, we're
0: going there. Someone said I spoke about Twitter way too much on the last episode or way too soon or something like that. So I was trying to avoid it. Still not really quite sure. Later on, we you know, we like to get our social media news from New York, Greg. He tells us what's what. He lets us know if, if you know, we should be overreacting, if we should be upset, all that stuff. So we'll get his take. You may have already asked. Have you asked him already?
1: Oh, yeah. It's been the talk of the town.
0: Hmm. Um. Anyway, Grayson Waller is going to join us. Part of that, we're going to be joined by Larone Murphy. The miracle had a nice win on Saturday. Uh, One of several UK-born fighters who won, and in fact, he won on his birthday. He is now 32, born in 1991. Unbelievable! Uh, he won on his birthday. He defeated Josh Coulibau, uh in impressive fashion. Won via unanimous decision. Uh, Two judge actually. Uh, judges had it thirty to twenty-six for him, almost finished Kulibao in the third round. One judge thirty to twenty-seven who was never in doubt. Solid performance by Lerone Murphy. We'll talk to him and of course we will talk to the star of the show, who we have many thoughts on, the man who returned three hundred and sixty-four days since his devastating knee injury, the one and only the pride of Manchester, the 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 great Tommy Aspinall who returned to action. In brilliant fashion. A little bit late. I thought I thought you were ready on the button. A lot of people told me, Frank, that like it's now automatic. They hear his name, they think of us. They think of that chant.
1: As it should be.
0: Yeah. So what a win for him against Marcin Taiboura. Uh, I reached out to him yesterday. said, hey, you got some time for us? He said, of course I have some time for you guys. You guys made this fight. And I was like, look, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but appreciate you saying that. So big win. 73 seconds for Tommy Aspinall. More thoughts on him in a moment. Prior to that, we'll be joined by Paul Craig, who looked fantastic in his middleweight debut, won via TKO in the second round against uh, Andre Muniz. I, I never really thought of Paul Craig as a potential light heavyweight, made the move, looked great, and uh, the faceoff was great. The fight was great. Everything about it was great. What a big win for the Pride of Scotland. Paul Craig will join us at about 145 Eastern. So stay tuned. For all of that. But let us talk a little bit about Tom Aspinall, because I remember I was actually in Boston last summer doing the exact same trip en route to picking up my kids when he uh when he fought Curtis Blades. And I remember that feeling like this was to me one of look, every injury is sad. Every injury that comes out of the blue, especially, you know, seconds into a fight, is is sad, is heartbreaking. You don't want to see any fight end that way, especially not someone you know, with such promise, with such a high ceiling, fighting at home. The fight doesn't even get going. 15 seconds, it's over. He loses to Curtis Blades. And it was like, man, this is a bummer. It was such a sad way to end. Well, it was a pretty good card. Um, You know, Patty had the big win. Molly had the big win. A bunch of other British fighters had big wins. And it just ended like a freaking, like a womp womp. And you wondered what that would mean for him. And I would write to him from time to time, and it seemed like he was very down. He's talked about it since then, you know, was very down even for a moment, thought about just walking away from a sport that he, you know, he's been competing in martial arts in some way, shape, or form since he was eight. And here he is almost at the very top of the game, and he gets this devastating injury. But then we start to learn more about the injury, and we talked to people like Phil DeFries, who tells like the knee used to lock up on him and it was giving him problems and he should have had the surgery, you know, well before he had it last year, but he kept getting another fight and another fight and he thought that he could get by and he was able to overcome the the pain and discomfort and he was just on this, this treadmill and it would just keep going and going and going and, you know, this, this forced him to get the surgery and take the break. And so you hear that and you're like, all right, maybe there's a blessing here. And then he talked about, you know, how it got dark, but then it got really good for him and he felt like he needed the break. And you hear all these things and you wonder, okay, like what 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 is this all going to mean? What is this all going to translate into? You see him show up on fight week, tremendous shape, fit, buff, cut. He's going up against Tibora who also looked, to his credit, fit, maybe the fittest we've ever seen, uh, Marcin Tybora, but you know, to me, Aspinall was on a different level, and this was the perfect comeback fight. Don't need to jump right into the deep end. Perfect comeback fight. Tybura, very solid, top 10 heavyweight. I think he's top 10. I kind of view him as one. Uh, he's had a nice run as of late. Uh, perfect way to come back. Put him back in the same spot, in the same arena, same headlining act, all that and more, almost exactly one year to the day. Like, it was like, it was perfect. Everything was perfect. But you do wonder how he's going to respond. How do he respond? He looked unbelievable. He looked just as good, if not better, than the guy that we had been talking about for the past several years leading up to the injury. The mix of Cain Velasquez and Frank Mir, that's what I always think about when I see him fight. Quick, strong, finisher, great on his feet, great on the ground. He's got it all. He absolutely has it all. And he was great on the mic. He owned the moment. It was picture perfect. As depressing and as heartbreaking last summer was, this was as exhilarating and exciting to see, delighted for Tom, I think he's one of the true good guys in the game. I really do enjoy him. I like his uh, self-deprecating personality, and he seems to be a guy who's happy to surround himself with his family, with his father. Um, it, it's a nice way to end this story, which started last year. But now I feel like he has he has graduated from the London spot. He has graduated from these London shows. And quite frankly, I think the UFC needs to start looking elsewhere. And and, and Dave Shaw, who's their executive, who's in charge of this region, uh, spoke about that at the post-fight press conference. And uh, he's 100% right. They need to start looking at whether it's Scotland or Ireland or other places within England, Manchester, Newcastle. Uh, it would be great if they could go back to Liverpool. Those places need some love as well. It's hard to keep going back to uh, London, especially with those high prices. But Aspinall in particular – shouldn't just be a European fighter anymore. He shouldn't just be an English fighter anymore. He needs a big fight on a big stage. And, and after the fight, he called out the winner of Sergei Spivak versus Cyril Gan early September in Paris and said he wanted to fight that winner in November at MSG. And so I will say here, and I will say this to him when he comes on the show, it was a perfect week for Tom Aspinall. It was an absolute dream of a week. It was a glorious week for Tom Aspinall. It's, it's I mean, he couldn't have scripted it any better. Beginning, middle, end. The one thing I didn't like about what Tom Aspinall did this past weekend was the call-out. I love that he called someone out. I love that he was specific. I love that he said, I'm going to go there and I'm going to fight the winner at MSG. All of that was great. But I felt like he got the wrong guys. I feel like the fight is him versus Sergey Pavlovich. That's the fight. And I know they've been booked before. And it wasn't able to come to fruition. But that, to me, is the fight. And I will say this to all of you right now, and I'm not lying about this. I say it from the heart. No hyperbole whatsoever. I am just as interested in Tom Aspinall versus Sergey Pavlovich as I am in John Jones versus Stipe Miocic. And dare I say, perhaps, I'm, I'm a victim of the moment right now. I fully admit that potential. Dare I say just a little more interested in Aspinall versus Pavlovich because these are two absolute killers in their prime, ready to go. The evolution, the next chapter, the next era, the next group of heavyweights, that's the fight. We already saw Tom Aspinall fight Sergei Spivak, and it wasn't that close. And Gone, yes, if he comes back and looks good, there's some interest there, but then what? Gone versus Aspinall? And what if Ghan wins? Now, now he's fighting John Jones again. I refuse to believe that John Jones is done after November the I think it's eleventh. I refuse to believe that. I do believe that Cipe Miocic is done. Win or lose, November twelfth, I think he's done from the sport. I think he's he's out of here. And I think the only reason he came back is because of the John Jones fight. I think if Sergey or Tom Aspinall or Gan or Spivak, if Gan would have won in March, if 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 some other guy would have won against John Jones, I don't think he's coming back. If Francis was still around, maybe he comes back for that fight. It's Francis and John. Francis obviously gone. John is the champ. All right, he's going to come back for that. But I don't think he has any interest in fighting anyone else. I think John still does, but I think he needs that why. And I like what Tom is saying. I'm going to give him that why. I need to give him that performance to you know light a fire, to tickle his fancy. He gave him that performance on Saturday. Solid call out. Said he's going to beat the winner of that fight in Paris. I didn't love the, you know, who he was talking about. Of course, totally fine if he fights those guys. It's not my top choice. But what was the end? The end point was I'm going to go after John Jones, and I think that if you do Sergey Pavlovich versus again, if if you do if you do Tom versus the winner of Cyril Gunn and Sergey Spivak, that's a two month turnaround. And we just found out with you know DDP. That's that's a lot to ask. Oh, that was the other big thing that happened. Um, that was a crazy, like, Wednesday night when all that stuff was going on at the same time that it's going to be sh- probably Sean Strickland, not DDP, against Izzy. Two months is a short turnaround. Sergey's ready to go. That's enough time. You put them in the co-main event or in the, th- you know, third spot. I, I mean, if it was up to me, MSG would have John Stipe, Leon Colby, Tom, and and freaking Sergey. I mean, who says no? World's most famous arena, the freaking Mecca, All Eyes, November, come on. That's the, that's the fight, and you get a big-time performance out of either Aspinall or Pavlovich, and then jones Stepe. and if it's John Jones who wins, great. Hopefully that winner has done enough to impress. If it's Stipe who wins, now you've got a, a vacant title, and maybe then the winner of that fight is fighting the winner of Spivak versus Gunn for the vacant title because they will have just fought each other. That's what I would like to see. So I, I was a little bit surprised, especially considering the fact that he has already beaten Sergey Spivak. The gunfight fight would be fun. Don't get me wrong; it would be fun. But to me, my choice is uh, is Tom Aspinall versus Sergey Pavlovich in November at Madison Square Garden. Uh, unfortunately for Molly McCann, tough loss for her. I just saw on her social media that uh, she pretty much said she's going to go down to one fifteen, and 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 my heart breaks for Molly. Molly's a great person who's an inspiration to a lot of people who has uh, done things the right way who who fights with her heart on her sleeve who's a, a great representative for you know UK MMA and women's MMA and um is someone that you would want you know your 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 kids to be a fan of and I see that people are sort of you know uh celebrating her recent losses and trying to relish you know her whatever demise, perception of a demise that you may think is happening and uh, that's just the shitty byproduct of, of social media and I hope she's not taking any of that to heart because I know she has a lot of supporters out there but this is a tough go for her and uh, I hope, you know, I know she takes the losses very hard and I hope she doesn't take this one uh, very hard but uh, there was a lot of attention, a big spotlight on her and uh, Stolia Ranko is solid on the ground and uh, she got her with the armbar. So we'll see what happens with Molly dropping down to uh, 115 um, We'll see if that's the right move for her and and, and the healthiest move for her as well. Uh, Nathaniel Wood and Andre Feely had a great fight, won by Nathaniel Wood, back on top for him. Congratulations to him. His uh, his sister is getting married today, so I think he's a little bit banged up, and maybe that's not great for the photos, but uh, great, great win for him. Paul Craig, like I said, with the big win for his Yam beat Jai Herbert. I know, you know... it. it This card was talked about as not maybe, maybe not the best London card. And I know there were some slow uh, moments, uh, no doubt, throughout. And the crowd didn't feel as hot. They were missing some of those big names, Um, a lot of them unavailable. Lerone Murphy with the win. Daniel Marcos with the split decision win over David Grant. Johnny Parsons with the win over Danny Hot Chocolate Roberts. Obviously, a lot of these, uh, you know, British fighters losing didn't help the cause as well. Uh, Joel Alvarez. Is a stud, uh, although it was a bit of a controversial ending with uh, Tia Casey, Mick Parkin. Shout out team uh, BFG; they now go three and zero over the week with Phil DeFries and then uh, Parkin and then Aspinall. Great win for an up and comer who they speak very highly of. Uh, he won and uh, improved to seven and zero. Had a unanimous decision win. Uh, Mahmoud Muradov had a win. Caitlin Vieira figures to be in the plans at 135 now. The uh the the updated and 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 and, and renewed 135 pound division. Chris Duncan with the win over Yanal Ashmuz. Shauna Bannon had a tough loss to Bruna Brazil in her uh UFC debut. She came on uh very strong late, but it was uh too much and too late in that fight. So she'll be back, but there was a lot of attention on her. And uh, the first couple rounds were just tough for her in her UFC debut. And Jafel Filio had a win as well. So overall, a solid afternoon of fights here in the United States. And I was talking to some people leading up to it. I was like, yeah, this, this, this doesn't feel like the last four. doesn't have the buzz. And I said, if Tom Aspinall does what he is supposed to do and he ends the night the right way, and he ends it in an emphatic way with an exclamation point. All will be forgotten. And maybe it doesn't need to be forgotten. Maybe it shouldn't be forgotten. But that was what the people wanted to see, especially after the depressing Molly McCann loss. Uh, that was exactly what the doctor ordered. And everyone went home happy because of Tom Aspinall. Now, let me ask the guys, what do you make of what I just said there? Tom Aspinall versus Sergey Pavlovich was the fight to suggest and Tom Aspinall versus Sergei Pavlovich is actually kind of more interesting than John Jones versus Stipe Miacic. What do you think, GC? What do you think?
2: Oh, it, felt like, it felt like Rick was ready to go. Oh, right? go ahead. I'm
0: I'll
3: rare. Please, him please, first. please, please, Di- please. Disagree strongly on both fronts. Wow. Uh, so Go ahead. Take your pick. Easier easier path to the title, uh, if you can get it, is through Cyril Gahn and um, Sergei Spivak. So call them out. Potentially set that up, put plant that seed, put that in the UFC's mind and the fans' mind. And if you don't, then just sign up to fight Sergey Pavlovich. Why not? Why not call your shot? Take the, take the path that I see and I imagine Tom Aspinall sees as a as a quicker and easier path, less risky. And then uh, if it doesn't come to be and you end up booked against Sergey Pavlovich, great. Take the fight, fight for number one contendership, and then and take the title fight. So I like that. Um, that he's picking that path a lot better um, because he can fight Sergey regardless. It doesn't matter um, what he's doing. So so call for what you want. And then as far as the fight itself, like the fight itself, think Tom is big time. Think he could even be in this position. Like I was talking about it in the post show. I think he could even be in a position where like him versus Sergey could be a pay per view headliner. Like, sure, I think that's a, a level of fight like a Dustin and Justin, where like there's so much at stake, and and these guys are so willing to uh, put on an exciting fight that it could headline a pay per view if the UFC strapped and doesn't have enough title fights in a year. Um, I could see it being one that they fill in with. So I like that fight a lot, but it does not trump a John Jones fight for me. So so
0: you're looking at this from Tom Aspinall's point of view. You know, I'm big on the promotion, so I'm looking at this from the promotion's point of view, and I would love to see, I think the biggest fight possible is Sergei versus Tom. There's no... sure. That is that is big. Now, if you're if you're saying like I'm managing Tom Aspinall and what path do I want That's to take? That's the to get perspective to, I was taking. No, I'm I'm a promotion kind of guy. I'm looking at yeah. what's best for Don't the care UFC. About that.
2: <laughs> I mean, I love the idea <laughs> of being on 295 and like being on the same card as that John Jones Stepe Miocic fight, but I it, I still am more interested in John Jones Stepe Miocic. There's just too much stake. It's it's another John Jones fight at heavyweight. It's only the second time we've seen him. He's going against Stepe. Last fight for Stipe, like you said, I think, regardless of what happens. Uh, so, yeah, I, I still am more interested in now, that. Now, don't get me wrong.
0: I mean, uh, someone's going to take this comment out of context and say, like, whoa, what are you talking But, like— I mean, you said what you said. No, no, I'm just saying. And I also said I may be, you know, a prisoner of the moment. But the point is, from a style standpoint, to me, like, from an actual, like, oh. holy shit, Sergei Pavlovich with his skill set and Tom Asperl with his skill set— To me, is more interesting than Stipe with his skill set at this point, and John Jones' skill set going toe to toe. You know what I mean? Like I'm sitting.
2: Round one finish for sure. It's going to be incredible. It's (sighs) it's going to be a banger. Like you think you think it's a a round one finish? Yes, and also competitiveness, right? That's in factor here. Like
3: I'm not going to speak for you, but I'll speak for myself. I don't think John Jones versus Stipe Miocic is going to be competitive. I think John Jones is going to blow his doors off. Like that's just this is what I'm talking about. Okay, my stance right now, right? Um. But getting a John Jones fight, as we can still get them, to me matters, and and I think we need
2: heavyweight too. We've only seen him at heavyweight once.
0: I know, but you guys are about the 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 sizzle. I'm about the steak. Oh yeah, I'm a you're, purist.
3: you're you're I'm all a... about the fight technique and yes. not the
2: spectacle at all. Uh, you no, yes, all about The stakes. Uh, yes, I'm about what is at stake here, John Jones. And oh my God, S- Mister Mister X, X is in Ariel right.
0: By the way, can I tell you something? There's yeah. actually more at stake between Tom and Sergey than Jones and uh and Stepe.
3: Now this one I'm gonna this need a great. justification for. Explain please. This is this is this is for metrics, yeah. this is for the title of next big. You can thing. stop there. This is for the title. No, this that, is that, for the next one. The one big in November is is for the title. You can yeah, stop this, your sentence right there by the way, for the title.
0: By the way, the way they're billing John Jones versus Stipe at the moment on the DL is like a double retirement fight. I mean, what? Double retirement fight. I mean, is that I mean, not if the, it is? If it is, who wants to see is. a double retirement fight for the belt? So you're John telling Jones me that by the end, end of the night, it's going to be a vacant title? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe John Jones sticks around. Tommy, Tommy Aspen also open for it. Listen, make, make freaking, you know what? Make Sergey versus uh, freaking uh, Tommy for the BMF. You see, we got the BMF right over there.
2: We're all in there on the is. BMF. You see, yes, that? we are all in on the BMF. I, I want that to be known. I got my. Got my Poirier's, Poirier's KO edition right here. I'll be using yeah, this yeah, on yeah, all yeah. my food throughout the entire week. Uh, I also like the idea of Aspinall being in Paris and being like, "All right, whoever wins, I got next." I, I like that idea.
0: Yeah, no, so I also, I, I also
2: feel like there's Pavlovich no real is wrong answer. Himself. What's that? I, I feel like Pavlovich is resigning himself to wait for the title shot. Well, here's here's the thing, and the reason Tom Aspinall has an
3: advantage in all these kind of conversations about how the heavyweight thing shakes out. Pavlovich can do his work in the cage, and it's been some very impressive, incredible work. But then the mic comes, and you don't have what Tommy Aspinall has. Tom can get on the mic, call his shot, say I'm going to be the guy to beat John Jones, get in the press conference, be affable. Everybody likes him. I've talked about it before. He's a guy, to me, that makes you believe what he's going to say, and it's a rare um, ability to do that. Conor McGregor comes to mind as somebody who's been able to do that. But when he speaks, you believe that he's going to be able to manifest these things for himself. So when he says... I'm going to be the guy I'm going to beat John Jones. You start to believe it. Even even for a, fan, a John Jones fanboy like myself who doesn't believe that anybody could beat John Jones, you you start to believe what what Tom Aspinall says. So that's an advantage that he's always going to have over Sergey Pavlovich. Anytime there's a mic in front of him, he's going to be able to to cut that promo and and start to make the things that Sergey's done in the cage kind of fall to the wayside by the sheer fact that Tom can do those things in the cage, but then also cut the promo and and sell it to you. Um so he's Sergey's in a tough spot, quite frankly. Like he really is. Um, there's, there's not a, there's not a. uh got the body of work though. But he doesn't have the. Yeah, momentum. but so does Tom. Yeah, so I know. Tom. That's why I want
0: to see them fight each other to see who's the man.
2: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm. Maybe we'll maybe we'll see that fight one day. I love that. Oh, fight. I mean, if by the way, if do don't, don't think. If we don't see that fight one day,
0: something went terribly wrong for one yes. of them.
2: They're
3: the top two guys, in my opinion. Yeah. I would say it's them plus you throw Jalton Almeida who's gonna oh, fight yeah. Curtis Blades. And if again. if he can get past Curtis Blades, to me, the biggest thing we lost last year was Tom Aspinall versus Curtis Blades. I think we were gonna find out where Tom Aspinall really is. All all due respect, um all due respect to Marcin Tybora. That was not the, the measuring stick fight for me. I it think was Curtis the perfect Blades. comeback fight, though. It's a great comeback fight, but I didn't learn anything new about Tom Aspinall other than like, yep, the dude overcame all the difficulties that he had and showed out and was able to do what, what we hoped he would be able to do. But it wasn't the type of fight where I felt like Tom was going to be pushed and I'm going to learn something new about him. Curtis Blades was that opportunity, and I think he probably felt was that opportunity. And we lost on that. Jaltan Almeida is now going to be one who fights Curtis Blades, and we're going to know exactly where Jalton Almeida is at. Um, Yo, by the way, Jolton Almeida versus Tom Aspinall somewhere oh, down man. the line is freaking another there's guy fights, in the mix. There's fights to be made. There's fights here at heavyweight old 265. What it's about, so crazy how Jon Jones rules a division, and now all of a sudden there's uh, there's yeah. opportunities for these guys. What
0: about this new age heavyweight? Right, like I love heavyweight it. that's good on his feet, good on the ground, good all over the place. I mean, I'm hyped on it. The days of you know the heavyweights just being
2: like the sort of I mean, slow, if, out of guy, guy can over. bounce back? Like he he could potentially be a player. I know he got ousted quick by John Jones, but that that grappling's gonna be gonna be hard to overcome. I just want, oh, like Cyril Gunn
0: versus Aspinall is a t- is a tough matchup for him. I'm not saying he can't but, but I'm down for that. i'm I would love to see that. I fight. you know, honestly for me, like I'm really I, I think Gunn will have a nice performance in Paris. He'll be back home. But I'm wondering about like the mental side of the game right now for him coming back from that loss where it seemed like the moment got to him. I'm wondering how he rebounds. Well listen, Spivak
2: can grapple, so he he could be in trouble yeah. again. If I don't, he not
3: I don't think it's a far gone conclusion that we see Sarah gone walk away with the win there. Like I don't think this is oh, like necessarily sure. uh an easy landing spot for a guy who needs a little bit of confidence right now.
0: But don't you okay, don't you worry that fight is what, like September eighth or something like that? September sixth, mm-hmm. fourth, some, some one of the first week of September. Second. Yeah. Okay, early, early September. Yeah, third, 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 you're right. Um all right, so MSG is November 10th. That guy's going to turn around in two months? Wait, what? MSG is November 10th. Tom says he wants to fight the winner of the
3: September oh, 3rd. Oh, in the same card as, as... Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen.
0: What do you think? Tom needs to fight at MSG. He does? Yes. New York, a lot of Brits here. This is where stars are made. Put Tom on MSG. Put him there right under... Tom needs to fight on the same card as John Jones. That's
3: the move. That's the move. I guess if you can make it happen, but I don't know if he has to. I That's feel. why you fight him
2: versus uh, Sergey. It's a riskier fight. Who knows if Sergey wants it also? Pavlovich. Why wouldn't he? But was, this is the by the way, they were supposed to we fight not that long ago. I we don't mean, he's hear from him. about a title shot, man. He's just like, all right, I beat Curtis Blades. I've proved my worth. Five straight first-round knockouts. It's It's time for me to get the shot. You I mean, say who's who's next after after the John Jones stipe? I feel like it's just Pavlovich.
0: Okay, here's the question. True or false, John Jones blows through stipe.
3: I say true. I, I don't
2: no, think No no. He, here's that. the question. Oh. Is he sticking around?
3: <laughs> John, oh yes. No. I mean, I don't think it's a short. I think yes. I think he I think he does. It was a I, true or false so a yes or no. <laughs> I think he needs to see something from somebody to to stick around. I think I think he might go away for a bit and then come back, if anything. Like, see give up the belt? I mean, what what, what, what are we not
0: seeing out. from Tom and Sergey?
3: A pay per view draw? Somebody I mean, who's going mean, to be. I mean, it's
0: going to take a while
3: for that guy why is, to emerge. How about this? You answer your own question. Why is Sergey Pavlovich not fighting for the title instead of Stepe Miocic? Oh, I
0: know. What do we
3: not see from Sergey Pavlovich?
0: Sure, but guess who
3: has
2: that it factor? Big Tom. He's not there yet. He hasn't base? been on a pay per view. I he think John Jones is too much of a competitor. I, think he's, I, don't, I don't think he's going to retire after this. Neither do I. I. Tom Aspinall saying his name as often as he is. Maybe
3: not retire, but I could see him sitting out for a bit. I think he needs, he needs a worthy rival. And I think Tom Aspinall is on his way there. I think Sergey Pavlovich are on their way there. I don't think they're guys you can... If you throw them into a pay-per-view, it's because John Jones is the other side of it and yeah, of he's course. the pay-per-view draw. I think we can get to a point where people are clamoring
2: for the fight more. I know they, it was his debut, and I know it was to get the title at heavyweight, but, I mean, if he fought Cyril Ghosn, I think he'd be willing they, to fight a Pavlovich or an Aspinall.
0: By the way, Tom Aspinall is bigger than Cyril Ghosn,
3: popularity-wise. Mm, Cyril Ghosn has headlined two pay-per-views already. Nah, I was cutting, yeah. Two? Three? He, he, he fought Derek Three. Lewis. Yeah. He fought uh, Francis Ngannou. He fought John Jones. Three pay-per-views. Like, that's well, a that's going a into that.
0: A couple more main events as
3: well. That's that's a, a how many right?
0: sold-out arenas? I'm not trying to make this into a zero gun.
3: uh, These are different things. These are different things. Go to the old
2: faithful. Um, How many Instagram followers? Uh, Think about about the difference. 238, zero gun, 1 million. Wow. Fuck. (laughs) Think about the difference. Yeah, Tom Espino.
4: Think about the difference
3: between between the way people were clamoring for Charles versus Habib. When Habib left, and think about the way people were clamoring for Charles versus Habib when when Charles was on his run, it's there's there's different levels to this, and like I think John Jones is is rightfully able to say I can wait for that opportunity to be there. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he takes a hiatus, maybe not retirement, but I think I think there's still work to be done, in my opinion. So Tom Aspinall's next fight is going to be against who? Uh, I'm going to say Cyril gone
2: yeah, winner of that fight.
3: Wow. And so no MSG? I just don't think you need to force
0: that.
2: Fuck. If Who's... it's zero gun, then I then I think there's almost no chance it's going to be at at MSG. If it's Spivak, then then maybe. Okay, so Pavlovich next fight is against who? The UFC heavyweight champion or for the vacant title. So you think there's a chance that John Jones is fighting
0: Stipe, that belt gets vacated, Tom Aspinall fights Cyril gone, and then the winner of that fight is fighting Sergey for the vacant title. Yeah, I think that's a real possibility. To me, so Sergey's no rhyme not fighting for a very long time because he has he to wait for, for these... the belt. But there, there, there has to be two more fights that need to happen before he fights, and and they're not Honestly, happening by November, if, December.
2: Imagine if Jailton goes out and does what he's been doing to everyone else to Curtis Blades. Now he is and in... he's
0: leapfrogging over Tom Aspinall.
2: No, but he's he has just as much. Claimed the throne as as Pavlovich does at that point. Mm, he doesn't have the wins at heavyweight that Pavlovich does. Pavlovich on a nice little run here at heavyweight. Yeah. A Curtis sure, Blades, Blades win. Curtis Blades' first round finish for Jonathan Almeida puts him right into the conversation. Curtis Blades win? Yeah. Like Curtis J- if, if finishes if him in the, finishes in the first round. Curtis. <sighs> doesn't doesn't leapfrog Tom. I'm not saying he leapfrogs. I'm just saying he's a player. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Seriously, it in becomes muddy. It becomes muddied. I love it though. I love a money. I don't. Say, I like Sergei let's get, let's versus Tom at
0: at heavyweight. I want Sergey. Pa- I don't think anybody doesn't. Uh, I think it'd be great. Yeah. And when I say Sergey, by the way, there's two Sergeys that we're talking yeah, about yeah, here. Yeah, Pavlovich. <laughs> Pavlovich. Yes,
3: Pavlovich. I want Aspinall
0: Tom. Spivak too. Um, oh man, I want Pavlovich versus Aspinall. That to me, honestly, we need to
3: hear from Pavlovich. Pavlovich needs to find somebody. Can to you get him, talk him on the phone to, real, to real quick to get an interview and <laughs> say what he wants to do? Because we're <laughs> shooting blind. Let's see right what he's
2: been up to. Probably posted a picture on the beach in like a polo, looking very friendly, but also also yeah, terrifying. Last, last post him in a in a nice button down, smiling next to his car, yeah. waiting for news. He says he's waiting for news. When was that? June twenty third. <laughs> God, he's such a wholesome <laughs> waiting for looking a long guy. Time. I love him. He's been waiting. I mean, ah. there's so many guys at heavyweight that are that it's so easy to cheer for him.
0: Sergey Pavlovich versus Tom Aspinall might be my most anticipated non-title fight that could be made at the moment.
3: It's pretty
2: good. It's pretty damn good. That's fucking awesome. I love it. Here's another post from him uh, just last week, him in the car. Timing is an amazing thing. It's so short when you're late and when, and so much when you're waiting. Mm. He's getting Cryptic. anxious. <laughs> Cryptic Pavlovich over here. I love it,
3: dude. Wow. Maybe you'll get your wish. Get, get a little anxious. And if, if they can say winner of this gets a title shot, why not? I think it works for both guys. Who holds a belt first at heavyweight, a real belt, undisputed title, not not
0: interim BS? Tom Aspinall or Sergey Pavlovich? I I don't know. I think it depends on it's, who fights for it first. I don't know. It's no fun. <laughs> I'll say Tommy. Hit it,
2: Frank. <sighs> yeah, that's a that's a tough question. I'm gonna say Pavlovich because I think he can get the shot sooner. Ah, a bunch of haters.
3: Clipped this off plate yeah, for Tommy I'm in about thirty later. minutes. No, nobody.
2: But by, by the way, I think. By sure. the way,
3: <laughs> let, let's not revise history here. We were having this conversation months ago, and we were talking about the players at heavyweight. And it was actually yours truly who brought up Tom's name, who wasn't even mentioned. Wow. And all of a sudden, <laughs> the what? Tommy I'll chant. Yeah, go back. What? Look through the archives. This is so pre- pre- we booked through the archives. It was, it was yours truly. To bring the Pre-blades yours truly. or post-blades? Post-blades. This Where crazy. he was out and we were having, who's the next guy? I have made, made it a blah, point blah, blah, to mention Tom's yeah, name like every welcome. month on the you're show. You're welcome for planting that seed. Go wow. back and look. All right. Some, somebody, Jed. I'm giving Jedi Goodman. I'm oh, giving you an assignment. Go back and look
2: for that wow. heavyweight guys, conversation. It was me.
3: It was me who reminded everybody that Tommy was still a player. Because wow. I believe I believe he will be a future champion for sure. There's no doubt in my mind. Like whether it's w- while John Jones is in the heavyweight division or not, there will be a point where Tom Aspinall will be a champ. Oh, no doubt. this is 100. No this is 100 facts right
0: here. This is wow. facts. Yep. This is this is this is facts machine emoji. This is facsimile. Jesus. This is everything. Tom Asmol no, no will hold.
3: Absolutely not. Tom Asmol will be a UFC heavyweight champion before it's all he's, said and done. He's too well rounded. He's too different. Like you don't see that kind of speed and explosion from the heavyweights often, especially the lightness on the feet. Um, it would take a real derailment um, skills wise. Yeah. He's, well, or I thought I thought the injury. Package. I
0: thought the injury might be it. Yeah. Just and he came not. back better.
3: Came back better. I'm gonna
2: keep cheering him on. Yeah.
3: Tom's the man. I believe. Man. I definitely
2: believe. Who's Joe talking to? Uh, Paul Craig, Mr. Paul Craig. Whoa, he's here so early. Yeah. Wow. Bro, professional, baby.
3: Punctuality. Do you,
2: do you
0: guys agree yeah, that Ireland it's time great. to get out of London a little bit?
2: Oh, 100%. Yeah, let's go to, I mean, they threw out Glasgow as an idea. I Love believe it's that. pronounced
0: Glasgow. They get uh, very yeah, mad you about You yeah. would know better than you me.
2: You would know better than me. very mad about uh, Oh, we could ask our next guest. Um, sure. That Ireland, Ireland would be great, right? Oh, Ireland would be fantastic. Even a, a Liverpool or a Manchester would be cool, too. But yeah, four straight Londons. What's well, let me explain to you about uh, Liverpool. the The arena, which used to be
0: the Echo Arena, um, mm. is now sponsored by Marks and Spencer. And uh, Marks and Spencer, we've talked about this, right? They're sort of like a Target E type of place. They have said no MMA in their arena, uh, which is very bizarre. This smart, is the same arena. just smart business. You know, one <laughs> it's of the hottest <laughs> yeah. sports in the world. You we don't want any four million nah. dollar gates. No, thank you. Nope. No, take it elsewhere. All good in the hood.
3: Remember when fights were good enough for Detroit? I don't want to start this again, but that was. Oh my god! Remember
0: that old thing? Um. We need Ronda Rousey here. We and that was like Charles Oliveira was on there. Max Holloway,
3: Jose Aldo. If we got that card in this era, I mean, people would be losing their minds. Oh my gosh! You know yourself, Uh, but that's that's an unfortunate stance there.
0: Very stupid. Very stupid because that arena. I mean, they've they've pretty much sold out for Cage Warriors. And uh, when the UFC has gone there, it's been insane. Yeah. But anyway, there's enough. There's Newcastle. There's
3: Manchester. There's is stadiums.
0: Time. Yeah, it they need time. to get out of there.
3: Oh, it's oversaturated. It went from one a year to now it's like twice a year. They just back it up a little bit. Go somewhere else. Do it once a year. The, the roof will come off. Well,
0: a lot of people have been saying, go to Scotland, go to Glasgow, and headline it with our next guest, with Bear Jew, who looked fantastic at 185 pounds in his 185 pound debut. Holy smokes, who knew he added in him? He looked tremendous, svelte as ever. The beard looked great. The cheeks looked great. The hair looked great. It all looked great. The finish looked great as well. Here he is, the one and only Paul Craig joining us. Hello, Paul. How are you?
5: Yeah, how are you doing, man? It's been a while.
0: It has been a while. Where have you been? You're hard to, uh, you're hard to track down.
5: And I've just been hustling. Uh, I had to take myself away for absolutely everything in the last two fights. Coming off back-to-back losses, um, I had to go away and reassess myself as an MMA fighter and assess myself where I need to go. Sat down with the management team, and one of the options was middleweight. It was something we'd already we'd spoke about in years. It's been about 11 years I have been in this sport. I just got a notification, like, it was at the weekend there. 11 years was my first fight. Um, so as a light heavyweight, and we've always been. Can we make middleweight? Is it something that's achievable? And what we did was we we did the tests. We made sure it was possible to slim all the way down, and uh, it worked. And it's, it's it's been it's been some adventure the last six months in my career, going from getting knocked out and or technically knocked out in real to rebuilding myself back up to now becoming in the the mix again. with Normally, like heavyweights, but middleweights now.
0: Yeah, um, and by the way, I love how we just jumped right into things. You're such a pro. You just gave me like five answers right there in the uh, in the first Sorry. hello. No, no, tremendous. Um, so did you did you do a test cut? Like, did you go all the way down to 185?
5: We did. We went to the PI because originally, when after January, when I stepped across, when I was across the octagon for Johnny Walker and all the time, I was like, "Whoa, oh. <laughs> he's a special man, isn't he? He's a, he's a, a freak of nature. He's, he's like an outlier in the division." because he's really, really tall, really athletic, and he hits like a train. So we had to reassess where we fitted in the division, the elite heavyweight. And one of the things we said was like, let's let's see if it's feasible to do it. middleweight. We go out to the PI, the guys run all the tests. What they found was, yes, we can make middleweight, um, and it's going to be safe at a safe level. You're going to have to slim down a little bit of muscle, and you're going to have to drop a lot of fat. And we had shown that we can do that on like Friday morning, I was really, really skinny. As you said, the cheekbones, you look like grated cheese and anything. The mm-hmm. uh, but then a few hours later, it's amazing what the body can do. Just after a couple of couple of litres of water, following a scientific basis when we've done that, like through the support of the PI, as well as boxing science, Lee records. And then from that, we got a different animal come Saturday night and we bounced back further than we did as a light heavyweight. So once we made the way to I think we were 84.5 kg on the Friday morning. And by the time we went into the fight, we were 97 kg. That's heavier than what I was in fighting Joy Walker in the start of January. I think I was 95 as I bounced back then. And then we're way up at 97. So you can see the the benefits of doing it, right? I know that it's probably not the best thing to be doing at the age of 35. But you can understand why athletes do it. You can understand why guys make these huge cuts because of a huge advantage and it gets showed on Saturday.
0: Wow. and so for I just did the uh, the math here because I don't know it off the top of my head. So that's around two hundred and thirteen pounds you weighed on Saturday. So you, you gain like thirty pounds in a little over twenty four well, hours.
5: Thirty pounds of sex appeal, man. That's oh yeah, that's no, no, good I mean, number.
0: Fantastic. I wasn't sure if it was the hair. <laughs> you know, the hair is looking so luscious these days. So I mean at least five pounds you, there, you, right?
5: I know uh, somebody had just tweeted saying uh, Paul's uh, hair transplant looks brilliant, but uh, somebody needs to tell me he needs to get the back finished. Yeah. <laughs> I'm obviously all balding at the back. It's like a losing battle. It's like trying to. It's like dealing with the stuff. You know when the wave comes in, it constantly comes in and out. Yes. That's what's happening. In the back. Yeah, Can, it's like a wave.
0: Are you going to do the whole thing? Because I know you were you were open about the front. Are you doing the whole thing? What's the plan?
5: Well, I had actually. I've actually had here. Uh, I had the whole procedure where the front and the back. Was yeah. Done. Uh, But the back's just one of these places where I'm constantly lining the mat. And I saw the back's just getting rubbed off on the back of the mat.
0: Did you do that whole thing? Like you went to Turkey and all that? Like the other athletes?
5: Yeah, went to to Turkey. It was maybe about the whole process was only like a a day or two. And then it was about three months and I was back to to full training. Um, And it, it, it looks relatively good. I didn't realize how bad my hair was until it looks good and um, whereas before I was just shaving it. I wasn't really paying much attention to it. But now I'm like, whoa, I've got some I've got some get some curls. And yeah. then as I grow it longer, probably that nice dew throw, which is pretty cool. Uh
0: so, so why is Turkey, by the way, the uh the epicenter of this this stuff?
5: I don't know. I think it's the fact that they've got um they've got some of the best doctors in plastic surgery. So not only for hair transplants, but for everything. That's where a lot of people in Europe go. Um so it just became this kind of mecca for people to to adapt themselves to look like how they want to Tremendous. so i'm not a i don't even want to go for anything else uh, I, I know some people probably say probably get the teeth but you know i kind of like having a bad character in my teeth
0: yeah yeah no you don't need that um all right we have a bit of a left turn there in the conversation but uh going back to the way cut uh like thursday night friday at any point where you like fuck me this is way too tough why did i do this did you ever question it
5: no, I I definitely didn't. Because as I said, when we did the fake weight cut, because actually from all the way down to the weight, I made sure I can make it before we went to Mick Maynard and said, listen, Mick, we can make this. Because the last thing you want to be doing is basically messing about with the UFC. That, like, cause it, I'm, I'm not going to say to punish you, but the last thing you want to be doing is going back in your ward and saying, listen, we can make 185 uh, and then two months later being like, oh, by the way, we can't actually do that. Yeah. And it's, it's one of the things I'm um, it's something I've never, ever done. I've never, ever missed weight. Um, I've always been as professional as I possibly can. So during the fake cut, I did it as a fake cut gone wrong. So ideally, the weight was slightly heavier going into the weight cut that week. Body fat was slightly higher. Muscle mass was slightly higher. So it wasn't the best cut. It wasn't the the A or the gold standard cut. Where It was probably like a few levels below that. And we made the weight. And then we were in and then we done the performance. So I know what it's like at the absolute maximum I can go, where muscles are starting to cramp. So when it came to doing that on Thursday night, it was really, really easy. And as I said, having guys round about you, people who know what they're doing, because there's people out there who are probably thinking, oh, I can't really think about moving weight class. That's fine, but you need to have the people round about you. You need to have a really good nutritionist. You need to have really good strength and conditioning coaches. You need to have support. Like I couldn't have done this on my own. I was thinking about that as I was coming up the road on Saturday afternoon. I was like, if I didn't have the guys running about me, there's no way I'd have been able to do that. And if you think about it as an athlete, you have you try and have the best coaches for your striking, for your jiu-jitsu, mm. for everything else. Why do you not do it with nutrition? Why would you just leave it up to chance? Like, oh, maybe I'll make one eight five. Yeah. So I done it in a very very safe and controlled manner, um, and we were we were we were very very safe when it came to it.
0: By the way, how was your confidence going into the fight after the two losses? Were you were you questioning yourself? How were you feeling about, about yourself and the game and your spot in the sport?
5: Yeah, it's difficult. That is probably the, the mental clarity is, is very, very difficult after the two losses. And the way I did get beat, the last time in London was for me trying to pull guard. You go to social media and see what all the posts are like. And it's, it's not a very nice place to be after a loss like that. Confidence I took for that was, right, if Ozdemir isn't knocking me out, I don't think the 185 is going to knock me out. And then when I go to like, the Johnny Walker fight and I think, right, it wasn't my night. You know, there's travel. Johnny Walker's massive. We, there was other issues going on in the background with changing teams, all this kind of stuff. So but I can put these two camps, the previous two camps with the losses, down to out external factors. Not having our main coach running running the the last year's London fight camp out a shed. <coughs> Excuse me, because I run that pretty much with a few training partners in a shed in Scotland. Whereas now I've went to a higher level. I've been working with James Doolan, who is uh, one of the top European uh, athletes in MMA, and now he's a coach. So is, uh and he's 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 got some really really good traits when it comes to MMA. he's. Uh, He's super focused and probably hyper focused on areas like striking, so that's where I need to improve. So it made sense to go to James and have him make a better version of me with regards to footwork, being able to move in and out. As I said, he uses these, he uses little taglines, and he's, one of them is "soft knees and good eyes." If you get soft knees and good eyes, you'll see everything coming and you'll be able to react, even if it hits you. You'll still be able to deal with it as it's coming in with like the head kick eye. On Saturday night, it was it was full on to the side of my head. But because I seen it coming, the body reacts and it's able to take that shot a little bit better.
0: Wow! Um, and so you were training out of a shed for your last fight, part of this one. Yeah. Sheesh! Yeah.
5: So my, my 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 teammate Chris Bungard, he's got a shed. It's matted, and we were getting in there, and we were running fight camp. And I'm wow. told we had like, this was light heavyweight at this time, and I had like two heavy training partners, and I had another two light heavyweight training partners. So it was five. Big dudes in this little tiny shed throwing down, and it was like literally fighting in a phone box. But it was at the time it was what what had. So we made do with it. And uh, Chris Bongard, as I said, the Cage Warriors fighter, he ran the full camp for me. Um, ideally, you need more training partners, you need more coaches, you need more support. But it was it was pretty much the best we could do. So that was against Ozdemir last year in London. And I'm not going. I'm not going to say that. If I had this, 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 X, Y, and Z, there was a chance we'd have won that fight. That's not how this game works. This game works is, on that night, you lost. It doesn't matter about any external factors. You stepped in an octagon, knowing all your external factors, and you lost. So you can't just go like, "Ah, this could have happened, that could have happened. We don't live in uh, the past or the buts and the maybes. Don't live in that when you live in the moment. Uh,
0: So then you have this fight, you get this opportunity, you move down 25, and what about that start? Uh, The face-off there with Bruce Buffer in the middle—I mean, that's iconic stuff. What prompted all of that? You don't usually—they try to separate you guys. This time, they just let it be. And Bruce is in the middle there, and you guys—like, it it felt like one of those old Pride uh, stare-downs. You know, it was the way they shot it too. But what what,
5: what sparked that? So I always like to take control of the Octagon, right? That take that center spot. When he calls my name, I like to experience the home, the home, everything about what's going on in that moment. The fans. Bruce Buffer. I love it. That's the part of the the MMA I love, you know, the pageantry. I've said this to you before, like setting the like when we step up and do the ceremonial we-ends and he can hit his face and he can't actually do anything about it. I love all that. So when I go in there, I just want to experience absolutely everything in that octagon. And then he started walking forward. And I was like, Oh, oh, we're doing this? Let's go. So I'm not one to back down for the fight. And we were literally nose to nose. And you can see Bruce Buffer's got this little twinkle in his eye and he's loving life. But what that did was that lifted London because I think up until that point, through what I've heard from fans, through what I've heard from people watching, the show wasn't as explosive as previous shows have been in London. And Math Kett Fight was kind of like a turning point for that. Um, And obviously I I won and the way I did win, it was very exciting. And I think fans appreciate that from me. When I fight, I do put on a performance and it doesn't matter if you're going to see me get knocked out or I'm going to be doing the submitting. It doesn't matter. I'm always involved in the exciting fights. So after that, the place just kind of erupted and then we then had another few fights and Tom went out and done his thing. So I think that's why the light goes well because they need a, little bit of, need a little bit of something in the air.
0: I love that you embrace the, the pageantry like at the weigh with the face paint and all that. Does a part of you wish that you could wear whatever you want. You can walk out with whatever you want. I know you've tapped into the world of pro wrestling. I'm going to ask you about that in a moment. But do you wish that you could show a little bit more of your personality uh, You know, on, on fight week, at the, at the event, in the arena, during the fight, et cetera?
5: It's very difficult because one of these things about showing so much of your actual personality, there's little bits that come out of me. Like, some things I'll say and they'll be like, ah, that's quite funny. And, it, and, it, and that's very close to my personality. But what you've got to remember is this is business at the end of the day. And the last thing you want to be doing is cutting these pro wrestling promos. Because I, I grew up watching pro wrestling. I love it. The last thing you want to do is cutting them. And then it comes to your fight. And you kind of end up looking like a bit of a, a bit of a bum if anything goes wrong. Or it doesn't go the way you wanted it to go. Like saying, oh, I'm going to knock this guy out in the third round. And he's going to feel power and stealing sex appeal. Like that kind of stuff. Doesn't really cut an MMA. Because you end up looking like a little bitch. But in pro wrestling, as we both love, it's absolutely tremendous, because you know who's getting the nod most of the time in the evening, so he can then cut these promos to then suit his narrative. Right.
0: Okay, fair enough. Um, I love the shot after the finish. It's almost like you, you you needed a smoke after that, like you just kind of sat back <laughs> and uh, chill. What was going on in your mind after that? There's a great photo of like, he's clearly out of it. You're just like... Taking a breath right after you finish him. You've seen this photo, I would imagine. Uh it's yep. a tremendous it's, shot.
5: It's um it's like all this emotion is inside you and you've got to kind of control it. You know, your music brings emotion. For me personally, when I'm walking out there, there's this emotion you've got to try and disguise it. The last thing you want to do is, is shown this emotion. And I'm not saying by showing emotion shows you shows weakness, but when it's war and we're getting ready for war, it can show that there's a bit of weakness in there. So I never, ever show any emotion as I'm walking out. And I watch back the fight, and I can see this little bit. Of, I take a look around, and I'm looking around the O2 Arena, and I can see my name. I can see the the fans. I can see Scotland flags getting waved. I can hear my song. And as I walk there, everything just felt right. And then you go into this octagon, and you have this, um, this really intense stare down, and then the fight then starts. And then everything just goes quiet. And the only thing you hear is your coach. And then you go through your whole process. And then you, it, it, it's its difficult. This motion keeps building up and building up and building up. And then you go through being Paul, builds your cake, winning the fight. And then as you sit down and you see that, you can see the total change back to Paul, Craig. and it's like this massive weight's just been lifted off your shoulders. And you sit down and it's like trying to take everything in, take in all the fans, take in that noise again, so that's what it is. It's just a change and if you're going through the bare-duty Paul back to paul mm-hmm. hey? That's
0: And I would imagine a bit of a relief too, right? Considering how the last two fights went?
5: Yep, definitely. Be- like You're always going to doubt your abilities and especially going up against a high-level jiu-jitsu practitioner. As I said, they broke Jacare's arm. He did the same to on, uh is it? He did it to somebody else. Uh, Eric Anders, I'm sure mm-hmm. it was. So he's got really, really good grappling. And um, and you're almost doubting that being a guy for Scotland because, in theory, I really shouldn't have this jiu jitsu skill set I have grown up in Scotland and taking up the sport 10 years ago. When you consider people from Brazil are probably doing this for a very, very young age and are, are getting some high level black belts, like only in the last five years has Scotland actually been giving out black belts to uh, people in Scotland. So I think there was like two when I first started, two black belts in the whole of Scotland. And then when you think about it now, there's multiple black belts, so the skill set's getting much better. You're getting guys who are putting out lots more on social media, like um, Lachlan Giles, who has his meta. Um, so all this kind of stuff helped me improve as an athlete. And as I said, Jardun here, he's not against some Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. He did have sneaky moves with his feet. He was, he was very, very technical. Um, but one of the things my coach said to me was, he was like, don't turn this into a pure Jiu-Jitsu match. Don't have this as a gentleman's agreement where we'll just roll. You know, when we go to the ground, it'll be rolling. You went, know, make it ugly, be nasty, be horrible, drop the elbows. If he's holding one wrist, you double up and you blast him with your, with your hand. And it showed that the, my style works. It's very effective in MMA as opposed to just being a straight jiu guy.
0: Uh, I, I heard you reference this um, in the post-fight press conference, and I was wondering, I was like, man, we all, I think, to a degree, deal with uh, imposter syndrome. Am I good enough? Should I be here? And you were talking about that as far as your jujitsu is concerned. And I was like, man, does Paul Craig doubt his jiu Like if he's – does he feel like he is worthy of the praise that he receives because we have often praised your jiu-jitsu, especially how good you are off, off your back. And, and, and it seemed like you have – like people have been saying that that has been your – your 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 forte and and you in your mind have said like "Mm, i don't know if i'm that good you have dealt with imposter syndrome as far as your jiu-jitsu is concerned
5: yep jiu-jitsu and mma as i say, 10 years in this sport it's not a very very long time when you've got guys who are learning this like when i look at the guys in the gym now and they're like coming to the gym and they're 10 years old and they're learning the sport so i feel like maybe i'm not good enough and it's, it's, it's always in there in the back of your mind. You know, and then it's like somebody will be like, Paul Craig's jiu-jitsu is fantastic. And then there's just that little creeping thing in the back of your mind says, aye, but who have you fought who's good at jiu-jitsu? Like, Jamal Hill. Like, I'm not saying he's not a great jiu-jitsu practitioner. But at that point, nobody, everybody was writing off Jamal Hill's jiu-jitsu. So although I had this really, really effective jiu-jitsu submission over Jamal Hill, people were doubting it. And then I was doubting it. And then you then go see him put a pace on Glover Tech Sheera, who's one of the greatest jiu-jitsu practitioners in the light heavyweight division. And then that little bit of doubt in your mind then starts to subside a little bit. And then it's like, who have you beat Paul? And you're like, well, i beat Jamal Hill. And then that little voice can then say, I but Jamal Hill doesn't no have jiu-jitsu. Because then that voice then says, I but he does, because look what he's done to he. mm. Glover. A very good jiu-jitsu practitioner. And it's just that kind of stuff where you're having these internal battles with yourself. And it's, it's it's part of the sport, and I imagine that everybody does it, maybe not everybody speaks about it, but you're always going to doubt your abilities, you're always going to doubt have you done enough. And i found myself in the gym, as well as in fights, like recalling moments, like one of the things that we did at the PI was we did the six seconds lactic threshold test to show how much power you've got. Now, I set the record in the PI for that, so anytime I'm worried about, oh, I'm going to gas, this is one of the things I bring up, yeah, but... You're the fittest guy in the whole UFC, Disney Martin, You're the fittest guy. At six seconds, you set the record in the PI. And I've got all these weak kind of things that I say to myself to kind to, of to, to, uh, stop these doubts for keep in massively.
0: You also mentioned after the fight that you're not done at 205. Why would you even consider 205 if you had this great success at 185?
5: I believe, although the great success was 185, like, I've still got victories over Jamal Hill, as I said, and, and Kalaev. Krylov uh, as well, with like some of the, some really really tough names in that division. Like I can still hang with these guys. What was massive in the this fight here was not only was it moving to one eight five, yet that that played into a positive for me, but there was also the fact that I've now got a a, a coach who is a phenom at striking, so he's now passing on this knowledge to me. And that was the reason why he's seen Paul a much better version of himself because you're like, right, Paul can actually strike now. He looks a little bit more confident after six months of working with James. So six months later, what's he going to be like? What's his what's his skill set going to be like for striking at takedowns? And the reason that takedown was so effective with the, with the double leg against Andre Munoz was because I was able to set up the strikes rather than taking a shot, a blind shot, and not putting him in front of you. That's why I think 205 is still not done. Because if I can do that till 85, we um, with six months of coaching with James Dolan. Now, what can we do with a year coaching with James Dulan or two years coaching with James Dolan? As I've said previously, like my number was 35. That number's totally blown out the window now. I'm I believe I'm going to be like closer to 45 by the time I finish. I love this sport. and As long as I keep getting better, I'm going to keep fighting. As long as I'm not losing my mind with regards to slowing down physically and slowing down mentally, I will keep doing this sport.
0: So your next fight, 185 or
5: 205? It's depending with the UFC. If the UFC come and say, listen, Paul, we've got a really nice fight for you at 205. And when I say a really nice fight, I don't care about, we've got an easy fight for you, Paul. That's not what I'm in. I'm not interested in having easy fights. What I'm interested in is having fearful fights, fights that, that keep you, like, make you wake up at night and question if you've done enough. They're the fights I want. So, like, a fight against one of the top fives. Like, listen, Paul, you're fighting against Prohaska. You need to be switched on when you're fighting him. They're the kind of fights I want. Like, even if you think, right, Paul, you don't deserve a fight with Prohaska or whatever you whatever you think I fit in that division, what I want is the kind of fights. Take me closer to the... the the belt, be it as a 185er or a 285er. And that's the same for 185. I'm only going to take fights that are going to progress me in my career. I still believe, and I know there's people out there probably think, no, well, you're not a title contender, you're a, you're a journeyman or you're a gatekeeper, whatever it is you want to call me. I believe I've still got it in me. And the minute I stop believing that I'm going to be anywhere near that belt, it's the minute I'm going to step away from sports. So as long as I keep believing in myself and believing that I'm going to have gold one day, then I'll keep doing it.
0: What if they ask you what you want to do? What would be your answer?
5: Um, That's difficult because, you know, there's really, really favourable fights for me in light heavyweight and there's favourable fights for me in 185. Um, I know I had obviously mentioned that Bo Nickel was an interesting fight because I don't think a lot of people want to fight him. He's getting a bit of a name about him, right? He's not a ranked opponent, but it still sort of gives me a... An edge with regards to his wrestling ability and my jiu-jitsu ability. That kind of fight excites me. There's, like I, I love the Sean Strickland idea. Like I know he's fighting for the title, um, but I just love the way he fights. Like I'm a fan of how he fights. I might not be a fan of him as a person or his personality, what he's trying to sell as a UFC athlete. But I'm a fan of how he fights. Like he's he's a wild man. He's ready to bang. Um, that's the kind of fights I want to be involved in. I want to be involved in the same fights as a pull po- I want to have like some sort of legacy. You know, like Michael Bisping gets inducted to the Hall of Fame and everybody stands up and you hear his music. And that's what I want. I want that kind of legacy. I want to be like a champ. I want to be in the Hall of Fame. I want to walk up these stairs at the UFC PI and see a picture of myself and have like my record and all that kind of stuff. That's what I do this sport for. I don't do this sport for financial gain. Like it's nothing. That thing's never, ever focused me to be an MMA fighter. The reason I want to be an MMA fighter is because I was a loser as a kid. I was a loser as a teenager. I was a loser as an adult. I found something where I could be a winner, and as long as I keep pushing them, I'm going to be a winner as a, as an MMA. Fighter.
0: What do you mean by loser? Like how how big of a loser were you? Like when you say loser, do you uh, mean like just someone with no friends, or do you mean like a a troublemaker, like someone who would you know just
5: do stupid things? Not a troublemaker, isn't like I wasn't like trying to shoot up or I wasn't trying to like start facing street. I'm talking like a loser who, like, I have a close group of friends. I'm still very, very friendly with the guys I went to high school with. Um, I've got two like when I'm when I'm seeing two high school friends. They're the guys who will message me, and no matter what's happening in my life, I'll always pick up messages them because I've got I've got loads of love for them. Um, so it's stuff like yeah, um, <sighs> <laughs> like, that's so much a loser I am, I'll tell you right now. Um, buying Lord of the Rings swords, like like I bought uh, ring the Lord of the Rings sword. Okay. Uh, Painting pain figures, this kind of stuff. When I say a loser, I know people are going to be like, well, does that make me a loser? Because I'm doing that. What I'm meaning is I was never, ever going to amount to nothing as a kid. Okay. I was never, ever going to amount to nothing as an, a teenager. Never going to amount to anything as an adult. And I've found something where I can amount to something. And it's it's MMA, and if if there's them to listen to this and they they feel the exact same way, you just have to find the thing that makes you you and and, and keep pushing. And the thing I found was MMA, and I found I was really good at it. So I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going. I want to be a winner. As I, as I say, to break that cycle, of being a loser.
0: Do you think the UFC would do that? Bo Nickel fight?
5: Um, I don't know because as the narrative goes, they obviously like what Bo Nickel selling. They like the fact that he says kind of. This high level wrestler, and he's getting people showing him massive amounts of love. So, do you want to put him in with with myself? Because I'm, although people might think, oh, Bonecker would beat Paul Craig, but there's still that element here. I but Paul Craig's quite sneaky. Paul Craig is a boogeyman, anybody goes. Like, even when Paul Craig's meant to be getting beat in fights, he can sometimes just bring it back. So, I don't think the UFC is something he'd be interested in doing. Um, if they're trying to build bone echo as an athlete I know the UFC probably will not want to go build me I'm 35 I, I sound like a broken record here. Like, just feel sorry for me but you know what I mean I'm 35 I'm coming to the end of my career I'm probably not going to be the guy that are going to put their eggs in the basket you know those young up and coming guys who are going to try and push and they're going to try and, and make, make superstars that guy's not me um, and that's probably why they won't give me that fight I'm just going to like I'm a company man um, I'm just going to wait and see who the UFC offer me, and
0: that's how I hold. We have seen people, you know, enjoy success in the latter portion of their of their career. I mean, Michael Bisping is is one as well who who got the belt towards the end. So don't sell yourself short. Uh, you were one of the most popular fighters on the card. The crowd exploded for you. Everyone loves you. Everyone loves to follow you. And now, also, by the way, you're transitioning to pro wrestling. As I said earlier, are you the tag team champion for? Uh, let me get this right. I, is it ICW? Is it Insane Championship Wrestling? What is going on over here? I saw this other thing where you were like in this Royal Rumble thing. We're going to show it yep. now. You. What is happening here? You're a pro wrestler. I didn't know about this.
5: So uh, me and my teammate Chris Bongard, as I said, we're on a podcast called Leather Podcast as well, and um, it's just some. It's just something that. Me and him, have always enjoyed. We've always enjoyed doing it. So he's my tag team partner. As I said, he is the Cage Warriors lightweight uh, fighter, and he's got a fight coming up in the next few months in Newcastle. But it's just something we enjoy. So we're the ICW tag team champs is uh, Scottish indie wrestling, some of the guys like Drew Galloway came through there, um, and there's some some big names who went from ICW to fight in the NXT. As I say, this is not like a career for me. Um I do stuff because I enjoy it. Um and I enjoy getting to spend time with with Chris. So I got a guest spot to come on the, the Royal Rumble and it was brilliant. It's it's exhilarating. Um and you get really good caught on the moment and the fans are amazing. Like you can see on in my face like how much I enjoy this. And then me and Chris then went and fought against two studs. Who had the belt? Who ended up winning in a submission match, which is which is brilliant. So I'm going to keep doing that because now the this fight's done with now. And then we're, I think the next event's going to be. I think it's called Shug, Shug's House Party because maybe it's a Scottish wrestling um, organization. And who knows? Are we? are going to defend our, our tag team titles. Who knows if we win ones or drop. They're going to. It's going to have to be somebody who's deadly to take the belts off us.
0: You you look like a natural out there. I saw you're 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 doing like all the mannerisms, the moves. You're wearing the gloves. Did you take any classes, or was that all off the cuff?
5: It's it's kind of all off the cuff. It's just um, it's because I've, I've watched it for so many years as a kid. What I did, they invited me this week, years ago. I'd not long been a UFC fighter, and uh, I accidentally broke somebody's jaw. <laughs> Not my finest moment. I was to punch him in the side of the neck and as I hit him, it caught him right in the side of the jaw and I snapped his jaw. Oh my gosh. I know it's but that's 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 wrestling. Um sometimes bad stuff can happen in wrestling. Um and that's why I've got to be very, very careful looking at a fight because something can happen, maybe somebody slips a move goes wrong or maybe hurt the back in my neck, it maybe be like a cut and maybe somewhere. So you've got to be very, very careful uh, with regards to pro wrestling. But yeah, that was my first experience at pro wrestling, I had then um, ended up accidentally breaking guy's jaw. And um, but this time now as with my with my tag team partner were we're going to be a final in in the wrestling world. It's so tremendous. We need, a, we need to have like a like a, a, a faction name. We need like a tag team yeah. name. I've got one.
0: Have you ever met Drew McIntyre?
5: Um, no, I have not. I've not met him, um, but he's, he's maybe a lovely guy, and obviously he's Scottish, so we get behind our own. I'd love to meet him.
0: Yeah, he's tremendous as well. Um, he enjoys MMA too, so that would be cool if uh, you're able to meet him. By the way, I was going to ask you about uh, Chris Duncan painting his face. Annoy you a little bit?
5: Um, no, not really. I think it's like. I, obviously, I've mentioned I've mentioned it before. The only thing I didn't want to do was the two years walking out with face paint. And I just think it looks a bit silly, like the two years doing it. Like, one year should really do it if we're on the same calibre. But it, it's 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 not one of these things. It's not like I'm waking up and going, "Fuck, Chris Duncan, man, wearing face paint." Like, it's I don't own the rights to face paint. Like, Kuti Lap, done it. Uh, uh, Kamara Usman's done it. So it's not as if I own it. But um, I guess he's Scottish. He's proud of being Scottish. And um, everybody's a Mike Perry fan. And that's what it also comes from, Mike Perry. So I, that's, that's incredible.
0: P.T. Carroll told me that story last week. I had no idea that it came from Mike Perry. Mike Perry was the one who told you that you should paint your face. And that's why you do it.
5: He's absolutely with Mike Perry. Like, <laughs> the full story. Because like, he uh, like, he's super intense, Mike. Um, but the fact is, I'm walking down the street after I've had my face painted. Uh, this was in Sacramento. I'm walking down the street. And he's in like the the hotel uh, bar area, and there's a fire exit, and he kicks the door open. Like as I'm walking down the street, he kicks this door open, and he shouts, "Let's go, Scotland!" At the top of his lungs, right. But the fire alarms activated because he's booted the door open, and the, like behind him, he's standing in this doorway, like this. <sighs> the fire alarms going off, making all this noise, and I'm like, "Oh my god, man, what's going on here?" Because this is my first experience in the UFC. That was my very first. And if it wasn't for Mike Perry, we wouldn't have any uh, crazy Paul Craig wins. is amazing.
0: Uh, Scotland next year, what are you hearing? What are they telling you?
5: See, I would love Scotland. Now that we're starting to build a bit of a name for ourselves, as you were talking about just before I came on, That I think we're maybe oversaturating the market in London. Um, twice a year is too much in there. And there, there, is a, there isn't much better venues in than London. I understand why they do London, because... It's an easier hub to get to. But it's easy enough to fly up to Glasgow. As you said, Newcastle's an option. There's a Ireland as well. I think Bellator have got like a non-compete clause in Ireland, so they can't actually use it three arena. Ah. I heard about Liverpool as well. One of the reasons that Marks and Spencers don't want to have MMA in there is because if you let the UFC in, then you have to let every other promotion in. And there may be, obviously Liverpool, there may be some dodgy... MMA mm. round about the Liverpool area because of where it's situated um, and that's why Marks and Spencer's don't want MMA being allowed in there it's not UFC it's all MMA and that's why he's talking about the Glasgow the last time they were there they they blew the roof off the place you you remember them being like some of the the greatest crowds that uh, the UK have got so why not as I said we've got like four fighters there, including myself Chris Duncan uh, Joanne Calderwood and Casey O'Neill and who knows we probably all could just do the face paint you know just yeah. all everybody's just coming up into the, the uh, ceremonial we with with face paints and bits of and um, but I do believe there's opportunities to, to run a fight night in Glasgow I can't see why not um, Paul Craig at 185 headline. headlining it is a, sounds, sounds, sounds good to me That's but good. not only just not even me there's, there's other people there you can put in there it doesn't have to be a Scottish fighter you can sure. put in there it can be UK fighter and the the European UK talent now is just going through the roof.
0: And perhaps your teammate, Chris Bunger, could fight on that card as well if, uh, if yeah. it happens in the next few months and he's able to go. Uh, delighted for you, Paul. Congratulations on the win. You look fantastic out there and uh, I hope that this is the beginning of a nice run at 85 and and as you said, I mean, you've got some pretty huge names on your on your resume at 205 as well. So I'm curious to see, you've got options now. You've you've got 205 and 185. So it's a great place to be. I'm so happy that you're back on track. Thank you for coming on. Appreciate it very much. Enjoy the victory, my friend.
5: Thank you, my friend. I'll speak to you
0: soon. All right, there he is, the one and only Paul Craig. What a win for him and what a scene it would be uh, now with this, uh, you know, the success that he has had at 185 if he goes on a bit of a run. Obviously, they're not going to go to Scotland tomorrow or next month. But if he's he's on a bit of a run, as he mentioned, there's four solid fighters there uh, from Scotland and others in the mix as well. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five Buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Perea is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code THEMMAHOUR. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code THEMMAHOUR. The crown is yours. Gambling code 100 Gambler. Or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877 8 Hope and Wiretext. text Hope and Y, that's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. cdkng.com slash mma. Yes. Uh, For eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Have a fight night in Scotland. The last one, I think the last one was uh, was it Michael Bisping against Talos Ladies? I'm pretty sure that was it back in the day. That was like 2000. Was it 2015? Scotland. Oh, 2017. Nelson Ponzinibbio. Talos Ladies was 2015. So there's been two. Okay, yes. Nelson Ponza Nibio was 2017, July of 2017, around the same time. Um and then the the Bisping one was also around the same time. I remember it was in the summertime. Yeah. July 18, twenty fifteen. That was a big one. That was like in the midst of the uh the Michael Bisping renaissance en route to the uh the big title win the following summer over Luke Rockhold. All right. We couldn't have done today's program without our next guest. What a moment. What a scene. I mean, I get chills just thinking about it all weekend long. The the song has been just going on and on in my brain, replaying over and over again. I mean, it was just amazing. Everyone was singing it. Everyone was dancing rejoicing 364 days removed from that devastating that heartbreaking knee injury he comes all the way back and like I said at the top of the show they said all right it was a blessing in disguise he needed the reset it was bothering him but but that's a lot of talk. You wanted to see how he would actually look. And how did Tommy Aspinall, the future UFC heavyweight champion, look? He looked fantastic. 73 seconds is all it took against Marcin Tabor in a fight that some people, not me, some people are saying was made on this program. They can say it. I won't. What a scene. What a moment for our very own Tommy Aspinall, who is joining us right now. Oh, look at this man. If we were in the same room, I would hug you right now, Tom. I mean, just absolutely so happy for you. I wish I could give you a i I'm giving you a virtual, Tom. This is my virtual hug for you. How are you, my friend? Congratulations.
6: First of all, thank you for the hugs. More, more ma- male hugging should be accepted way more in this world. I, I completely agree with that. I'll give you one straight back. But yeah, I'm feeling great. You know, I'm so, um, I'm so happy. Like you say, I can speak about it all I want. I can, I can cut promos left and right. I can speak to all these high-media people and all the rest of it, but ultimately, I need to show everybody, and I, I feel like I showed people pretty good. Oh, my
0: gosh. So many questions. Paul, Uh, July twenty fourth, two 2022 was the Sunday after the Blades fight. What were you doing last Sunday, like a, a year ago, 366 days ago? What was that Sunday morning like for you?
6: It was one of the lowest days of my life to be honest with you. It was, uh, I was thinking about that today, actually. I was thinking about it earlier and just the relief. I just feel, I think that's the ultimate thing that I feel right now is I'm just so relieved, you know, that everything went well. I knew, to be honest, that my body was in great shape. I knew that I had a great training camp. I knew that my mind was great and everything, but just with heavyweight MMA, you just never know. It's just so wild, this sport sometimes. Sometimes just one punch can just change everything. So I'm just so glad that Everything went went well, and I really, really believed in myself. And ask anybody that's had any kind of ligament surgery to do that one year after they've had surgery. Ask anybody. That is a really, really tough thing to do, especially with all the pressure that I had on me. Like, I had so much pressure on me, so many people doubting me, and I knew I could do it, man. I knew I could do it, and the people around me knew that I could do it. And just thanks to every single person that's helped me along the way, I really, really appreciate it.
0: I'm sure there were some people who were like, chin up, Tom, it'll be okay, you'll be back, you'll be better than ever. Would you have believed them if they said, like, in a year from now, you'll be on the London show in July at the O2, and you're going to do something like that, it's going to be it's going to be better than ever, don't worry, like, could you have even wrapped your head around that a year ago today?
6: No, not a year ago today. i I couldn't wrap my head around anything to be honest with you I was I was a bit of a mess I was well I was a, I was a lot of a mess to be honest for a few months there and yeah I just was not in a good mental space I was at the lowest point in my life right there uh for for a year ago today and probably plus about six eight weeks something like that yeah I was in a I was in a very very low point point. and if anybody like I'm not trying to be like some inspirational guy or like that's not really my style but if anybody can take any motivation and inspiration from this, anyone who's injured or they're at a low point in their life or whatever, you just got to try and believe in yourself. Just set yourself small goals and and keep the dream big. Do you know what I mean? That's what I did. I knew that after a few weeks, I knew that I wanted to start coming back. To be honest, the, the fight that motivated me the most was uh I seen UFC Paris, I seen Tatou Ivasra against Surogan, I seen the support that them guys were getting out there. And I watched that fight closely, and I remember, my, I couldn't even walk at the time. My leg was all braced up, and I had, because it's obviously it's on European time. The the fight was in France, and we don't get to watch it on European time very often. And I remember we had like a little UFC party at my dad's house. We had some friends over. My leg was all braced up. I was still on crutches at the time, and I'd not watched any MMA at all for weeks before then, maybe months. I'm not sure exactly how long it was after the injury. I think it was about eight weeks after my injury. Uh, and I, I was really off MMA completely at the time. I'd not watched it. I'd not been keeping up with it at all. And I remember just watching that fight and feeling the atmosphere in the arena, even through the TV and and thinking, you know what? I've been feeling my, f- sorry for myself for this long now after the surgery and I can beat these guys. I know that I can. And I can feel, like I say, I can feel the atmosphere through the TV. And I crave that atmosphere. That's the atmosphere that I get at the O2 arena. And I just thought, I'm going to be back and I'm going to I'm going to beat the winner of this. And that's why I want to fight so again
0: uh, and, 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 and you did that, and you look great, and, and uh, I mean, you came back, and you looked fantastic against Marcin Tabura. I'm just wondering, you uh, you mentioned you know this before and last week as well, but the thought of leaving the sport, like, how long did that period last? How long in your mind were you thinking, I'm done with the sport?
5: Uh, a,
6: a couple of weeks, possibly. Maybe less. May, maybe a week or so. I'm not sure. But I remember having a few conversations. I was actually reading it back on Fight Week. Because I really wanted to remind myself a lot that, like... Because I was feeling the pressure on fight week, to be honest with you. Really? As as I always do on fight... Yeah, of course. Of course. But even more so this time, I think. Even more so. I felt a lot of pressure. And I was reading back some some conversations that I was having with friends and stuff. You know, just on WhatsApp, texting back and forward with some close friends of mine. And a couple of times in in messages, I would say, Oh, I can make money out of doing other stuff. Like that. That was I said that in in multiple messages to multiple people. I can make money doing other stuff. I'm not too worried about money and stuff like that because people are asking me what I'm going to do in the future. And after a while, I just thought, you know what? Why do I want to make money out of doing anything else? Like I spent my life doing this sport just because I've got a bit of adversity. I can't just quit. Like I absolutely love this sport. And on Saturday, I I really got to remember how much I love it. And I'm on such a high right now that honestly i just can't wait to do it again
0: uh you you talked about the nerves the pressure uh, more so than usual and if so why do you think that is is it just because of the layoff because you were hoping to really like make a point obviously there was a lot of attention on you your your headliner again but um can you compare that pressure you're you're no stranger to headlining so can you compare the 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 feelings that you were feeling this time around as opposed to the last couple that you headlined
6: there was a lot of factors going in Ariel, to be honest um the headliner after an injury is is a tough thing. and I actually had a lot of doubters this time, you know. I've never had that many that many doubters and haters before. A lot of people thinking, oh, I'm never going to come back from it. Uh, obviously, I changed a lot of stuff in my personal life. I changed a lot of stuff with my training and stuff like that. And I wasn't sure, even though I knew it worked for me in training, training and fighting are two different things, is that going to work in a life situation? Am I going to still be able to perform? when something like that has happened to me a year before, I didn't, I honestly didn't know, but I honestly think I honestly really, really believe that like, I am a special human being and I can really perform really, really like the more pressure that's on me, the better I perform. So, and I think I'm not as used to feeling it as I was like before I was really active. I was fighting like every three, four months and then I had a complete year layoff and, yeah, I think just a, just a a combination of things made me feel the pressure a little bit more. But I thrive under pressure, man. Like I, I seriously, evidently, I, I thrive under pressure. I'm not sure
0: if we've talked about this before, but I, I heard you say that you were you felt like sick on fight day, and that reminded me of GSP. And then I w- I was reminded of the fact that you love GSP, and I was like, oh wow, he has that that's similar thing where GSP used to feel sick on fight day as well. And then obviously would perform tremendously. Uh, how sick did you get on fight day?
6: Pretty sick. <laughs> Are we throwing sick. up? Like, I was close to throwing up. Wow. I was close to throwing up. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, you know, the weirdest thing is I think I hide it really well. You know, <laughs> I think that any of my team will tell you that like, I well, wasn't even that nervous. He wasn't too nervous. And I actually had the UFC journey guys with me that, the full uh they came for like two weeks in training camp and then they came for the full fight week and they were actually saying after oh man you look so relaxed I've never seen anybody look so relaxed before and underneath I wasn't that relaxed but I remember years ago when I was in a a jiu-jitsu competition a guy told me that the way you got to behave is you got to be like a swan so you see the swan and he's gracefully moving around on the top of the water. There's nothing bothering the swan. There's absolutely nothing going on with him. He looks like he's cruising through so nicely. But underwater, you see his little legs panicking like, he's kicking as fast as he can. But on the surface, everything's good. Everything's calm. Everything's graceful. And that stayed with me. I got told that when I was like 12 years old. And now I'm 30. And I still remember it. I still remember the conversation clear as day. That's something that um, just a a jujitsu guy told me years ago. And it still sticks with me. And I still remember it every time I'm fighting now.
0: By the way, do you get sick at the hotel and arena or like when you leave the hotel and you get to the arena, it goes away? Are you getting sick in the locker room? When does it actually go
6: away? I'm good to go at the arena. I'm good to go at the arena. Uh, It's usually when I'm in the hotel, yeah. Usually when I'm in the hotel, it's, I never know what to do. So especially like when I'm fighting in London, obviously I'm I'm a UK guy. So I get support coming down. Like I get friends, family, all that kind of stuff coming. And they're, they're obviously there on the fight day, and then I want to spend time with them, but then I don't want to spend time with them, and then I want to spend time on my own, and then I don't want to spend time on my own. But again, referring back to GSP, GSP actually told me something when when we spoke, and he told me a little technique that he did. And I think I watched it in a documentary of his years ago anyway, or something like that, but he, he, re, he reminded me of it when, when we spoke, and he said that he has a way of, like, tricking his mind into being confident by the way his body is, if that makes sense. Like, on fight day, he'll make sure that he smiles a lot. He'll make sure that he walks around with his head high and his shoulders back and acts confidently. And before he knows it, that kind of switches his mindset into tricking his mind to think he's confident and he's cool and he's calm and he's graceful and doing all this stuff. So I do the same. I, I'm I, Anything I can do to mimic GSP in any way, the greatest fighter of all time, I will do that.
0: Well, you did it on uh, Saturday, and I heard you say that you th- you really thought it was going to be 25 minutes, Tom. Come on, you didn't really think that. Yes. I- what What made you think it was going to be 25 minutes? You at your best against him at his best, with all due respect. It's just different levels.
6: Well, I've been following Tabora's career for quite a while now. I've obviously watched all of his fights because I'm fighting him, but um, most of his wins come by him getting punched in the face and the other guy getting exhausted and he's took some massive shots off some massive punches you know Mm -hmm. and he doesn't go down a lot of the time like the guy is tough he doesn't quit and yeah I I was mentally preparing myself for five but you know when I'm mentally preparing myself for five that's when I'm at my most dangerous because I'm just like people were saying how fast I looked and how, how powerful I looked mate honestly I was in first gear I promise you like I was in first gear I wasn't I wasn't trying to be fast. I wasn't trying to knock anybody out or anything like that. I was thinking it was going to be a five-round fight, so I was taking my time.
0: Any any part of you, because it's been such a long road back and you were in first gear and you were perhaps relishing to show off the new physique and, and the strength and the speed, that you wanted a little bit of more time out there?
6: Yeah, I did. I, I wasn't trying to knock him out. I wasn't trying to. <laughs> I, honestly, I wasn't. like uh, The shots just came, you know, and... As I said in my book, like I'm so well trained. I have trained with so many good people over the years. I've been I've been involved in martial arts since I was eight years old. I'm 30 now, and uh, just massive shout out to everybody and, and anybody who's helped me over the years. Like I, I've got really really good fundamentals and everything, and I see everything really well. And I think uh, I think now I'm really I'm really maturing as a person and as an adult and as a, as a fighter, and I can really see things now uh see things really well and I'm really happy with the way everything's going.
0: That that was the best moment of your career, right? Like there's there's no chance anything can come close to that, right?
6: Mate, by far. By far. That was that was a must-win fight for me. That was a must-win. And I won it really, really impressively. And I met Louis Theroux. That that was a big moment for me. I met Louis Theroux after that fight. I couldn't believe it. That was amazing. Tom, you know
0: like he's like my inspiration, right? Like he he's one of my anytime someone asks me who are my inspirations are in terms of interviewing? I say Howard Stern, who's a big deal in America, and Louis Theroux. I've watched everything. i listened to his podcast. I don't know if you've heard his podcast. And then I see you fanboying yeah. out to Louis Theroux out there. I was like, man, Tom and I, we have a lot more in common than I... Th- I didn't know you were a big Louis Theroux guy. I thought oh, you just liked mate, his I song, would. his TikTok song. That's all I thought. Uh,
6: I did like... Well, everyone's getting onto his TikTok now, but I've been a Louis Theroux, Theroux fan for ages, like... I used to watch them uh weird weekends in America and everything yes. that like or oh, whatever whatever it was. Uh, like I even watched a Rita Ora documentary on him. I don't even like Rita Ora. I just like Louis. Like he's Louis the best. is the man. And you know what I love most about him is he's super good listener. He's super intelligent, and he's so intelligent that he can make a normal conversation awkward for the viewers' entertainment in a way that is. Fantastic for the viewer. Like the way he goes about asking questions is, the best. Is, is, is honestly greatness. I absolutely, I honestly, I've watched, I said this to him when I met as well. I've, I've honestly think I've watched every bit of content that he's ever put out barring his podcast. I've not watched all of his podcasts, but every kind of documentary that he's been involved in, honestly, hand on hand, I think I've watched them all. Wow.
0: I, did you know he was going to be there?
6: No, I didn't. I didn't know. I had no idea. And I didn't even know. Actually, He was stood, he he was sat, sorry, right behind, like, my corner. And when, because I do the crouch, like, the beginning of the fight, like, I start in a crouch position. He was literally, like, over my shoulder. I only noticed after, like, when I watched it back. But uh, I was in the, I was doing some interviews and stuff after the fight, like, doing a bit of media. And uh, one of the UFC staff came over and said, Tom Louis Theroux wants to meet you. Do you mind meeting him? And I was like, no, fuck off. No way. (laughs) And they were like, No, no. Honestly, he really wants to meet you. Um, Do you Do you want to go meet him? I was like, I I didn't think they were serious. Honestly, I thought maybe I'd said it in an interview or something, and they were trying to like, I don't know, play a prank or something. I couldn't believe that uh, that I met Louis through. Honestly, I'm still so excited about it. That is
0: amazing. I love that you're such a big fan of his. I I adore him as well. I got a DM from him one time because Aunt Evans, who used to work for the UFC, like tweeted something where he compared us. And I got a message from him and I was like, I can't believe Louis Theroux even knows that I exist. It was like one of the great moments of my life. So I I share your admiration for him. And I would love to hear you on his pod. That would be a nice one. Any talk of that
6: afterwards? Maybe a little bit of talk of that, but uh, it's nothing, nothing secured yet, but I would love, honestly, that would be the most exciting thing I've ever done, probably. That that would be amazing. Like him and Gordon Ramsay, they're, they're my two favorite celebrities ever. Gordon Ramsay and Louis mm-hmm. Theroux, absolutely love both of them, absolutely amazing.
0: By the way, what was that show that you were on on Friday, Uh quiz show or something? What is that show? You were the first MMA fighter. Is this some big uh, British show? What is that?
6: Yeah, question of sport. It's uh, it's quite big. It's quite big. It's actually really big in the UK. Yeah, it's a really uh, the first ever MMA fighter to go on it. I am uh, very privileged to do that. And yeah, it's a massive show. It's more like mainstream sports going on it. You know, tennis players, footballers, rugby players, stuff like that. Um, and I was really, really happy that to get invited on it. I was fucking terrible on it. I don't know anything about sports, but. I brought. I think I brought the bants at least. Uh, yeah, I think no, maybe I, too, I brought right. a few jokes and stuff. But I got. I got fucking no answers right. Absolutely not. My guy Joe Joyce was on there though. Joe oh. Joyce was on the opposing team when I was on it, so it's pretty cool. I know Joe, and uh, yeah, it was good. It was a good experience. I enjoyed it.
0: So here I am, showering you with praise and love and admiration. I do have one small bone to pick with you, Tom. So I'm going to keep it 100 because I said this at the top of the show. But I do have, you know, it can't all be just positive because then people are going to say I'm a Tom Aspinall shill. I loved everything about it: the performance, the fight week, the way you looked, the way you acted, everything, the win. And then, and then you get on the microphone and you're killing it on the microphone. I mean, you're cutting promos left and right. But if if I were to write the script, and this is what I want to ask you about, this is the one, it would have been you versus Sergei Pavlovich at MSG and you're right under John Jones, and you do what you're going to do to him, and then he wins, and then it's like, all right, I'm fighting that guy. Like, you're in the same orbit, you're in the same building. Why did you go Gan Spivak, who you, you have beaten Spivak in relative, you know, dominant fashion. Gan, I know you have, you know, love for him, and you'd like to fight him, and it'll be a great fight. To me, Pavlovich is the one. Why didn't you go in that direction? Why'd you go Gan Spivak?
6: Well, I would agree with you on that, to be honest. Oh, okay. I do, I do see, Thank I you. do see what you're <laughs> I do see what you mean. But all week when I was in London, there was just a lot of talk about UFC Paris, so it's kind of fresh on my mind. Also, you know, I'm doing my thing for VT Sport, mm. TNT Sports, by I, the way. I'm, I'm, TNT. Yeah, but I was, yeah, TNT Sports <laughs> now. But yeah, I'm doing. I was doing my thing for BT Sport. Right. Now I'm hoping to do all things for uh, TNT Sport.
0: Okay. That, okay. So I was thinking.
6: Paris is European show. DNT mm. Sport are going to be there. Wow. I want to do. I want to do the pundit stuff again. I'm going to be there. Mm. Why not make? Why not make a bit of a scene and throw me in the cage after? And we'll have a li- little bit of a little bit of a standoff for the crowd. I thought that would be a lot of fun. Okay. That's, all, that's what I was thinking. To be honest with you, but uh, Sergei Pavlovich been matched up with him before a couple yeah. of times. Happy to take that fight to Whatever.
0: Tom, I said, top of the show, I'm actually more interested and more excited about the prospect of you versus Sergey Pavlovich than John Jones Stipe. To me, that fight, you versus Sergey, is the best the heavyweight division has to offer. Dare I say. I don't know if there's a non-title fight at the moment that excites me more than you versus Sergei Pavlovich. So I heard you say Sergey, and then you went left turn on me, and you said Sergey Spivak, Cyril gun. I was like, wow, we were so close. This is it. This is the fight. This is the one. And then maybe I thought, and I was going to ask you about it, maybe you want to save that for the title fight, because eventually you guys are going to be in that, t- I mean, you're there already. So then I was like, okay, maybe he's saving it. But I just want the record to show you versus Sergei Pavlovich is the, is the for me personally, that's the one. That's the one.
6: I mean it would it would be good to save it for a title as well because mm. I'm pretty sure that we're going to fight we're going to fight each other a couple of times I think. It's not going to be a one and done. Also, I'm going to partially put the blame on blame on uh, Michael Bispin for this one. Oh, okay. Because Michael Bispin told me that you should always try and fight the guy who just fought for a title and lost it. That's what the people want to see because he's like the next best in line. So I thought Cyril Gans just just fought for title, lost it. If he wins, that'll be perfect. But this I can is see horrible advice right now. Tom, this is
0: horrible well, advice. I, what are you talking about? Why would they a, want to put the guy who I'm just not, fought for the belt? What if something bad god forbid, slip on a banana peel, he yeah, wins? See, They don't want to give him another title shot. That's Michael Bisping told you that?
6: That's horrendous advice. Ariel, I'm new to this calling out people stuff. It's not usually my style. I'm just I'm just trying to get myself a fight. I'm trying to secure the next move and People wanted to hear it. People went wild when I started doing that. People were loving
0: it. No, I know. Well, they would have went wild for anything you would have said. Honestly, if you would have said, you know, whatever, I want a, you know, a sausage for breakfast, they would have went wild for that too because they were loving everything you were doing. I But MSG to me, you got to be on MSG. Do you, do you agree with it? I want you on the same card as those guys. You need to be right there, not as a backup fighter. You need to have the big time performance and then you need to be top of mind when you know the, the 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 winner is crowned, so that they don't walk away. That's the problem. I don't want the, the winner to walk away. I, I want you to fight the winner of that fight, not for the vacant title. You know what I'm saying?
6: I would definitely agree with that. I see exactly what you mean, and and I'm not disputing that you're right. I'm just saying, for whatever reason, that was fresh on my mind for the week. But you know what? The way I see it is, we're all going to fight each other anyway. Mm. We're all going to fight each other anyway. Like we're all youngish guys around our prime before i like i think i'm way before my prime personally but um yeah i think we're all going to end up fighting each other anyway so the order doesn't really matter as much but i see what you mean you're a media guy and uh you're you're obviously better than this stuff than me so i'm just you know I'm i've never steered you stuff. wrong
0: i've never steered you wrong
6: i also heard you no, say you have not. not
0: i i, I, I heard not. you said you were happy that john like acknowledged your presence i didn't love the lol he had the tweet sounds good, lol. Thought the lol was a little bit demeaning. I I would have liked the sounds good. LOL to me was a bit of a shot. Your thoughts.
6: I I'm just putting it out there. John Jones a patronizing guy. <laughs> I think he's trying to patronize me. <laughs> yes. How dare he patronize me? How dare he? Uh yeah, no, I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. But that's the fight that I would that's my dream fight. So I'll do whatever I can to get that.
0: That's the dream fight, number one, top of the list. You versus John Jones. Of course, of course. How to, how, in your mind, what's the prediction?
6: What with him and Steepay?
0: No, you and you and John.
6: Well, he's fought a lot of quicker guys before. I don't mean quicker than me. I mean quicker than most heavyweights.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
6: being a light heavyweight, obviously. Um, but he's never fought someone quicker than a light heavyweight who's bigger than him before, Mm. who is super confident with big fight IQ, who's not intimidated, who's young and fresh, not loads of miles on the clock, and brings something different. And that's what I think I bring to the table against John.
0: So the official prediction is?
6: Oh, sorry. Yeah, the prediction. (laughs) um, I, I I, I think I'm dangerous from everywhere. To be honest and I think I have to touch you once I have to touch like you can see like look look what just happened and I know Tibora and John Jones are two different people I'm completely aware of that but if he's a human being, I have to hit him one time at speed that he doesn't see and I'm really capable of doing that so uh, to answer your question I think I can knock him out Wow
0: would you be disappointed if he walks away before fighting you or Sergey?
6: I mean, I'd be disappointed, but it wouldn't it wouldn't ruin my life. I'm, I'm trying to get the belt. Like ultimately, I'm trying to get the belt, and and it doesn't really matter who's. That would just be a nice little cherry on top if I was to get to to beat John Jones as well. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, fighting at MSG is something. I mean, maybe not a dream, but that's got to be up there, right? I mean, that's pretty damn cool to get out of Europe and fight in one of the iconic venues
6: in the world. It's definitely up there. I mean, you you're a New York guy. I know you're not from New York, but you live there, don't you? So what. What does, it mean? what does it mean to New York? It's pretty big over there, isn't it's it? It's
0: huge. It's huge, yeah. Iconic. World's most famous arena. The Mecca. And then you could come in studio that week. It would be fantastic.
6: So you're spinning this on a selfish note now. No. Really. <laughs> so you, you basically just want me in studio. Is that what you think? Would well, it be because, nice? Yeah, I know... There's, there's, there's definitely been talk about you not paying up in the past. Wow! I'm not saying that I'm not saying that you're that guy. I'm just saying there's been talk of it in the past.
0: What you're you're gonna you're so big now that you're gonna start charging for interviews? This Absolutely does, not. This doesn't Absolutely go well. Not. I just want to let you know. Spoiler: It doesn't go well I, when you start I, doing.
6: I, that. I do not want to get 10 10-7. I don't want to get ten seven <laughs> by anybody.
0: Uh, no, I like you know you 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 responded right away. I was like, oh, here we go. He's back. He's probably gonna tell me he wants a week off. He needs some time. He's not going to do media this night. I know you don't love the media stuff. You've come a long way, but uh, you responded right away. In fact, you said it yourself that the fight was made on this show. Which I, you know, I don't want to take that credit, but you gave me that credit, so I want to thank you for that.
6: You'll take credit anywhere, I think. But <laughs> to be honest, credit is due this time, and it was definitely made on this show, and uh, we made it pretty smoothly and is a good guy he's got a great team around him great great group of people to be honest I never fought somebody that I really liked before. It's, it's not that I disliked anybody but I was just always like indifferent to him I didn't really know him but him and his team are really really like solid human beings and um I've never really apologized to anyone to this before but I actually apologized to him and his team that it, that it had to be him but if it's him, if it's him wow. or me it's it's got to be him do you know what I mean I I've got a family to feed. I've got dreams to, that I want to achieve, and if it's him or me, it's got to be him. But I really like him as a human being. Like I think we were we were friendly before, and and I hope that we can be friends after as well. Like he's a really good guy.
0: By the way, did you apologize before or after?
6: After. After. Where did you see him? Well, I seen him in the obviously I seen him in the Octagon, mm-hmm. um, and then I wanted to chat to him afterwards a little bit. But I had the, like I said, the UFC journey guys with me, the camera crew, where they were like at the after party. And I didn't want to do it for the cameras. That's not really, if I want to do something genuinely, I want to do it for genuine reasons, not show up with a lot of cameras when he's feeling sorry for himself and stick all them in his face. So um, I just asked, his, i seen his coaches and I just said, oh, like, what's he doing? What's he up to? And they said, oh, he's just in the room. Uh, I think he's going to go sleep. So I just said, okay, just, you know, speak to him, for me, and just tell him that. You know, I really like him and I'm sorry that it had to be him kind of thing. Because to be honest, I'm at my best now. I'm at my best. I'm by far better than I ever was before. And it's just a shame that he had to fight me when I'm like this, because I think on Saturday night, there's nobody that could have beat me. Nobody.
0: Uh, two last quick things. So you seemed a little hesitant, Team BFG. You don't love it? I love it. I think it's great. I mean, you guys had a great week. What, what What's the trepidation here? I think it's nice. It's catchy. No, I, it's friendly. What's I happening?
6: Like it, you know? <laughs> I quite like it, you know. I quite like it. It's growing on me. Um, it's quite corny, though. I don't know about the corny. Nah, it's lovable. Us, you know what? None of us are like that kind of guy when we're trying to be like these gangster MMA fighters. But that's just not our team. We are friendly big guys. And there's a lot of us. And, uh, you know, we... Team BFG have gone 3-0 and in the last week. Phil Freese won his fight last week. Mick Parking won his fight on, in London on the same night as me. had a great debut, and then obviously I won my fight, so we're doing great. Phil Freese is absolutely insane, by the way. The guy, I've never seen anybody before, a, a guy. So at the moment, he's put a bit of weight on since his fight. He's a massive guy anyway. He must be close to 300 pounds at the moment. He's wow. a big guy, 6'4", 6'4", 6'5". 300 pounds. I've never seen a man that size catch a pigeon before in the street. That's real? He really did that? He he caught a couple of pigeons. He's done it more than once. That's crazy. He he catches pigeons, walks around showing everybody, and then just throws it up. It's absolutely wild. (laughs) I can't wait for everyone to see it. We've got got videos of it. We've got videos of him doing it on a few occasions. The guy is insane. That is unbelievable.
0: Well, uh, shout out to PT for that. He came up with the name, so he deserves the credit. I like it for whatever it's worth. You seemed a little bit hesitant on Saturday when you were asked by uh, one of the reporters, Andy Stevenson. I, I, I think it's nice. I think it it, it really sort of it tells the story of who you guys are and what you're all about. You're just a bunch of big, friendly giants. I like it very much. Um, last thing, this time next year, are you UFC champion?
6: Yes. Yes. Do you know why? Why? Because the time off... Showed me a lot of truths about myself. I had a lot of time to think about exactly what I want and and exactly what I want to do and how I'm going to go about it. And I really, it's going to sound corny, but I really, really welcome greatness now. I feel like before I maybe had a little bit of imposter syndrome. I was just enjoying the ride and stuff. Like, mate, for example, I got on the microphone on Saturday and it wasn't like, oh, maybe you can give me a shot of this. It's like, listen, this is what I'm doing and this is the way it's going to play out, and I'll stick to that, and that's how I run my life these days. So even like, for example, so on the weigh-in day, last time on the weighing day, I wanted to get in the octagon and move around a little bit and just feel it, because the octagon feels a little bit different to like a, a training cage and stuff, and I walked up to one of the UFC staff and said, just let you know, I'm going in the octagon now, it's because I want to feel it. This was on the weighing day. And uh, she was like, no, no, you can't, you can't. And I was like, no, I'm going in. So I'm just letting you know, you're going to have to get someone to stop me going in physically if that's that's what's going to happen. And then she told me to speak to the security guy. So I walked over to the security guy and I said to him, look, just let you know, I'm going in the octagon. And he's like, no, no, you can't, you can't. We're not allowed to let you in today. I said, all right, you can stop me then. You can try and stop me, but I'm going in because I need to feel it under my feet now, right now. I've not got a chance to do it tomorrow. I need to feel it right now. I need to visualize what I'm going to do tomorrow and I'm going in. So you do whatever you can to make it happen. But if if you're not going to make it happen, I'm going in regardless. So you're going to have to stop me. Anyway, he did a few phone calls and it was okay that I went in. But that's just the way, that's just an example. That's just the way I'm going about stuff these days is I'm getting what I want and I'm forcing my way through it. Whereas before, I was a little bit too happy just to sit on the fence a little bit, to be the nice guy and do all that stuff. Mate, I'm still a nice person. I'll still treat you good if you if you treat me good. And I, I still give off positive energy and love to everybody. But I'm going for what I want, mate. And what I want is uh, i spent my life doing this sport. I've spent my life uh, working towards being the UFC heavyweight champion of the world. And and I'm going to knock everyone down who's in my way. Simple as that.
0: I love that. And by the way, I said that was the last, but just I just have to ask the follow-up. Did someone lead you to start thinking that way like did you talk to someone that or is that something you figured
6: out on your own no this is all from my dad this is my my father's thoughts because i was you know i was a i like to think you know i'm a nice person i I really like to think that and i like to think that i I show everybody love and i treat everybody nice and i have got good karma and stuff like that but there becomes a point mate where you can be too nice that it's taking away some of your own Eat like your own, um, I don't know, what, like your own respect for yourself. Like I felt like I was giving, I was compromising constantly on what other people want. And I think that this time off really showed me that I can't compromise on stuff anymore. Like if I want something truly, it doesn't really matter what anyone else thinks or what anyone else is doing. Like I've got to say, fuck everybody else. I'm going for what I want. And if you're with me, you're with me. And if you're not, you're not and you know me and my dad we had a lot of chats over it and um he told me that I should have been like this a long time ago but obviously it takes something bad to happen to really start to make some changes so I am really like that that injury I was saying this all week like pre-fight and I I could see a lot of funny looks coming my way thinking what is he talking about but that injury was by far the best thing to ever happen to me in my life Mm. and uh Obviously, I'm talking about career-wise. I've got children and everything, so obviously they're the best thing. But uh, career-wise, that was the best thing that's ever happened to me because uh, I just put my career first now in everything that I do, and it's paying off.
0: I didn't mention this, but another thing that I loved, you said don't say welcome back because that would imply that it's the same guy coming back. This is a new version. So hello to you, the new Tom Aspel 2.0, if you will, perhaps even 3.0. Well done. Really, really so happy for you. Great performance, and uh, I'll see you in a few months here in New York City when you're fighting Sergei Pavlovich <laughs> at Madison Square Garden. You're the man, Tom. Love you. Thank you. Appreciate thank it. You. Take, thank you. Thank there you. he is, the great Tom Aspinall. Oh, uh, how great is that? I mean, what's better than that? Tremendous stuff. Um, do we have um, – Would uh, I heard like a doorbell ringing over there.
1: Yeah, we have a a guest who was a little extra
0: um, early. Okay, we're good though? Yeah, we're great. Hmm. How's the uh, beverage? Oh, it's very hot in here. Hmm. I'm sweating. Is everything okay over there?
1: Everything's great.
0: By the way, can I get uh, some sort of credit, recognition for the fact that I think I just convinced him to change his call out? Anyone? Yeah, is that that when you called him Paul
1: at the beginning of the interview? I called Tom, Paul? Yeah. yeah, any
2: any credit you got got taken away Yeah, we, I, Paul.
1: I kept thinking at any moment, you're going to ask him a question. He's like, you know what? You don't even know who I am. And then Wait, then I like,
2: called him Paul Craig at the beginning yeah. of the interview. No, you didn't call him Paul Craig. You said, uh, let's get into it, Paul. What? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I did not say that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, whole, just two of us big, are wrong. Big pop back here in the control room when it happened. By the way, you know.
0: We had well, to lose the bug. Stop it. Uh, lots going on. You know, you guys could tell me when I make a Listen, mistake. We're question. gonna interrupt we the interview. Happens, yeah. Like, um, this is actually Tommy Ariel. I actually don't think that happened. Okay. So. And I and and. Why I, would we make this up? And I don't love that it's coming out in this way. Like, I feel Aww. very embarrassed right now. I feel.
2: Well, you can uh, save yourself with uh, Larone Murphy calling him by the proper name. You know? <laughs> do you, Do you think he noticed that?
1: Oh yeah, he's definitely aware.
2: He is
0: aware. No, stop it. Why would you not tell me this?
1: I am telling you I'm this.
0: I'm actually sweating right now, by the way, for the record. Uh, like, it's like pouring out of me. Why is it so hot in here? <sighs> <laughs> You're wearing a long sleeve shirt. Okay, is our next guest here? Yes. Yes, okay. yeah, he's been here. He just, he just heard all of this. Oh, God. Uh, Leroy Murphy, the miracle. Big yeah, win for him. Birth- birthday boy. Yeah, oh, yeah. 1991, baby. Tremendous. Had a big win on Saturday against uh, Josh Bow. I actually wanted to look at the... Uh, the 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 order of things yeah i mean it was coming after three straight losses and then he comes in by by someone from the uk uh, and then he comes in and has the dominant emphatic win over Josh but let's not make him wait any longer here he is larone murphy hello larone how are you my friend
7: What's happening, Ariel? I'm all good, man.
0: How are you? I'm doing great. Congratulations on the win. Uh, Great performance. Dominant performance out of you. By the way, where are you right now? Are you on the side of a highway? That makes me very nervous.
7: (laughs) I'm just parked up. Uh, This is the only place to get some peace, so I'm just parked up. Okay,
0: all good. That reminds me of that song I keep listening to. It's Sprinter. You know Sprinter? You're in your own version of Sprinter. You know that song?
7: No, I don't know it. Who by?
0: Come on, you don't know? That's like the song of the summer in the UK. The UK uh, by CD and Dave something Sprinter. I Probably got...
7: know the song,
0: I don't know the name. Come on. Wow, I thought you were done. You you don't like UK
7: rap. I listen to old school like Tupac kind of. That's that's my that's vibe. Cooler. That's
0: cooler. That's cooler. That's cooler. That's cooler. Respect. Respect. All right. Fine. Fair. Fair enough. Um. By the way, did you notice that like it was like, uh, three straight losses, and it felt like the crowd was kind of like you know they were sort of losing. A bit of their edge and then you came in and you're like no 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 no, no. we're back on track did you pay attention to that sort of thing i need to get us back on track are you obviously you're thinking about winning your fight but it was interesting that it came after three straight losses by uk fighters
7: yeah i've seen a lot of a lot of our guys lost but i wasn't thinking about that i was just thinking about my job really and truly so it's good that i I come out and uh, got us back on track but yeah man it it was sad seeing the boys lose at home
0: yeah, what did you make of the crowd this time around? Did you feel like they were a little more subdued as opposed to some of the other ones?
7: Yeah, it wasn't the same as the last the pay-per-view card. It wasn't nowhere. the same vibe as that. Um even though I thought higher up the card it wasn't as loud as as before. Why do you think that is? I just don't I don't know, you know. Obviously there's a obviously when 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 you f got title fights on the card and a big card like the last one, um the crowd are more up for it. And obviously, like you said, we're coming off free, free losses. There's a lot of losses. Um, yeah. It's just a different type of vibe, man. I don't know. It's still good.
0: I still enjoyed it, but it's a different vibe. Do you think that uh, it's time that they venture out of London? Maybe go to some other cities?
7: Yeah, for sure, man. They need to come to Manchester. Um, you could even go to Liverpool, Birmingham. I feel, I feel like London's a bit. They've been there three, four times in a row now, so it's like they need to go over places. It's expensive as well for people to to right. travel and stuff like. That. So I feel like that's playing a part. Um the last three times, people would have thought out four hundred and odd pound for a ticket and whatnot. So it's like they're not going to go to. No one can afford that. Every, like two, three times a year, do you get what I'm saying. So it'd be good to get to Manchester.
0: What about for you? It's been a lot of Abu Dhabi and then a lot of London. Are you, are you ready to branch out?
7: Yeah, I was, I was saying that in my post-fight interview. I, I want to travel the world as well. Um, obviously, I want a home fight. That's my dream to fight in Manchester. But I want to travel the world. I'd love to go to Brazil. The States, I've not done the States yet. Places like Singapore, all, all over that type of side of the world. I love to. I want to start traveling now.
0: Manchester has had some great crowds in the past and now with you know, yourself and Tom Aspinall and a bunch of others, uh, have you heard anything about their plans or their desire to go to Manchester next year?
7: I've not, but I feel like it's going to happen now. They're building a new um, arena in Manchester as well, so I heard oh. that's going to hold 30,000 30, people um, so that's a m- more of an incentive to go over. Obviously Tom Aspinall could fight for the title now. We've got The scouts is that just twenty minutes down the road. Um, Birmingham's just there, an hour away. So we're right in the middle. Let's put let's put the show in Manchester.
0: By the way, I don't know if I've ever asked you this. I wasn't really into it back then. Are you a United guy or a City guy?
7: United. I'm a
0: red. Oh, you're a red. Hmm. Tough times for you lately. I mean, not a great season. How do you feel about this? We'll get
7: back on track. Yeah, we always do. Yeah, yeah. always do.
0: You like Rashford? That's your
7: guy. Yeah, yeah, Russia is a killer. We need, we need some of that Saudi money so we can compete
0: and then we're good. <laughs> That's what everyone needs, right? That's it. you see what they're offering, uh, Mbappe. It's crazy, crazy. Two five, is two, five, six mil. Insane. Over a billion American for one year, Different. and then he could just walk away. One year. One year. Yeah.
7: Yeah, I, I didn't even see that. That's crazy. I should have been a footballer. Yeah. Did you ever play as a kid? Yeah, I used to love football. I used to love football, but obviously it just wasn't good enough. But yeah, I used to love football.
0: Well, it's working out for you in uh, MMA, undefeated. Uh, You fight on your birthday. By the way, did you like that? Did you like that it was your birthday or did that uh, bring like a different level of stress? I don't know.
7: Yeah, do you know what? I didn't read too deep into it, you know, to be honest. Uh, I don't really, I didn't read too deep into it. But obviously fight day is never a pleasant day really for me. You're just chilling in the hotel, waiting for time to tick, waiting to waiting to go go to war, really. So, didn't really look look too deep into it, but it was it was a nice birthday present to get the W.
0: I was thinking about this. You have been through so much. You have overcome so much. All well documented. And so, like a fight for you, does it? You know, like like Tom was just telling us, he gets sick before the fight. And not to say that he hasn't been through his own you know trials and tribulations, but like you've been shot in the face, you've been hit by a car like you, you a lot of stuff has happened to you so a fight is like a walk in the park to a degree. do you get nervous like everyone else or because you've been through all this stuff, maybe it doesn't affect you the same
7: I feel like it, I feel like everyone gets nervous it's a natural reaction to get nervous, mm. and if you're not nervous you've got something mentally wrong because you're going in there with another trained killer to to fight in front of a crowd in some mini shots <laughs> yeah. knee, half. Knee. It's like it's like everyone gets nervous, and uh, if I'm not nervous, I'm worried. Do you get what I'm saying? So yeah, we do get nervous, but at the end of the day, I know that nothing worse can happen to me, really and truly. Do you get know what I'm saying? So it is what it is. At the end of the day,
0: how much do you uh, think about the the O, the 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 undefeated part of your? Because you know sometimes that could bring a level of pressure and stress as well.
7: I'm not bothered about that to be honest. Really? I'm not bothered and I know I know at some point if I do take an L, I know it's just part of the journey and I know the end goal. I know that will make me push harder. Do you get what I'm saying? So I'm not really not read too deep into it, man. Obviously, I want to win every time, but I don't really read too deep into all oh, this undefeated stuff. This isn't boxing, this is MMA.
0: Okay, fair yeah, fair enough. Um, were you expecting the fight to be Mm, for lack of a better, like it, it felt one sided. You know, there were two thirty to 26, Third round. You really poured it on. The other judge had a thirty twenty seven. Like it never seemed like you were in, de- in in danger. That it was in doubt. Were you expecting that?
7: To be honest, I didn't go. I, the plan wasn't to wrestle, mm. uh, but I felt I felt there was there, was a, there was a point in the fight where I felt I'm a lot stronger than this guy. This is this is my route to victory. There's a transition on the ground, and I thought I took his back, and I was like. This is this is easier easier than I thought on the ground. So I thought that's my route to victory. So I thought it would have been a back and forth striking battle, more so. Um we both got a similar style. So I feel like we was both at a different at a weird range where nothing really happened, nothing really significant landed um other than in the clinch really. So it, the fight went a lot different than I, I I imagined anyway.
0: Did you think you were close to finishing him in the third?
7: 100%. When that liver kick hit, I, I seen his eyes like he was close to I just needed to land one more clean shot. And then the dash choke, I should have finished the dash choke 100%. Um, I rushed that finish a bit. Um, But it was tough, man. Props to Josh. It was tough. It was tough. A lot of other fighters would have rolled over. I've seen it. I've, I've been there. And a lot of fighters take a few shots, ground the pound, and they turn the roll over. He didn't.
0: I saw uh your, your, your post fight scrum with the media. And uh, very clear that you had no interest in talking about Nathaniel Wood. Uh, You you didn't want to go there at all, and I understand that it's 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 gone to be a lot. But the week kind of started with you and Nathaniel Wood in in the hotel, and so I apologize for asking you about it. But if if you don't mind, I just want what led to that little, uh, for lack of a better word, confrontation tete a tete that you guys had there that was caught on camera, and who filmed that.
7: I don't, I don't, I think the UFC filmed it. Oh, wow. Uh, I don't know. The UFC or somebody who was with, it, with him, it wasn't none of my guys anyway. But obviously, um, as you might have seen, we had a bit of back and forth over Twitter um, and Instagram because we're supposed to fight. He pulled out, he started tweeting, I started responding and we just went back and forth. But obviously I've seen him in the hotel and for me, it was like, Everyone see everyone sees life as two different worlds, like this internet world and then the real world, and then people will talk shit on the internet and what you in real life. Like, come on, bro. Like the both combined in, in some way, do you know what I'm saying? So when I seen him, I just thought I had to, I had to say something. I said I said what I asked him what he's saying and whatnot, and then we just had a little a little argument, nothing too deep. And then that was it. Um at the way and he come up to me and saying all oh, the media is trying to twist it whatever whatever and it's just like it's just nothing man it's, it's not it's not as deep as people are going on it's just some internet stuff um but like i said if anyone in the division is few to me i'll fight any anyone any one of them just Ignore curious
0: it. if if you wouldn't have gone up to him do you think he would have walked past you yeah
7: 100 percent, 100 percent. really yeah
0: and and that bothers you to a degree, right? Because if you're, you're, what you're saying is if you're going to talk on Twitter, then let's talk face to face.
7: Yeah, it, it don't bother me because I know what people are like in this day and age. I know that people, everyone's got a different persona online in it. So it, it doesn't bother me like that, but I'm not, I'm not going to talk shit to you online and then walk past
0: you in real life. And and what is the no. uh, what what is the genesis of whatever issue you have? Is it just that you were gonna fight and, and he had to withdraw or is there something even deeper than that that happened before?
7: Listen, I know the MMA game and I know that people get injured. It's part of the game. People yeah. get injured. It was that he he started coming out, um, say firstly put on a, this I would have put on a masterclass on Instagram when he got when he when he pulled out. That's not my issue. I just responded to that saying, come on, bro, laughing faces because We've always messaged each other. We've always been cool before before mm. this fight was made. Well, for me, it's like, have some respect, bro. Just if you pull out, just stay quiet. And then after the after I fight, I get a new opponent. After I fight, maybe you can say, oh, I feel like I would have done this. I would have done that. Just let me do my camp and stay quiet. Have some respect. And that was my, my issue, really. And then he started talking about... Um, he started talking about... We have mutual friends and my mutual friends feel like, feel like he would beat me and whatnot. And I'm saying, bro, there's nobody that, that will tell you that you're deluded because everyone I've spoke to thinks I would smoke you quite easily. Do you get what I'm saying? Um, and obviously this had all come from one guy that fell out with me that's going back to, oh, uh, it's just all oh, me. Uh, a awesome. lot of
0: drama. I, oh, I, handbag. Oh. The, the, the impression I get from you is that you don't really love the trash talk drama side of the game.
7: No, I'm not into it, man. I, I I'm more of a I'm a fighter in it. I'm not really a talker. I'm a fighter. But um obviously I'm gonna respond. If yeah. you if you're tweeting about me, I'm gonna respond in it.
0: But is there a part of you that kind of wrestles with that? Because uh, as you know, like that stuff sells, right? The trash talk, the drama. So do you feel at some point you have to embrace it more? I mean, look at this. Like people keep asking you about this because there's drama and there's 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 some heat there.
7: Of course, I understand the game in it, and I understand that this this fight has, has sold itself now because of what's happened. People want to see it. I understand it's entertainment, but I'm not gonna be somebody, try and be somebody else. I'm always gonna be myself. I'm not gonna try and be somebody else. So if somebody wants to talk shit to me, I'm gonna talk shit back. Mm. But I'm not gonna. i I'm, I'm not gonna go out of my way to say this and that because that's never been me.
0: Did you watch his fight on Saturday?
7: <sighs> i seen bits and glimpses because it was kicking us out of the arena very, very quick but I seen the first round and a okay. bit of the second and a bit
0: of the second What do you think? I
7: f- it went exactly how I thought it would, it would go to be honest I Which felt, is what? I thought, I thought it would take it would take um, shots from Philly, big shots I thought I thought I thought it would get dropped a few times or knocked out um, he done well to stay in the fight he's got heart I've always everyone knows he's got heart um, he's a fighter He's tough, and he stayed in the fight, and he come back. He come back. So props
0: to him. So is uh, is that the biggest fight for you next? Considering the backstory, mm-hmm. yeah. Did, oh, I on, Did I insult you? Did I insult you? That's
7: my name, bro. I mean, there's, bro, there's some I've dr- five, Bro, I've won five fights straight.
0: You know? I get it. I'm
7: yeah. one, one draw, six fights in the UFC. I'm 13 and older. Have to give me top 15 now.
0: Okay. I have to have to. So you want I'm some, not taking
7: I'm not taking anybody else over them top 15. Check okay. that one out.
0: So if they offer you him now and he's not ranked you're not interested?
7: Uh, I'm not interested.
0: Okay. Is there someone that you're interested in? You
7: know what? I probably would. I'm lying. I probably would. <laughs> Only, him. Only him. Only
0: him. To settle Only it? Him.
7: Yeah. Because I feel like as a fighter we've with, 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 with talked shit I've got no problem with him. Mm. I've got no beef with him like that. But because we've, as a competitor, we've 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 gone back and forth. He still thinks he's better than me. I believe I'm better than him. But we can settle it. What we, we can settle it one day. We will settle it one day.
0: Okay. I think. Uh, top yeah. fifteen. Anyone come to mind?
7: Well, I wanted to. I feel like I wanted to fight. Cesar He's a good fight. He 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 looked good in his last fight. Um, he's number fifteen. I thought I'd start there, but I, I heard that he's booked. So I don't know.
0: Hmm. But you want one of those names. You feel like it's time to to get like let's let's get rolling now, right?
7: Bro, I've, like I said, I'm 13 and all. I've had six fights in the UFC. I want to take some big risks. Yeah. I wanna, I want, I want to be the underdog. I want to go into a fight and just just take the risk. I don't, I don't care. I don't care about the result like that. I want to go and take the risk and see how see how good I really am.
0: And also. Uh, a little consistency right like now i feel like you're you're fighting like when's the last time you had two fights in a year maybe could we get even three this year is that even possible
7: that's what i'm aiming for three fights that's what i said at the start of the year i'd love to have three fights this year um i stay in the gym all year round but it's like before this accident before this car accident it's like i was just i was training every day and training hard but i wasn't in the mindset of let let me take a fight here let me take a fight here let me let me always be ready for a fight um which now i understand that this thing can end at any moment every any given moment so i have to i have to be um get busy and and the times now right Do you know what i'm saying so that, that's how i'm thinking now
0: um we're not going to show it because i pulled the guys in the back and they were like that's oh, a little too gruesome but your manager Danny Rubenstein sent me the video of you after you got hit, man, it looked like your head was, it looked like your brain was leaking out of your head. I, this is like, this is insane that you survived this. And I know you, I mean, you survived. That is crazy. The, the gash, What? how many stitches did, did it take to close that up? That was, it, it actually looked like someone cut your head open and, and, and everything was just pouring out. That's that's how gruesome it looked. I'm, not, I'm telling you, you survived it. You've probably seen that clip before. This is insanity what you've been through.
7: No, it was crazy. It was crazy. Like, I'm lucky it happened where it happened because if it would have happened on like a little dark street, the guy for one, the guy would have got off, he would have drove off, and two, nobody would have been there to help me. And some luckily, um, somebody come out of the house with a towel and like stopped the oh, bleeding. Wow. Like, do you know what I mean? And that's what saved me. Um, and yeah, so yeah, it was bad, and the, obviously the ambulance took forty-five minutes to come. Me, I was just there, sat on the floor, thinking, "I'm done, I'm gone," and luckily, luckily, I'm still here.
0: Wow. And whatever happened to that guy who hit you?
7: I don't know. I don't know what happened to him. But
0: wow, it's
7: yeah. one of the things in it. It's, it's classed as a road accident. Like he's yeah. not a criminal. It's, it's not. You know what I'm saying? It happens in it. Probably just didn't see me. Oh, I don't know. How fast was he going? I can't even judge the speed because it was coming towards me, but it, w- it, it was turning right, so it was going fast, but not crazy fast.
6: Okay.
0: Were you wearing a helmet? I wasn't. Now you do. Do you ride a bike now?
7: I ride all no bikes. Yeah. i ain't riding all. You're done. It's, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. It's too. It's too easy. It's too easy. Like you're not even, You're not in control of traffic. So yeah. And you bike. You have got no protection. Like even if you're wearing a helmet, it doesn't it doesn't matter.
0: So since then you've never you've never been on a bike since then.
7: Indoor what bike? That's yeah. it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn. Yeah. Even when you go on that, does that bring back bad memories?
7: Nah, not not on the what bike, but uh, outdoors. Yeah, I'll be. I won't go on a bike outdoors.
0: Okay. Uh, and any ill effects from that at all? Like, do you feel like there's any bumps and bruises, or you're all good?
7: Not now. I'm I'm back to I'm back to normal now. But I did have like a uh, post concussion syndrome for a long time. Yeah, that lasted a while, and like I was depressed. I was depressed for a good maybe six weeks. I was indoors, and luckily I had good friends that come come pick me up and took me out to go for walks and whatnot and whatnot. Because it was a dark time. Wow. I was just having a conversation then before with my mum. Like I was just saying, like this time last year. I was in these night and day to night like now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last year I was like down and you know what i was saying, down and I almost in a like a. I brought myself back out about two fights and back on top. I feel like feel like I'm on top of the world now.
0: Did Did you even watch UFC London last summer? This time last year, could you even watch it?
7: I did and that's what hurt me even more right. because I'm watching everyone have success. I feel, I feel like, they, I think they give everyone a bonus that night as well. That like, was a crazy night. Um, good on all the guys. I was happy for everyone but I was just sat there thinking, nah, this should be me. Yeah. This should be me I'm here because some guy wants to um, knock me off my bike."
0: And, and what did you do to pass the time like when you were in your house?
7: Uh, well, I just, I, uh, concussion syndromes so or couldn't even play my computer. But I used to, I usually play PlayStation console, wow. but you can't say you can't. You shouldn't play games and stuff like that. So it's just like pretty much just watching TV, being a bum, just sat sat there eating food, getting fat.
0: Damn. Uh, by the way, your manager yeah. Dan Rubinstein said he whooped your ass in uh, FIFA on PS or something. Oh. Was this guy oh. talking <laughs> shit? What's happening? He said, make sure you mention that oh. I whooped his ass.
7: And is it? Listen. Do you know what? Do you know what? You know, what do you call you guys call the goals where where you you run and you pass the, pass the ball across the net and knock
0: it in? Mm, I don't know. Is, you, is there a, is there a term for that? What do you call it?
7: It's a, it's a term. But we just we just call them them kind of people low. They're
0: they're the low. They're the people. Oh, he's like out, cheap. Boy. He's doing like cheap goals, bro. That's all he scores.
7: That's all he scores. It, Knocks him across the goal. No talent. Dirty, he's a dirty, he's dirty. Did he yeah, beat you? Yeah, he beat me, he beat me. But I did 4-0 him as well.
0: Oh, okay. I did in the rematch or before the, like, what was the, who won the last one?
7: He won the last, uh, one? he won
0: the last one. He probably played with City, right?
7: Yeah, I can't remember who he was, to be honest. You
0: were probably United losing.
7: I wasn't, I wasn't. I oh, was God like, damn it. like a random team, I can't remember. Him or something. But the, yeah, no, he was from Munich.
0: By the way, uh, was this during fight week?
7: Yes. So this is another thing I've got to bring up. Listen, I've just done my weight cut. Already, yeah? <laughs> my weight. I've gone upstairs. I'm, I'm drinking my drink. I'm trying to get my salts in my body. My hands are cramping to death like this. And he's, he's calling me out to play. I can't even speak. him like this on the bed. And he's calling
0: me out. Uh, to play. That's whack. First of all, the manager should be trying to build you up your confidence. He's trying to beat you at your lowest when you're like you're dehydrated and stuff. That's not cool.
7: This is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. Full strength.
0: You do it this week. You whoop his ass. Six nil.
7: 100 percent He knows that. He knows
0: that. Uh by the way, who's on your t shirt there? Is that Marlon Brando?
7: This is the God, this is the Godfather yeah. t shirt.
0: Yeah. yeah. Why? Just because that's Marlon Brando, <laughs> legend. Yeah, I like the film. And what are you wearing around your neck?
7: This is an energy stone. It's um black kyanite. Okay. I wear this every day
0: what is it supposed to do
7: supposed to be like an energy protection uh kind of thing
0: okay like the good good energy good vibes positive
7: right good vibes yeah positive
0: okay well so, I, saw, I saw you tweet yeah. uh we haven't seen your uh your, your your super sign ability just yet and uh yeah. would you have we seen it after Saturday or not just yet
7: uh bro it's much because I was having this conversation with coach coaches in the corner man. yeah it's like What like I'm still I still don't feel like I'm performing to my best. I've still I I I was fifty percent in there on Saturday and that's no disrespect. I was fifty percent in there. Really? On Saturday. My team know what what was what. Everyone knows what was what what was what. I was fifty percent in there and it's like I'm still I'm still beating people and I'm not I don't feel like I'm performing to my best yet. I don't feel like I feel like I've got another level to unlock.
0: Wow. And and you know you're not just beating, you're I mean 30 to 26, you're getting 10 8s out there.
7: Yeah, yeah. I feel like I should have. I'm, I'm a bit disappointed. I feel like I should have finished the fight. Um but saying that, I'm happy happier got a dominant domination dominating win, but I feel like I should have finished it, man. I want to I wanted to finish.
0: Well, next one. You're doing great things. You're, I see you out there training with Leon Edwards and the and the whole crew over there, so you're you're all over the place. Uh you continue to rise. Uh congrats on the win. Continued success, my friend. Stay off the road. Stay, wear a helmet, please. You know, Be safe. Drive your car. All good. And uh, I hope you get yeah. another fight maybe here a, in New York. You know, you get Tom, you get you on here. Get some Brits coming over here. That would be big.
7: Yeah, that would be big. That would be big. That's a dream to fight in New York. That's a dream. That's definitely on top of the bucket list. So um, I'll be aiming for that. I'm going to have a few weeks out, let the, let the body heal up and stuff like that. And then let, we're going to aim for that card. Let's, let's hope we get that card.
0: Great stuff. Thank you, Lerone. Appreciate it. Congratulations on the win.
7: Peace. There he
0: is. Lerone Murphy, the miracle. Uh, What a story. What a guy. Such a nice guy. And uh, undefeated, doing great things. 13-0. That would be nice if he gets on there. Although I must say, 13-0-1, of course, there is the draw there. Uh, But undefeated. And uh, on a roll here, the last time he fought three times in a
4: year. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's hits the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S Y L V A N 29.com. Gotta go back 2019, 2018.
0: Uh, 2018 fought three times. When he was fighting for Fight Star Championship, Evolution of Combat, and Celtic Gladiator. When he was just like 7-0. and 0. Um, Has he ever fought prior to that? 2017. Uh, fought four times. No. Three times. No. Twice. I counted the canceled fights. My bad. So only once. So he's en route to doing that. Very close to doing that. Uh, looking forward to seeing if he gets that fight. And I would love to see the Nathaniel Wood fight, uh, who had a great one against Andre Feely on Saturday. All right, one more guest to go, and I'm very excited about this guest. As I said at the top of the show, if I could buy stock in one up-and-coming pro wrestler at the moment, I think it would be our next guest. He is unbelievable on the mic. He's been, I mean, he's been on the main roster for less than three months, and he's in there with the likes of John Cena, went toe-to-toe, I was there, at Money in the Bank in uh, London, on the microphone, just, I mean, they they both look like 20-year vets out there. One is, the other isn't, but he, I mean, you couldn't tell if you didn't know any better, Uh, toe-to-toe with the likes of of Edge and so many others has really made a great impact. The effect, pardon the pun, that he has had since coming up to the main roster has been tremendous. And I learned when I met him in Los Angeles prior to WrestleMania in – in late March, early April, big MMA fan, huge MMA fan, and I love this. I love this. We love talking to the uh, pro wrestlers who appreciate MMA, and vice versa as well. And so, without further ado, let us say hello to the pride of Australia, the host of the Grayson Waller Effect, the one and only Grayson Waller. How are you, my friend?
8: <laughs> you forgot to mention Madison Square Garden main eventer. You didn't put that in right. there, but that's put that in there. Debut. Me, you debut at now.
0: MSG. Main
8: event in Madison Square Garden and debuted.
0: How many people debut at MSG at the Mecca? There he is, Grayson Waller. My, my apologies.
8: That's okay. That's always... I, was it Lerone who was just in there then? Man, those English guys are boring, aren't they? I <laughs> nearly fell asleep waiting to come in for this interview. I was so excited. These British boys, man. They say they have banter. I don't know about that. I was having a little snooze on the couch. So hopefully I'll I, I wake up enough for you now, mate.
0: I appreciate it. Uh, by the way, did you guys win the Ashes? It's very confusing. Like this thing goes on for like eight weeks. I'm very confused mm. what's going on.
8: We, we did. There was a there was a big game this week and uh, it rained out. It got rained out so they couldn't finish the game. So on a technicality, Australia retained the Ashes. And we're, we're taking that. I, <laughs> I couldn't be happy. Piers, Piers Morgan's complaining online that flopped. I, I couldn't be happy. If you If you're going to win any means necessary. I'm good with it.
0: Amen. All right. Well, congratulations and congratulations on all that you have done over the past few months, my friend. Wow. How how do you even could you even describe this like coming up the the effect that you've had, the impact that you've had, MSG debut, in-ring debut, the show being brought over from NXT, your talk show, Grayson Waller effect, in there with John Cena at a pay-per-view come on, you you have exceeded your expectations, right? When you thought about how you're going to come in there, main roster, you didn't expect all of this, right?
8: Yes and no. Obviously, it's been bigger than what I kind of expected it to be, but I always expected to come in on the same level as these guys. I didn't want to be that NXT guy who comes up and works his way up the ladder and is respectful and all those type of things, because I just don't think that works anymore. And for me, personally, like, I was coming off a broken leg. I broke my leg, you know, two weeks before the WWE draft. So... To have all this happening where the first six weeks on the main roster, like, I wasn't cleared. I couldn't wrestle. I couldn't actually do anything. So lucky for me, I'm super charismatic. I'm super talented. I brought over the talk show. We had Charlotte Flair. We had Asker, We had AJ Styles. Like, from the beginning, I'm in there with, with the biggest names in the company. Uh, and that's where I anticipated to be. I don't know if I anticipated to be so quickly. But, you know, I, as Edge said, I swam. I don't think at any stage during any of that did I look like I didn't belong in there with these people.
0: Uh, when you broke your leg before coming up, did you think, oh, man, I'm so close, this is all going to be delayed? It all mm. worked out perfectly because it kind of, mm. I think it it made us anticipate the debut even more because you were you were there but not active. Were you worried initially, though, that this would delay everything or ruin everything?
8: Very, very much so. I don't know if you know this, but the WWE draft is is real. The NXT talent who get called up to Raw on SmackDown do not know so wow. we go to the draft nights and we have no knowledge of what's going to happen. Not, there's like two or three people there that kind of know. So we have no knowledge. So I had that match with Carmelo Hayes, who's the NXT champion now. And I broke my leg doing the Shane O'Mac through the announce table. And when I came backstage, like I knew it was bad. And it was kind of very emotional because not only did I did I lose the title match, but now I can see the draft disappearing. I can see because I, I thought this is this is my time. I'm definitely getting drafted. But then you get the injury, and then I was second guessing myself. And then I don't know if you saw the draft, but I was there both nights, both nights are about, you know, two, three hours. I wasn't drafted on either of those shows. I wasn't drafted on Raw. I wasn't drafted on SmackDown. So I had to sit there in the room, people getting picked all around me, people who aren't on my level, people who, you know, are talented, but they're not Grayson Waller talented. So I was I was annoyed. I was hot. I was not happy with the whole situation. And then I ended up getting picking the last pick. Mr. Irrelevant, if you want to you know, use NFL terms, I was Mr. Irrelevant, which is ironic because there's nothing irrelevant about Grayson Waller. <laughs> but that kind of put a chip on my shoulder in a lot of ways because I, I said, okay, you think I'm the last pick? Watch what happens. And I think I've exceeded any expectation that people had for me.
0: When, when you came over, did you think that they would bring over your show as well?
8: I was hoping so because I think, you know, especially on the main roster, it, it's wrestling, but it's entertainment. It's not just what's happening in the ring match-wise. Like, there's the entertainment portion. And I think what I showed with the Grayson Waller effect on NXT is that I'm a great middleman for that. If you have two people that don't like each other, put me in the middle. I'm happy to instigate as much as I can. If you want to bring a legend out, you know, Shawn Michaels was on my show before. If you want to bring in out a legend and reintroduce them to the audience and have, have someone start some trouble, I'm, I'm going to do that. So I hope they would. I thought they would, but I didn't know that it was going to be basically the same show. The sets, the same we still have the comments down the bottom. People say so many nice things about me during the show. So you got to make sure people can see that. Um, but I think it's the, the same vibe that it was in NXT, which in the past hasn't happened with the transition to the main roster. Right. A lot of times things gets changed up, and the NXT fans are upset because they're like, "Oh, this is what we liked." But I think this time there is no difference.
0: Yes. Nothing pisses me off more. Then we, we, we get emotionally invested in someone in NXT, and not only do they come up and they're different, they have a different name. It's like none of this happened? That yeah. I feel like that's insulting the audience. It's like if someone comes up, to use another analogy, like from AAA to the major leagues in baseball, mm-hmm. you can't just repackage the guy. That's the guy we fell in love with in the minors. Not to say that NXT is minor, but you get what I'm saying, right? You get called up. We want to we yeah. follow that guy you know, to the top, to, to the top, not, not change him.
8: No, I couldn't agree more. And that's something when I was a fan, I noticed the same thing. But the great thing about NXT now, and it's going gangbusters, the, the ratings are through the roof of that show, is there's more connection between NXT and the main roster. And you can even see it on Friday on SmackDown. Mello and, and Trick Williams were there. You know, Stax and Tony D were there. They're, they're implementing onto the show. The main roster is coming down to NXT. And the product that they're building in NXT is what they want to then use in the main roster. So those people who have, complained in the past that, oh, I like this, but then they brought me this. Now it's going to be a much smoother transition. And I think I'm a great example of that. I think Pretty Deadly are a great example of that. Zoe Stark is what you saw in NXT, it worked, and now it's going to work on the main roster.
0: Who's done the talk show better than anyone in the history of WWE, in the history of the business? There's been a few over the years, right? There's one that comes to mind, in, in my opinion, but I want to hear your answer. Who's been the best in this role?
8: I don't think there's any question that it's Roddy Piper.
0: All right, that was, and the I one. know yeah, he's, yeah.
8: he's kind of the first one. So sometimes it's a cop out to say that, but when I initially got the talk show, I watched a bunch of Piper's pits and like his ability to instigate and just his energy and vibe during them. I, I think it's untouched. Miz, you have to talk about too because he's done it for such a prolonged period, and it doesn't matter who he's in there with. Miz is always super entertaining, but I just don't think you can go past Roddy Piper.
0: That's the one, yeah. Piper's pit, iconic. Um, speaking of the Miz. Uh, so L.A. Knight gets gets a little bit of heat because people say he's ripping off Austin and, and The Rock. Yeah. You get a bit of heat because people say you're you're ripping off The Miz. Now, dare I say, it's one thing to be compared to those two legends. Liz, you know, he's a legend in his own right, but he's not quite the Austin. Do you get annoyed when people say you're ripping off The Miz?
8: I would get annoyed if The Miz sucked. Okay. Without comparing me to someone that sucks, fair enough. But The Miz is, is a multiple-time world champion. He's a WrestleMania main eventer. He's at a talk show. He's literally done it all. Why would I complain about people comparing me to him? And I can see the comparisons like we both did reality TV. You know, we're both very confident in ourselves. We both say how we feel and we have no no qualms about telling people that. So I can understand the comparisons. But I just think, especially people on Twitter, they just have no intelligence. So the easiest thing to do is, oh, this person's this person. Like, they just don't have the intelligence to see the difference between people.
0: I don't see it. I really don't at all. Other than the... Oh, the reality show thing, and you know you have like similar color hair. Like, I, I really don't see a lot of similarities between the two of you. I, I actually think you're way better on the microphone than he was when he came in, like this this early in your in your run in the main roster.
8: I think even microphone wise, I think we're different. Like, I, I say w- way wilder things than the Miz does. Mm-hmm. You know, especially online too. I have no shame going out there and instigating and saying the things that I shouldn't be saying. Like, I think I play with that line way more than the miz i think the miz is fantastic at what he does but i do something completely different have you received but who knows maybe i'm here now maybe maybe me and him you know one day you never know what's gonna happen that would be now.
0: fun uh, young guy coming up saying the things that you're saying especially about some of the older guys the the legends if you will what's uh, <laughs> what's the reception like backstage
6: well,
8: I, I'm in the locker room this time. So in NXT, you know, Bron Breaker kicked me out because I said some wild stuff about certain people. But uh, I I think people understand who I am and what I do. I think they've seen my stuff in NXT and who I've worked with before and they understand it. But that doesn't mean that they're going to be super polite to me and want me to be be around. And and, and I get that. I, I go in there fully knowing that. But what does it do for me going up to the main roster and shaking hands, and kissing babies and asking, oh, AJ Styles, can I please get a photo with you? Oh, you're my favorite. Like, I'm a wrestling fan. I grew up loving wrestling. Like AJ Styles, Shawn Michaels, these are my favorite wrestlers. But I'm on their level now. And it does nothing for me to still act like a fan. Like I would be embarrassed in myself if I made all this effort to get here and to get to where I am. And then I just want to be a fan of everyone. Like I just don't think that does anything for me. And I think that happens in MMA too. You see people who fight a legend and it's there and they don't put in the same performance. Mm. They don't want to put them down. They don't want to take them behind the shed, you know, put one in the head. I want to because I think the best respect I can show these legends is to go at them as hard as possible. I think I'm showing them respect in a different way.
0: Uh, and and I want to ask you about your uh, MMA fandom. I'm very interested in this, but uh, how did you find out that you were going to headline MSG in your Ooh. debut? Uh,
8: so I, I knew that Edge was going to be on the show. They kind of got announced the week before in Money in the Bank. So that that was already cool in itself. MSG to me, like I'm from Australia, but I understand the the venue in itself and you know the night before I, I think i found out maybe the day before that this was a match that could be happening and it could be the main event and this is my first back from my injury so i'm already stressing so i sat in my hotel room and i watched i watched reggie miller uh in msg highlights Come. that started fire me up really yeah no nah, you know that was it eight points in nine seconds nine and yeah. eight whatever it was yeah, like yeah. I, I was watching that and then uh watching connor and Eddie Alvarez and all the background of that in that venue. Like, and it just fired me up and it completely got me ready. So I had 24 hours and I was super nervous. But then once I started watching these people who have performed in that venue and lived up to expectations, like I felt 100% ready to go.
0: So that's why you, you did the hands behind the back in honor of, of Connor against Eddie Alvarez at MSG?
8: 100%, because I've always been a huge Connor fan because he is who he is. You know, I, I, I love that he says what he has to say. I think Connor's a professional wrestler. He might not be in a professional wrestling ring, but everything about him is professional wrestler. The way he talks, the way he moves, the way he he builds his fights, he's a professional wrestler. He'll never admit it. You know, he does the Vince walk and everything. Um, <laughs> but that whole story, I loved watching the video because so many people were talking about how Eddie Alvarez was going to expose him. They're like, oh, this is it. He's going up a weight class. There's no hope. And I love people discounting. And he went in there and it was it was easy. He did it easy. So that's why I was like, I want to show a little bit of respect to someone I, uh, I look up to and, and did the little hands behind the back thing.
0: Do you think of that in the moment or did you think you, you know, like, did you kind of plan that moment beforehand?
8: I didn't really plan it beforehand. It just kind of, I it kind of felt it. You know, like I look across and that's Edge. Edge yeah. is a Hall of Famer. And this is, he, t- uh, a few people said to me before the show, like, enjoy the moment. So when I looked across the edge and I was like, I'm going to take this moment in and then I'm going to get to work. And that's just what I felt at that at that moment. And it's kind of cool. that like, Looking back, I'm glad I did it.
0: Uh, are you happy with that debut match?
8: Not at all. No, not at all. I understand Like people backstage were happy. People online thought it was a good match. But for me, I'd been out of the ring for eight weeks, even longer. And I hadn't been able to train at all because of my schedule. I, we were in London. We were here. We were here. So I just felt that I wasn't at my best. I felt that that was Grayson Waller at 60%. and I'm not here to be good. I'm here to be great. So that, that watching that match back was hard, but now that I'm starting to get back to hundred percent healthy, like I, I'm going to improve on that performance. And if I ever get in there with edge again, like I'm putting him down for good.
0: What was it like when you walked back and, and went through grill? Like was there someone in particular that, uh, said something to you? Is there a moment? Is there an interaction first time walking back as a main roster guy? Is there, is there something that sticks out that you'll yeah. always remember?
8: Yeah. Michael Hayes told me that it's all downhill from here, (laughs) (laughs) which, you know, he's not wrong. I had, you know, John Cena in O2 Arena the week before. There's a lot happening at once. But to be honest, it was so such an emotional roller coaster. Like after it just, you stress about it so much. You think about it so much and it just happens so quickly. It feels like it's second. So it it was, it was cool having some of my friends that are up there coming over and saying congratulations, welcome back, those type of things. But the one that'll stick with me is Michael Hayes telling me, "Uh, it's all downhill from here."
0: And so let me ask you about uh, London. Uh, I was there. I saw it with my own eyes. I felt it. Like I said, it felt like you were a 20-year vet going toe-to-toe, verbally sparring with John Cena. Is is, is that surreal for you? Like you have a moment there where you're like, "Holy crap! I can't believe I'm in here and I'm I, like I'm up here, and it doesn't look like I'm." I'm, I'm, I'm not on his level. Like I'm, I'm floundering in this moment. What is going on in your mind as, as you are just verbally sparring John Cena, the legend?
8: The weird thing is, is I, I felt like I'd been there before because I put a lot of work into what I do. I work very, very hard. So if you don't think I've, I've thought about what I would say to John Cena, if I stood across from him, like I've thought about that many times. It's very funny. Myself and Carmelo Hayes, actually a few weeks before had talked about it. Like if you were ever in there with Cena and he came at you, because we've all seen before, Cena goes in on people. He doesn't hold back. Like he's going to tell you what he thinks. And, and I love that about him. I think, I think he is like the measuring stick on the microphone and he tests people. You see kind of what he did with theory earlier in the year. I think he was testing theory the way he talked to him and, and put it on him. So I've thought about that moment so many times. And when I went out there, I felt completely comfortable. Like I've thought about being across from you. Your music's not going to scare me. Like you standing here is not going to scare me though like this is this is where I belong and that's the attitude I kind of bring into these things and I think that's why I look so comfortable I work hard so that nights like that are easy for me they're they're the nights I get to enjoy
0: so you said that like you're not so happy with the edge match because you were a little rusty happy with that interaction
8: <clears throat> I, I I guess so yeah i I don't think I'm ever happy with anything I do but like I think I showed a lot of people who I was because I know online people would complain like, oh, oh, he's just a talk show host now because people didn't know I was hurt. And they're like, oh, what's he even doing? He doesn't belong there. And then all of a sudden now everyone switches and goes 180 because fans are so easy to you know, change. And now they're like, oh, wow, he's so good. And it's like, get off the bandwagon. I don't need you guys on my side. Like I knew I was that good, but I think I proved myself not only to people online, but like to the people backstage because no one knew John was there. So I'm walking around all day and people are kind of like, why is what's he here the smackdown crew flew home yesterday and i was oh you know just hanging out and then obviously there was a <laughs> wow someone hiding in the halls of the o2 arena
0: that is incredible uh and the crowd like they were eating up everything that you were saying obviously didn't love everything that you were saying but it was just a tremendous <laughs> back and forth so a lot of credit to you for that could i ask you uh, why did you want to become a pro wrestler like what made you fall in love with all of this and this life
8: I, I always loved it since I was little, which a lot of people kind of say like, and I, I don't know what it is about it. I think it's just such a perfect mix of so many different things. Um, there was a time in my life when I was, you know, turned 18 where I got deep into the UFC and then I changed my mind. I wanted to be an MMA fighter. I went and trained for three, four years. I trained with Rob Whittaker. Probably doesn't remember me because he used to beat me up every, every day. Um, but then it, I just didn't have the passion for it. I didn't love it. Like it was fun. But I think with MMA you have to be all in. If you're not all in, it can get really dangerous. So I just knew it wasn't for me. And then when I finally went and started wrestling properly, I was like, "This is it was day one. I knew this is this is what I wanted to do." Because it's the wrestling part is fun. I love getting hit. I love hitting people. But then I love to entertain. I love to say really mean things to people. That's one of my favorite things to do. I don't know if you saw over the weekend. I ripped Bingo from Bluey in front of that crowd. That that was that brings like so much joy to my heart. Seeing how sad that guy was that his balloon got popped. Um, <laughs> So it's just something about wrestling where it has so many different aspects to it that, that I enjoy and I can kind of do a full performance if that makes sense. Yeah,
0: I, I knew you were a big MMA fan. I, I didn't know that you've actually trained in MMA and you trained with Rob Whitaker. Wow, how long did you train with him?
8: I think I trained for him about three, four years. So he, he's from the same area. Yeah, he's the same area as me. He was a Shire boy in Sydney. So we had mutual friends growing up. So like in high school, I knew of him. Uh, and then I started training with him a little bit and obviously he was... He was the guy at that time Um, and kind of everyone already knew how good he was It just like he hadn't had the opportunities uh, that he would get later in his career. So it's always great seeing Rob killing it because I feel like, you know, when I was 18, he used to punch my head in and and be really nice afterwards and give me advice. Like he's always been such a good bloke, uh, which he didn't need to be with how talented he was.
0: Were you shocked by that result against Trigger's Duplessis?
8: Yeah, that, that was a rough one. That was, so that was the night after Madison Square Garden. I stayed in New York for the night to watch the fights and uh, I don't know. And I've heard Rob say some stuff online about how it was kind of a wake up call he needed. And maybe that's the thing because you guys, the guy's got a big family. Like he's yes. a busy boy. Like it's it's hard to commit hundred percent like you did when you were 22, 23 and had no obligations. Now he's got his family. He's got his wife. I'm sure he's got a lot going on. So it's hard to have that same level of commitment, but I think that fight will just bring out the best in him. And I, I'd be very worried if I was the next guy Rob's fighting.
0: So did you ever actually fight? Did you have any amateur fights?
8: No, I, I I trained a bunch and I did like, you know, we would do like sparring, big sparring nights and things like that. But it was just, I just knew in my heart that I, I had to give a hundred percent. Like I had a job at the time I was doing uni, like I was, I was half in and with MMA, you can't be half in because that's mm. how people get hurt. So I always kind of did it more as a hobby than anything, stay fit.
0: Okay. So this is like 15 or so years ago, right? Mm.
8: Yeah, quite a while. Like, so I was like between eighteen and twenty-two. Right. Um. So, but I, but I got a little bit of knowledge. So if I ever get in there with you know uh, Julius Creed's down here, he's a big amateur guy, and uh, we got uh, Gable Stevenson now. So if I ever jump in there and they try and shoot a double leg, like they get the double leg, but at least I fight like just a little bit. Yeah, like yeah. I have that half second of oh, and then yeah. Gable dumps me on my head.
0: So uh, then, curious, why did it take so long for you to get to WWE? Mm-hmm.
8: Well, I started training. I didn't start training until I was 25, which is very rare kind of in in wrestling. But I was out living my life. I lived in the States doing things. Like I got my uni degree as a teacher. I did all these things. And then once I started training, that was it. That was my full focus. And with the Australian scene, it can be very hard to get noticed. Like There's some really talented Australian wrestlers, but it's super difficult for people to see you and give you the opportunities because we're so far away. So lucky for me, I got seen on the right night and and got brought here. But people didn't know; people had no idea who I was on any level at the performance center. So uh, I just had to keep working my ass off till people paid attention. And if that didn't work, I just said really uh, inappropriate things until people paid attention.
0: What, what kind of a teacher did you want to be?
8: Oh, oh, actually, I was a history English teacher for about six years. Wow, that's amazing. Wh- yeah, wh- people don't believe <laughs> people don't believe that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is. And uh, how old were your students? Like what grades?
8: So for my first, I was mostly a sub because I, I I did it on the side. Even when I was wrestling, it was like my my job on the side. Uh, so originally I taught like kindergarten, like elementary kids, like little kids, which was wow. super fun. Uh, but then eventually I went up to the high school kids, like 10, 11, 12th grade. Any of those kids know
0: what you do now? Do you, like, do you ever hear from them?
8: Yeah. every I, On Instagram all the time, I'll have some mild students reaching out, that type of thing, which is, I think it's cool for them to see because they... I hid that I was a wrestler for so long, but then I would always be coming into work. Like, I'm a high school teacher. I'm coming with a black eye, or I've got a sling on one week. And I'm, there's only so many times you can say, oh, I was playing basketball with the boys on the weekend before right. they, you know, kids are, kids are smart. They worked it out. And, uh, but then they, were, they all loved it. You know, some of them thought it was silly, but a lot of them thought it was cool that their teacher was a wrestler. I'm sure if I was in high school, my teacher was a wrestler, like that would have been the best day of my life.
0: Yeah. Tremendous. And then you were on Survivor Australia, which to me sounds like, like hell. I, like, there's, there's no. <laughs> There's nothing I would rather do less than go on Survivor. How was it for you?
8: It, I always told people it sucked. It was It was horrible. It was the best like, life experience I've ever had, but it was a terrible experience at the time because I was trying to work out, how do I get people in wrestling to know who I am? Because mm-hmm. no one knows Australian wrestlers. So I was like, I'm going to go on reality TV. So I ended up going on Survivor, and it was fun. I loved the challenges. The challenges were fun. I got to talk a bunch of trash, like do all that thing. But then there's there's no food it's cold like everything you see is real people think that like survivors kind of oh you go stay in a hotel no we were just left on the beach all night like freezing cold with no food so it wasn't the most fun experience but it was a great life experience i'm glad i did it um but i don't know if i'd ever do it again
0: do you think that if you don't do that you don't get to
8: wwe i don't know if if that necessarily but i think it gave me a lot of confidence coming out of it because people started to know who i was and i got very lucky the night i got signed we had a tournament called the coliseum tournament there's a company in australia called pwa it's the biggest company in australia that's where i trained and i ended up winning the tournament over two nights and canyon seaman at the time was the uh, uh was the recruit from wwe and he got to see me so i don't think if i did survive i might not have been you know the winner of the tournament with all that hype behind me maybe he doesn't see me the same way and then maybe i'm not here so I think a lot of things kind of fit into place um, for me at that time.
0: Okay. Um, I hope you don't mind me mentioning this, uh, but when we first met in Los Angeles... uh, you you When I beat you
8: in darts, right? When I beat you in darts?
0: I sort of threw it. I was doing a gimmick where I suck at darts. I'm actually really good at it, but I wanted the wrestlers to beat me for the video. Ah. So I was sort of... I was working.
8: I didn't see the video. Okay. I was working.
0: Um, Anyway, you mentioned... You mentioned Chael P. Sonnen being uh, someone that you've really enjoyed. C- could I ask about your uh, admiration of Chael, especially on the microphone?
8: You know, I'm, I've always been someone who, who, who likes the bad guys. I don't see any value in good guys. They bore me. And, you know, <laughs> ever since he, you know, he, he beat Anderson Silva in that fight, you know, 4-1, four, four rounds to one. That was such an incredible performance. Um, but I think Chael's another one who is, he's a pro wrestler. Yes, he was an MMA fighter, an amateur wrestler, all these things, but he was a professional wrestler. He went out there and he said whatever he had to say to get people in, invested. You would know, like, his early fl- fights, no one was paying attention because he would just take people down and, and, and hold them there and they'd have not be able to get up. So people weren't really excited. Then all of a sudden, he starts saying things about Brazil. He starts going off at Anderson. He starts saying all these things. And I loved it. Ch- Charles Sutton is my kind of MMA fighter. My first favorite MMA fighter was Josh Koshek for the wow. exact same reason. Like, he just was who he was. And he wasn't apologetic, but he also knew what he was doing. He was drawing people in. And, 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 and I love that type of vibe. So, Chow, Chow, Chow's a hero of mine. Like, when I, you had him on recently and he, you mentioned um, me to him, that was like the coolest thing ever. I got all the respect in the world for Chow.
0: That is awesome. Yeah. He told me he's going to be a fan of yours, as uh, did Connor after I uh, posted the thing. And he was like, tell me about this Grayson Waller. He seems like a good guy, all that. So, now you got two pretty big legends following you. No problem, by yeah, the way. You're the welcome thing, like, for that. No, Don't mention it, okay?
8: <laughs> no, no. I've got the Ariel Hawani rub. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, I envision, like, I don't know. I'm, I don't think I'm that far off getting world title matches. And, and when I do that, like, I've always enjoyed, like, the MMA vibe of having people walk you out. Oh. If Chow's ever available. I'd love to have Chow walk me out. And Connor, like, he could walk me out, but I, I, I genuinely think grayson waller and conor mcgregor as a tag team at a wrestlemania is something that that could happen i think conor is gonna find his way to wwe in some way and i think i'm the perfect person to help him with that like wow. put me in with you bro i got no problem doing that and i think i think that's something that's gonna happen
0: you know I, th- my next question was just gonna be if you think that conor will end up in wwe you you've, everyone seems to have an opinion on this you 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 think he does
8: i think 100 i know i know online he says never and he, he doesn't like wrestling and he, and he says those things but he there's too much money to be made and you know you can only fight for so long and, and he's another guy who has so much happening in his life it's hard to commit 100 to to the fight game but for wrestling there's, there's people who do it part-time look at logan paul logan paul is a part-time guy but he's really really good at what he does and he's great to watch he He's making waves. He's wrestling at WrestleManias, and I think Connor could do the exact same.
0: And especially now that you're going to be under the same umbrella, feels like it's easier than ever to make it happen.
8: Very much so. And I think all he would need is that one night. And I think you get the bug. And I think Logan got the bug. Like I think at first he was just doing that as a bit of fun on the side, and then he was like, "This is really, really fun. Like I love doing this." So maybe not as much at Money in the Bank when he was going through ladders, but I think yeah. the other matches, uh, Logan's loving it, and I think Connor just needs to, to jump in and. I'm more than happy to be the guy that brings him in. Uh, Who? Okay, so you
0: said that you would love for one of those guys to walk you out. If you could walk out one MMA fighter,
8: who would it be? I think right now it's got to be one of the Aussies. It's got to be Volk. I'm a huge Volkanovski fan. Um, What he's doing right now for Australian MMA is like another level. Like he's he's the best pound-for-pound fighter in the entire world, and he's from Australia, and he's doing it easy. So I love watching what he's doing. I would love to come out with him. He's from a similar area to me as well. Um, I know a few years ago, uh, he was, I think him and Sehudo were supposed to have a fight. Okay, yeah. Sehudo was doing stuff with AEW. So Volkanovsky actually talked to the school PWA that I was from about maybe coming in for a show, doing some stuff so he could kind of build oh, wow. to the Sahuto fight. Uh, but it never came through. So I was really just because I was supposed to actually do some work with him. Um, but now let's, we can just do that on a bigger stage now.
0: So I saw, it was the day of that fight, July 8th, you went to Yankee Stadium, you were rocking the Volks t-shirt, right? So that's your guy. Yeah, Number one, yeah. is he your favorite right now?
8: Right now, he's my favorite, just because uh, I love representing my country. You know, every time I go out and wrestle, I have the Australian flag all over me, and I think Volk's doing the same right now for the Australian MMA scene. So uh, any, any Australian like that, I'm fully supportive of him. Like Tito Ivasa, I'm a big fan of too. He's from my area. I guess it's all the Sydney boys, you know, West of Sydney boys taking over. Um, but I'm doing the shoey too. And that's something that like, you know, I saw him doing and I was like, I love doing that. I think that's Australian culture, how ridiculous the shoey is. So now I just need to bring it to WWE. And so I haven't got a main roster shoey in yet, but it's coming. Wait, so the, your shoey came from seeing Ty do it? 100%. There was Ty and like uh, Daniel Ricardo's. So yeah. Like, I think that is Australian culture. And I was like, I remember I said to Shawn Michaels, I was like, hey, Shawn, um, I'm thinking of doing a, a shoey. And he just blankly looked at me, obviously. And I was like, oh, "It's like it's a Australian cultural thing where you put like beer in your shoe and you drink it." And I think because I said "cultural," he didn't want to offend me, so ah. he just said, "Yeah, you can do whatever you want." Uh, so that's my new plan now. So if uh, anyone ever asks, I, like, oh, it's, it's my culture. It's yeah, all my yeah, culture. Yeah.
0: But by the way, like you do it with new <laughs> shoes, like some, like what Ty does is disgusting. He has people spitting it and all this crap. You don't do that, right? Like you seem like yeah, no, no.
8: I it's my shoe. I do do it from my shoe, and sometimes I have to put it back on. Um, but the whole spitting in it thing—that—that that was never something that me and me and my mates done. I think that's just Ty trying to take it to another <laughs> level, and he—he he can have that. That can be his lane. He can go do do the spit in the shoe. So you used to do this legit as a kid? Not as a kid, but I think when Ty started doing it, it started becoming a thing. Okay. So when I was actually wrestling independently in like 2017, I started doing the shoey on the indies. Oh, so there's photos of me like six years ago doing it and uh, still doing it now but now we're, we're making it a thing we're making sure because the americans are very confused they yes. really don't understand what's going on they just kind of let us let us go because we're stupid australians uh have you
0: been to a ufc event or any mma event
8: <clears throat> i have I, so i went to the original one in sydney i think it was ufc 110 which was Velasquez wow. and the guerra yeah you were at that which one. was yeah i was at that one that was big and i remember because at the time george Sotoropoulos was like he was our aussie guy yeah and i remember the whole crowd chanting for him that type of thing and they were fun because they were at, they were like on Sunday morning at like ten AM. So we would go out at like eight AM and start drinking beers to go and watch the fights at like in the morning. Uh, and then rec- most recently, I went to the UFC down in Miami. I live in Orlando, so I drove down to go watch Izzy fight. Uh, I've always wanted to see Izzy fight live, and that fight against Pereira that was a that was a banger to go and watch. That was a lot of fun. Who
0: are you rooting for in that one?
8: Izzy, a hundred percent. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm team Izzy. He's in with Volk and all those guys, so I know he's not Australian, but. You know, New Zealand's close enough. We kind of just claim each other most yeah, times. Yeah,
0: yeah, for the most part. Uh, that was a tremendous card. UFC 110. Miracle Krokop against Anthony Parosh. Remember that? Parosh taking that yes. fight on like five days notice. And then I
8: remember, I don't know if it was that one. Was, the next one was 126 with BJ Penn and 127. Mark Hunt. 127, and then yeah. Mark Hunt. That was like one of Mark Hunt's first fights. Was it Chris Teixeira? Yes. Big, fat, blonde guy. Yes, I was there. And Mark Hunt. He was Brock
0: Lesnar's, uh, that, that that's the only one I've been to in Sydney. Yeah. He was Brock Lesnar's training partner, and that was Hunt's first win because he lost to Sean McCorkle in his debut at 119, and everyone thought he sucked. Comes out, and then he knocks him out, and uh, BJ Penn and John Fitch fought to a draw in the main yeah, event.
8: Yeah, the, the, the main event main event really brought the crowd down because you know a lot of times for the Aussies, we want to see the Aussies fight. You know that's kind of what right. we're there for so uh but i remember mark hunt winning that fight and we were all big i don't know how you can't be a fan of mark hunt just this big samoan bloke just knocking people's heads off so as soon as he did that and then he went on a run yes. after. that was such a cool thing that he he could have got his contract bought out but decided not to and said no nah, no nah, i'm gonna fight my way and then ended up winning i think that's like a very australian thing to go out and go no nah, no nah, nah, I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna show you what i can do were you at that car too I was at that one too. Oh yeah, my
0: God. we were in the same building. We were. To, I, I might have bumped to
8: you. I said hello, but you just you were too big no, for me back then. Yeah, so now, true. now you're coming to me. That's true. That's true.
0: That's a good point. Um, and then, of course, I'd be remiss if I don't ask you. I mean, the biggest question in them all: is there like some? Is there something happening between you and Dwayne Johnson? What is going on here? The back and forth again. Like you're hanging there. Like what is happening? He's sending you messages. You're What's what's going on over here? Is there a seed?
8: Look, SummerSlam is always a big show and uh, next week we're in we're in Detroit for SummerSlam. That's a big show. And I think all of a sudden people start seeing what I can do for these legends. Like I think Grayson Wall is on the leg- WWE Legend Rehabilitation Program right now. If you're a WWE Legend, it's hard, you know, Twitter, Instagram, you don't know how to go on the socials, come and talk to me. I'll make you relevant again. And I think he saw me do that with John Cena. He saw me do it with Edge. And I think right now, like he's out of work right now. He's unemployed, correct? I—I I mean,
0: I—I I don't keep up with his—his uh, his diary, but yes. But I mean, I don't know if he has a movie.
8: But, but you know, we're, we're on strike, right? All oh, the actors right. Are on that's strike. right.
0: That's right. That's right. Yes, that's right.
8: So technically, he's unemployed, and—and and I think he needs some work. And who better to—to to help the Rock than Grayson Wallace? So I just sent out a little video. I didn't even tag him, mind you. So people who think oh, I was clout chasing—I didn't even tag him. All of a sudden, he's coming back with the same insults he's been using for 15 years, you know. It, 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 was, it was funny because I was like, oh, I remember when I was 15 and thought you were funny. Like, that was really, really cool. Um, but there's now an open invitation for the Grayson Waller effect. If he wants to come on the show, you know, I know he's, he's, his daughter's in a cult right now on NXT and uh, his family's in shambles on the main show, but he seems to be worried about Grayson Waller. So I think we have to do something about it because there's so, so many legends in town for SummerSlam, Ariel. I heard The Undertaker might be in town um, for SummerSlam. I heard whispers about Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'm hearing all these names being thrown around. And uh, for some reason, they, they all want to come find me. So if there's a legend in town that you know, wants to talk to Grayson Waller, I, I'm open to it.
0: So there's a chance the Rock, Grayson
8: Waller, Grayson Waller effect at SummerSlam. You think this is a possibility? It's not up to me. I think that's up to the Rock. Like, Mm. and and he can make any claims or a better busy schedule, but I know you don't have a busy schedule now, lad. (laughs) Like you wake up at 4am to work out. You're done by about 6am. You got a whole day free and I'll I'll make my, I'm open the whole day. You know, you can get your workout in, whatever it is. I'm open and he can say whatever he wants to me. And I, and and I think that would be a lot of fun, but we'll see if, uh, if Dwayne has anything to say. Okay. Wow. Um, by the way, do you have a match at SummerSlam? No match on SummerSlam. Grayson Wall's too talented to wrestle. You know, I'm going to be there. I'm there for the tryout during the week, that type of thing. But uh I'll, I'll be hanging around the day of, and who knows who's going to turn up. Money in the Bank, John Cena turned up. That's right. So, you know, they're always surprises to me too. Uh, two last ones.
0: Poirier Gaethje, who do you have?
7: Yeah.
8: These are the kind of fights where I don't think win and loss doesn't matter. Yeah. Because you know it's going to be such a fun fight. But I just have – I love Gaethje just because he – he he could be such a good wrestler and really take people down and, and that type of thing. But he just loves to go out there and, and and bang and fight for the fans and that's always really cool. And Poirier, you know, he cheated and broke my boy Connor's leg, so I can't be ce- I can't be celebrating him. So I got to go Team Gaethje. Okay, and then uh, Diaz Paul. Oh. see, this is one. So I, I got to train with Logan. Maybe about six months ago, he wanted to work with Shawn Michaels. And Sean, Sean, Sean ain't taking bumps no more. So Sean brought me in to work with Logan. Okay. And I know people don't like Logan. I personally do like him, but that dude is a natural talent. His athleticism is just so natural. And I think I've never met Jake, but I, but I assume the same. And Nate's looking a bit slow right now. So I'm, I'm going to put my money on Jake Paul. I, I, I don't want to do it, but I, I just think he's so naturally talented and, and athletic that I, I don't know if Nate's going to be able to keep up with him.
0: Okay, fair enough. Uh, by the way, I lied. I had one more, and I don't want to put you in an awkward spot. I don't want to make it uncomfortable, but – and you could whisper it, or you we could take it off the line, the answer. But how much – if you could just tell us, how much did uh, Dylan Dennis pay you for that photo that you guys took? Cause <laughs> there's no way in hell that an A-lister like you is mm-hmm. taking a photo with a jobber like him and posting it on your feed. That, to me, was the most shocking part. Like Usually, you just keep that in the you know private file, but you actually put – so how much was that transaction, if you could just tell us?
8: Hey, you- you got to think about this, Ariel. You know, I I, I love messing with people online. Mm. I love it. There's mm. nothing that's more fun than that. What is more bad guy than posting a photo with Dylan Dennis? God, that's
0: that's that's X pac heat. That's the wrong kind of heat. I don't know if you want that heat. Yeah, let's change the channel, heat. You know what I mean? Just <laughs>
8: hey, they ain't changing the channel on me. I I you know he he was backstage. You know he, he's coming around asking everyone for photos, and I was mm. like, I've got to get a photo with Dylan Dennis. That's the that's a that's an MMA legend you're talking oh, so. about, right? <laughs> he is. He doesn't even fight. How many how many people are getting mentioned on your show and they don't even fight right. at all? He doesn't even fight. So he, he's doing something right, I guess. There's a few of those flops. I don't know if you have you seen Chase Demore. Yeah. He's that the boxing guy. He did a W tryout recently. That's another flop. I, I want to see Chase Demore versus Dylan Dallas. Like, that, just that's that's the one you want. Trying to, yeah, it's just two idiots who don't know how to fight, just trying to fight each other. I think I'm paying good money. I'll pay $70 to watch that fight happen.
0: By the way, I like it. Now You went from posting him on your feed to calling him an idiot.
8: Yeah, you know, that's what Grayson Moore does. I, I actually don't have any friends. That's why I'm sitting here alone right now. Right. You know, <laughs> I ain't got no friends. It's me and my dog, and that's about it.
0: And you got a sweet poster behind you, though, or whatever that is. That's I tremendous. Do.
8: So, this is the funny story about this. I, I'm, I'm assuming you know Fit Finley. Of course, legend. Yeah, so he, he's a coach at the PC and very, very close, helped me a lot. And uh, earlier in the year, he pulled me aside. He gave me a bit of a serious talk, looking like maybe I'm going to the main roster. And he told me, uh, he goes, you need to get in there with these people and act like you're Muhammad Ali. You need to believe in yourself. And he told me about this photo. Obviously, I've seen it. But he was like, you need to stand there above them and show that you're better than them. So as soon as he told me that, I took that to heart. And I actually went and bought this and put it up in my house. So every day, I think about the fact that I need it act like I'm Muhammad Ali, like when I go in there I need to feel like I'm the best, not just say it Is that why you wear the
0: boxing trunks?
8: Uh, that, that's part of it, the boxing trunks are mainly because I want to look different I want to, I want to stand out and uh, I, I think the boxing trunks make me stand out, you can have a bit of fun, but my actual character is is based more on Prince Nassim, oh, wow. that was the first guy that really? I watched, I, you know, the leopard print and all those things, like he was, he was Connor and Chael before Connor and Chael I think Prince Nassim was like the OG like trash talker flashy fighter like you can even see the way I move in the ring it's very Prince Nassim. that's cuz I watch his fights all the time
0: Oh I love that and I love the thing that you do with your knees the up and down thing there yeah. that's fun Did you is it Yeah
8: yeah it's,
0: Go ahead no I was just wondering if you copied someone for that or you came up with that on your own
8: So, so that's a, I don't know if you know there's a guy Chris Hero uh yeah. in, former WWE Cassius I know. Uh, but when I was a fan, on I used to love watching Chris Hero. And he had this this period in, in, in his career where he didn't even wrestle. He would just do tricks, which I loved. And he used to do the lunges all the time. And so when I was on the indies, I just started doing it. And uh, it just kind of stuck. So that's a, that's a little shout out for Chris Hero.
0: Well, you are killing it, my friend. And um, you, you got a, a Mattel doll, right? A, an action figure, I think is the better name for it. Action figure, not doll. Maybe that's...
8: Well, I don't care. Like, I'm not gonna they're gonna give me one anyway. I'm not gonna buy it. I'm not a nerd. I'm no. not gonna sit around with like action figures around my studio. Like, can you imagine <laughs> doing that? Can you imagine being an adult with like with a child, but you have toys around? Like that's that I would never do anything like that. But I know you wouldn't either. No,
0: no. I was gonna say it would look nice in the studio, but um, you know, maybe we can, you know, maybe we can rethink that. Uh congratulations on all your success. I love the MMA ties, I love the boxing trunks, I love what you're doing on the microphone in the ring. It's a lot of fun to watch and, um, you know, again, you know, now that you got Chael and Connor following your career, I'm invested as well because I don't want to steer them wrong. I don't want to tell them like, oh, this is the guy, buy stock in this guy, you know, metaphorically speaking. And then so please continue to make me look good by, you know, raising the bar and leveling up.
8: Don't you've, you've chosen the right horse, I promise you. And uh, the next time you're at W show, don't be afraid to come up like I'm happy to sign anything you Appreciate. need, like. I've got you. Thank you, Grayson.
0: All the best to you, my friend. Take care. Good luck at SummerSlam. Appreciate
8: it, brother. Thank you, brother. See there, you soon, Dwayne.
0: Yeah, there, <laughs> there he is, Grayson Waller. Uh, yes, SummerSlam, August 5th on Peacock. Uh, definitely check that out. And that's going to be a busy night. Uh, Corey Sanhagen. That's another thing that happened since we last spoke. Corey Sanhagen uh, going up against Rob Font. Uh, that was supposed to be Umar and Jake Paul and Nathan Diaz and SummerSlam. Unfortunately, I won't be at SummerSlam. People are asking me if I'll be at SummerSlam. I won't be at SummerSlam. I am going to be at the uh, Paul Diaz fight, but I do have another Ariel Meets that is coming out that week with someone who is going to be a part of SummerSlam for TNT Sports. So do check that out. That is a really good one that I'm very excited about. How great was Grayson Waller, guys? Did you enjoy that?
2: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Rick is, Rick is smitten back
3: here over him. Smitten Rick? Smitten Rick. Wow. He got
1: a smile from ear to ear back
3: here. Tell us. I, tell us. I like the cut of his jib, but once you drop Prince Nassim, that's that that's is, when you become one of my guys. You know, Prince Nassim was the guy for me.
0: And and, and now you know, like, he's legit. Like, when you're
3: dropping oh, yeah. Prince Nassim I, as an inspiration. Sure, but I mean, when you train with Robert Whittaker, that's probably enough of a Yo, I didn't crossing know of the threshold for me, you know?
0: Four years with Robert Whittaker? I just thought Legit. he was a fan. I just thought he was an MMA fan. I didn't know he actually trained with Robert Whitaker. Wow. I Breaks wonder if down. Robert remembers yeah. that. He says he doesn't, th- but like maybe someone later on said, you remember that guy? He's now this guy, right? I mean, yeah. four years is a long time. It's not like one session.
3: Breaks down Dylan Dennis' legend status. Like the guy's <laughs> got the got the uh, the guts. He goes, he goes
0: back and forth, you know, like the, yeah. he's making fun of me with the toys. Uh, no, he is, he is unbelievable on the mic. And I love like the cocky laugh. Um and and The Rock did respond, I mean everyone's trying to get The Rock's attention. He did so. And and by the way, like how much do you think Dylan actually paid for the photo? What do you guys think? It was like a
2: cameo thing? <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. I'm I'm more concerned about the shirt. I got to give Dylan some props. The HBO boxing shirt. Oh, I
0: thought you meant his shirt. Wasn't he wearing? Wasn't that like a Versace or something?
2: Oh, the shirt he was wearing just now. Hmm. It was something nice, man. With the ropes on him. It actually Dylan was conor not really know what shirt he's wearing. You you mean like the significance, the
0: historical Yeah, like
1: I asked him about a t-shirt and he was like, I don't know what you're talking about.
0: The NWO one?
1: It was the Apex Twin one. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. What are you talking about? He came on with NWO. Or you yeah, mean like a shirt he I wore? I asked a... him about a shirt that he
0: wore previously. previously was like, oh,
1: then. you're a big Apex Twin fan. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, all right, then. Is
0: there anything worse? than so- What is that, a band? See, I actually a so musician. Don't. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, is there anything worse than someone who wears a T-shirt
1: of a band that right. doesn't know the band? So I suspect he doesn't know what NWO is or HBO or boxing.
0: HBO boxing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I
1: saw him at a store and was like, "Yeah, yeah I'll buy these.
0: This looks cool." Um, well, that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that immensely. I'm still, I'm still steaming over the uh, the accusation that I called Tom Paul. By the way.
1: Yeah, he emailed us actually. Fuck. Let me see if you wrote
0: me. Let me see. Paul at Mm-mm-mm. No, nothing. Mm-mm. No, there's nothing. There's nothing here. This is
2: all I fuck off.
0: <laughs> Has no one clipped it yet? No, no one's clipped it. Please don't clip it. No one clip it. If you by the way, if you clip it, I'm blocking you. So How do we clip it. the thing that doesn't if you, exist? If you clip it, I am blocking you. I just want to give you that ah. warning. Um well that was a lot of fun. Uh enjoyed chatting with Grayson and um We do have to recap, unfortunately, the weekend that was as far as uh, betting is concerned. But first. Good job. uh, I wanted to see, are there any matches so far for SummerSlam? Oh, Cody Rhodes against Brock Lesnar. Seth Rollins against Finn Balor. Tremendous. Asuka, Charlotte Flair versus Bianca. And uh, Roman Reigns versus... Jey Uso. Wow. Tribal combat for the undisputed universal championship and recognition of tribal chief. That's a big one, man. If I miss Roman Reigns losing, finally, that would be a bummer.
2: Anyway, guys, uh, what's so funny over there? Everything okay? N- yeah, no, nothing. All right, watching back earlier part of the show. Ah, uh, fuck off! I mean, this is no one's posted anything. No, I no, know. no. You were just making me question myself. Yes, a hundred percent. Never that happened. Was good work by you. It was good work by you. It didn't happen.
1: Back and to the left.
2: In any event, um, UFC
0: London in the books, and it was a solid weekend.
2: Yeah. Solid weekend. And my say. voice went up there because it was like kind of a question. Uh, well, I mean, we'll start with the the, the Parlay Pals. Mm. I mean, Frank, Rick. Well, mm. JC carrying the weight.
1: What does the red mean?
2: Mm. How many it's times, times have I time. been the lone dissenter? Yeah, I want to say this is only like the second or third time this has yeah. happened to you. Listen, I tried to extend the olive branch. Uh,
0: obviously, she has bigger issues than, you know, me picking her in the parlay but uh let it be known there's there's no there's no hard feelings there's you know just because i'm a forest guy and you know it's all good but
2: uh yeah i could you know i should have gone with larone murphy that was the one that i felt that 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 would have been a great one he looks fantastic out there uh so yeah, unfortunately, Parlay Powell's back in the uh, back in boys. the L column. Uh, yes, boys. Sorry, respect to Pena there. Uh, but I think we can bounce back this week. We got some boxing. I, I know you love love to take some boxing action. We got some uh, 291. I, I feel good about it. Uh, to UFC London, though. Good week. Good week. Uh, not going to lie. Uh, again, a rare week where I came one short. Of the clean sweep, I took the panty Kianzad by decision. That is the that is the lone loser for the week. Still got in a Way tomorrow morning, uh, so I will be up and watching that. Got a parlay that carries over this week as well, Bonfim. Uh, so overall, satisfying week. Up uh, just a smidge over five units. Still down 18 on the year, but uh, 59 overall. Uh, and can't complain. Fun card. Love to see Aspinall back. Uh, and yeah, we're moving on to UFC two ninety one. But before we do that, shout out a couple uh a couple big hitters. I have a ridiculous one that and i think really? guys will be uh interested to hear, yeah. What do we got? Da
0: da da, 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 da. Yeah.
2: All right, we start. King Gunk. Mark Rannigan. Five-team parlay for this guy. Had to put it in uh, Thursday morning or before because he goes, Tom Aspinall to win inside the distance, minus 325. Mahmoud Muradov, minus 325. D.K.C. Alvarez does not go to a decision, minus 225. Now here is where it gets interesting. Highpoint.com 400. Uh, over in NASCAR, he takes Denny Hamlin plus 500. This is all still enclosed into the same parlay. And then the last leg that hit yesterday early afternoon, Brian Harmon, shout out, dog, representing Georgia Well, to win the Open Championship plus 10,000. Uh, I guess he didn't think that the uh, parlay was boosted up enough, so he threw in Brian Harmon to win the Open Championship plus ten thousand there. That that gets his parlay to plus one hundred forty nine thousand five hundred eighty seven. Uh, so good news all around for our man King Gunk. The only bad news, he only put fifty cents on it. Still, fifty cents into seven hundred and forty eight dollars is uh, is not a bad deal. Jeez! Wow. I mean, the the parlaying up a minus 325 with a plus 10,000 is just like the craziest thing I've ever seen. Uh, but alas, it worked out for him. Uh, another one, our man Paul Craig. Had him on the show earlier. Paul Craig to win by knockout in round two, plus 2,500. And Paul Craig to win by knockout, period, plus 1,000. That is Pete. I don't know if this is PTO Skak or PTO Skak. Either way, Pete cashed out wins over a thousand dollars on that one uh a couple more good ones plus 2800 our man tyler 17 big t turns 25 pounds euros one of the two into 725 chris duncan by decision daniel marcos by decision nathaniel wood by decision all three cash shout out to him and then last but not least Mills, MMA locker room, six legs. Lerone Murphy, Johnny Parsons, Chris Duncan, Bruno Priscilla, Nathaniel Wood, and Ketlin Vieira, plus 2,500, wins over 200 on that ticket. So uh, shout out to the big hitters. Yeah. King Killing Gunk, it. man. King Gunk.
0: Can I make my pick for uh, this week's parlay?
3: Nail, uh anyway? Yeah. You're not in this week's parlay, unfortunately. Oh, that's oh, right. right. Oh, thank-
0: Get at- out. At- Holy shit. Is this the first time? Because I think the other time... No.
2: Was there ever one that I missed? No, no, no. no. This is the first one that you're going to miss. Yes. Oh, thank God. There was some stipulation that you needed to stay in for the last one. I can't remember what it was. Yes, thank God. Oh, I think I actually, like, muscled my way into it.
0: I think That's you're going to do this time. No. I'm, I'm happy to take a break. It's been a lot. It's, it's like... It's like it's like Those fighters who compete with the undefeated record, and it's like, oh, finally, you know, heavy is the head that wears the crown. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, yes. that's a Sugar that's State that's Athletic Commission uh, record, right there. Oh that is gosh. how it is viewed for sure. Uh, anyone watch the uh, tag team boxing over
3: the weekend?
2: No,
0: no, no. um, Jed
3: Mashu did and said it was <laughs> it was something special. It was
0: yet. happening. Uh, Chase Damore, he was the wasn't he the one that got into the thing, with Nate?
3: Yeah, or my thing is. Yeah, he was like calling from the, the crowd last time, but right. uh, he didn't
2: get choked out by fake Logan Paul. Who's that? I don't know. No, fake no, Logan oh, Paul no, got choked was, out. That was the, yeah, Nate <laughs> Diaz choked out? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yes. What do you mean? You don't remember yeah. this? It happened like two months ago. No, because and Chase DeMore was in this involved
2: show. in that event and I think yes, him yes, and yes. Nate, so like it's all, it all blends together. A lot together. happens in the sport. It blends together. What a ridiculous time that was. That was a ridiculous time uh, and it's all coming to fruition in uh, less than two weeks. In fact,
0: we're going to have a bit of an announcement on Wednesday's program regarding that fight, so stay tuned for that oh. lot going on. Um, and so the things that have happened since we last spoke... Uh, remember I mentioned Rob Font and then I was like, oh wait, he has
2: a fight. You remember that whole exchange on Wednesday? I do. I do. You do remember. Yeah, I, I remember this because you said Rob Font. I said he's fighting Song. Yeah, and yeah. All. Sure, sure enough.
0: enough. No, because I knew. Oh, you knew yes.
2: already. He's time it, out. Time <laughs> out. But then
3: I said, why don't they pull somebody from a fight and you were you were Cause, like cause in the midst of that, I was like, but I
0: got the but don't say anything. So I was like, I, uh,
3: but I got it. Song hey. was already out.
0: Six. Oh, sick. Yeah, sick, yeah. Sick, yeah. It was all happening in real time. But, the, like, did you find a way that I was just circling Rob who had a fight? I mean. <laughs> didn't feel like that.
1: Okay. No. Wow. I sold it well. You want to show you, you know the text? You no, know, I yeah, believe, it, you, but, believe you, but yeah. it didn't feel like that. When I was picking show, up I we was laying down.
2: We got off the show and you, you didn't say anything about it.
0: Yeah, I don't need to tell you guys everything, cool, right? I feel oh, like I cool, tell you
2: yeah. a lot as is,
0: uh, just for the record. Bit of a bummer, right? I mean. No, what do you mean? I, w- yeah. I really wanted to see I the Umar fight. Only.
2: At this point I was like emotionally I invested wanted to in it. See the Rob von Songy Dong fight, Rob that too. fighting in Boston also. By the way, don't get me don't get me wrong. Like, this is Rob the best
0: Rob versus best. Corey is a great fight. Yeah. But of course. For by the way, who was the favorite going into the Umar fight? Was it Umar? Umar. And now is it Corey?
2: Uh let's see if we got odds on that, the Boy. For a
3: replacement though, this is pretty
2: yeah, damn good. Yeah, it's fine. No, no, you it's know? it's good. It's good. Um, I mean, honestly, Rob yeah, is. Sandhagen, a sizable favorite, minus 65.
0: Isn't that crazy going from like the fight where everyone's like, oh man, this guy. It's and not, to a
2: higher ranked guy,
0: yes. and now
3: right. it flip flops.
0: It's not the same. Please don't get me wrong, but it is a little like Diaz, Hamza, Diaz, Ferguson. You know what I mean? Like you go from the fight there, everyone thinks you're going to lose to now the fight that you're the favorite. Mm. It's a weird one like that. Yeah. Esk. You're right. Yes, yes, yes. So we got that. That was a crazy Wednesday night. We got that. Yeah. We got Paulo Costa Hamza. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we got uh, Charles and Islam. Charles and Islam. None of those were super surprising. I guess Charles, Charles. and Islam. Yeah. yeah. Kind of put that. And
2: just to get them confirmed was was pretty big
0: news. Yo, Paulo like. Paulo Costa against uh, Hamza Chmaev like that. I feel like.
2: Build and fight week is going to be it's, insane. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be unbelievable. Um, I can't wait for it. And then the fight itself. Yes. I can't, I can't wait to see what happens. It's I, going to be awesome. I'm admittedly a little trepidatious.
3: You think it's um, one of those that's not going to happen? I'm, th- I'm not saying it's not going to happen because I really hope it happens. But I really am not going to think about it or talk about it until it happens. Wow. Those. Like, I don't want to put any bad juju out there. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I hope it happens. I, I'm. Uh, your optimism can carry us. But these two... I just want to see it happen. That is me too, man. Me, I, Can I just see Hamza Chamaya fight, please? It is crazy. Like, that's that's what I'm begging way,
0: for. It's gonna be it's gonna be thirteen and a half months. Yeah, between yeah. fights for him, and he wasn't well, I mean, injured. For
2: Costa too. We haven't seen Costa since Costa last since August. Since Rockhold, August, since Rockhold. Yeah. fuck.
0: I mean, both guys do a good job of just kind of being around. Um what was up with uh Hamza taking the route of he's not a real brazilian over the weekend I mean are we go- is this the new thing now is everyone not real not everybody lie, wants I didn't it. even see that <laughs> yeah i said that he's not a real brazilian like <laughs> what what's going on here can we stop with this
3: uh he's not real it was I think his... for birth certificate I think his thing was a little bit more like they're supporting me more than sur- they're supporting him. Got it. I think that's what the angle he's taking on it. Uh, but yes, I mean, it is, you know, a storyline that seems to be common these days. About, it's a thing. Um, yeah. But I think that was his angle, was like, they, they love me more than they love him.
0: Is you he, know what I mean? Is he, uh, is he a big favorite going into that one?
2: He's going to be. He's going to be. Sure. i have a strong feeling uh minus 315 right now for a guy who's Sorry, never fought minus, minus 360 on DraftKings Sportsbook a contender in that division it's interesting what about Islam minus 305 what's uh what's Charles
0: plus 240 who's the uh who's the better play
2: Costa or Charles as far as underdog I don't know uh, man I mean we saw Oliveira in the same fight last year and it, it didn't work out well. I think well. Oliveira will do better this time. I does hope he so ultimately he win? I don't know, but I think he does better. No?
3: I'll tell you who I'd be hesitant to play. A guy who a few weeks ago said, I'm not healthy enough to fight Islam Makachev and then gets into a fight with Islam Makachev. I'll tell you who I'm not going to put but my then, money on. But then the same felt like guy, something is else. also
2: Charles Oliveira, who wins as a dog. Hey. All the time. If you're
3: out there and, and you're into that, vaya con Dios. I don't know, but maybe. For me,
0: I uh, feel like something else was going on there. It felt like some negotiation.
2: Sure, Kosta at plus plus two eighty. Like, I I don't know if he's going to win, but I mean, we've seen we we saw Hamza out in a dogfight with Gilbert Burns. Like, it, it could right. turn into something like that. And this is one eighty five. Yeah, we haven't seen this Hamza a big 185 at one eighty five boy. in the or no, we have we, we did, have but not against Acosta, yeah, not against Costa. He's a big boy. What was it, uh, Gerald Mearshart, Right. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's a different. contender, a true like middleweight yes. contender is like that's a step, that's a step up.
2: Can't wait. Oh my gosh. Two eighty five or two ninety five? Leon Colby. Any truth? Is two What is two ninety five? MSG. MSG. Yeah.
0: How the fuck do you know two ninety five is MSG? Um, I have to keep <laughs> reminding myself that two ninety one is this weekend. Um, <laughs> like just like the number, I don't. I associate yeah. it more yeah, with yeah, the, November, the location. November.
2: Um, November. MSG. Uh,
0: I mean, look, it, uh, it makes all the sense in the world. Colby fighting in New York makes sense. Leon fighting in New York. I, I, I think they should put some of these British guys in New York. You know, historically in boxing, the Brits have done well here. Uh, anyone's going to do well in New York,
3: to be honest. But also, it's not bad to draft on that John Jones, yeah, uh, pay per view. That's, that's oh my
2: gosh! If that's the pay per view, you add Leon and and Colby. They just yeah. announced Brunson Lice. Like they're really. They're
3: By the way, uh, and, and
2: Colby and John have a history as well.
3: Yeah, the press conference would be. Yes, oh,
0: honestly, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, if John says I don't want to be on the card with him, and John has that kind of pull. Oh yeah. Colby has said some pretty not-so-nice things about John.
3: Do we have a December yeah. event yet? Well, no, but it, there is going to be a pay-per-view. No, I mean, like, you know, yeah, that would that could be a headliner. Oh, a 1,000%.
0: Yeah, they have to figure out these. Um, there's that one, and then there's the Prochaska fight. That's right. So, I mean, at this point, it's Monday. 291 is on Saturday. It's very clear that... Alex Pereira and uh, Jan Bajovich is not for the belt. Yeah, no, so sure. it's just going to be. Announced.
3: I mean, it'd be weird if they waited any no. longer than this.
0: It would be nice though if they say, "All right, this is the one winner of this fight is is fighting Yuri in." I don't know. Would Abu Dhabi be okay? Yeah, that would be three months from now. I feel like that's a good Abu Dhabi co Sure. But they might need a December pay-per-view main
2: event there as well, so we'll see what happens there. Yeah, I was gonna say Hamza Costa is a a pretty decent co-main as well.
0: Yeah. Did they have two title fights last year in Abu Dhabi? I know they had Islam and Charles. Was there another one? Uh, I don't recall. Wow. I I don't
2: recall. (laughs) I need GC. This is where GC is going to come in. I mean, I'm a a main event guy, not a.
0: You're not not a a co-main guy. Uh, I I know they 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 had the one year with. uh, with what's this? Yes,
2: Aljo. Aljo, Joe yeah, Shop.
0: and TJ. Oh, it didn't really feel oh, like, yeah.
3: That. No. And then before that, it was the free one, right? The ESPN.
0: Yeah, but that one had Jan and Sanhagen too. Yeah. yeah. Um. So maybe there's a
2: thing you gotta have two title fights in Abu Dhabi. Wouldn't surprise me. I mean, they seem they seem very invested in these Abu Dhabi cards. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it was weird
0: though that they announced it. They announced it like at 10 p.m. Eastern, on Wednesday which is, I think Abu Dhabi is seven hours ahead, which is 5 a.m. Abu Dhabi time. Maybe they wanted them to wake up to it. Well, I but it say, was...
2: They get to wake up, big news, tickets on sale. Tickets going right on sale. Yeah. The idiot Yeah.
0: I don't know. felt like more of a play for
3: the East Coast, West Coast
0: crowd than the Abu Dhabi crowd. But Tickets. Yeah. Tickets, yeah. Did they go on sale?
3: Yeah. They, uh, they, I think they went on sale the next day. Oh, okay.
0: Uh three months in advance, yeah. That makes sense. Um so, yeah, good stretch coming up, some big news, some things in the works, whispers, rumors. Of course, the big, you know, wondering about Conor, Conor back on track. You're still doing that thing, right? With Not you, Conor, the other Conor, the other famous Conor in the sport, McGregor. You're still doing the uh, the tough thing, right? Yeah. And so what happens now? Are they shuffling the deck?
2: Uh, so, yeah, there's going to be some reorganization of the teams. Obviously, he got his first win last week, and, uh yeah. I, I don't have my notes with me, but uh on Tough Hang, if anybody watched, uh we broke it down how it's gonna how we think it's gonna go. Okay. So there's four more fights? Yep. We're now into the semifinals. And the finale is Boston? Or have yes. they not announced that? Yeah. Wait, no, so- well this it's it's very strongly believed because it just lines up perfectly and there's still only eleven fights on that card. So adding uh, the two okay. makes sense. Oh, there's two. Two different weight yeah. classes. Yeah, bantamweight and lightweight. Did you guys see yeah. how I convinced Aspinall? Uh, yeah, he sounded very convinced to fight Pavlovich. Yeah, totally convinced him. I mean, if he does, then I mean, you're just making fights for this guy. Well, I fights mean, I agent. mean, he admitted I, it. He said, I "Look, I made the Tibero fight. I'm, I'm saying, not an you expert. If Pavlovich one, then he needs your help." He needs your help. He on.
0: said it was top of mind. It was Bisping. It was uh, Paris. I want to work for TNT. It was everything but Listen. those two
3: guys. You know, it was a lot going on. But the fight, the, the big logic one. of that made sense, though. Yeah. What he was kind of laying out. But yeah,
2: he said he admitted that idea. He's he's on the desk. He's doing commentaries in the nice suit, and then he jumps in the cage, mm. rips the suit off, goes goes wrestling style, Paul Craig-esque, and gets right Not up. Not Sergei's uh, the fight. Someone's face. And, and please, I, I, I really re- wins the UFC No, Paris. not that one. Uh,
0: we saw that fight two years ago, and I know we we just saw Islam and and Charles a year ago. But this is different. It's not um, exactly
3: the same demand yes. for that
0: one. No, 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 no. Uh, but I, you know, I would uh, I w- I would love to see him fight again this year. And I don't want him to be just like a backup fighter situation for New York. Because remember, Sergey has already been the backup fighter and
3: didn't really. Amount to much. Oh, maybe it will but, amount to something, but I yeah, want to what, see him fight. I mean, look, there's worse there's worse scenarios than being a backup fighter for a guy in John Jones who has fallen off of fights before. Why not? There's no. What's the loss to Tom? He doesn't have to cut weight. I, I just want to see him fight again. No, oh, that I get. Oh, you're saying like don't put your eggs in that basket yeah. to, to forego a fight. And
0: if we're going to do the thing where That's the backup fair. fighter gets the title shot, then Sergei should get
3: it first he's already. Yeah, I mean, he's already him, right? done it. Imagine, yeah. he it Imagine he does it
2: twice.
3: <laughs> now he gets two title shots. If he loses one, he, he gets a mulligan and he gets to fight two again. Paydays. And
2: how much do you think he's? How much weight do you think he's cutting? Sergey. Yeah, for the for the backup spot. What does he usually weigh in at? I actually don't know that. And we can see right now.
0: What was oh, that? He weighs in at like two eighty six. UFC two eighty six, right?
2: Wayans. Let's see what he weighed. Was it the last time he fought? Wasn't him and Blades just on a on a straight up card oh, it was to 35. I just I'm just curious what he weighed in as the um the backup. Oh, it was the backup.
0: As the backup, here it is. Oh wait, Pavlovich was yeah. 259. Dang. So he's close. So he yeah, might have good. to cut a little yeah. bit of weight. Yep. All right. Um well, it's been a fun day as always. Sure has. But it's time to go. Has Mbappé signed with uh, Saudi Arabia yet?
2: i don't think that's a done deal but that money is looking like uh, his uh, his salary would be about seven hundred and seventy six million dollars this would be the biggest one-year contract in the history of sports right i mean nothing would compare to this almost feels like the history of anything ever the history of mankind (laughs) like it's just like a one-year deal and you can just skate off to madrid
0: oh and by the way we didn't get the update tell us before we go uh, what is going on with this
3: X situation? What do we need to know? Oh yes, yes. I Get mean, there's it. no, there's no update. Uh, fundamentally, nothing's changing. There's just kind of the obsession of Elon Musk with the letter X. You know, but like, what's so he's trying just to...
0: changing Twitter's name to X? Yeah,
3: that's it. He's been trying to do stuff like this for a while. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of articles out here. Um, in 1999, there was a there was an attempt to make. Um, X, X.com was founded in 1999. SpaceX is his company. Model X is a model of Tesla. So why not call um, it Twitter X? His son is named X, I X like Twitter AI. X. So, yeah. What is XAI? An AI thing that he's launching oh, as well. His
0: son's name is just X.
3: No, it's like X, Ash, like A something. Like Doesn't he have very, like
0: 10 kids or something?
3: He's a lot of children, yes. Right. I always thought it was control, Alt delete. Hmm.
0: That was his son's name? Mm-hmm. Could have been. Imagine he had to send Control,
2: then Alt, and then Delete. Um, so is this happening? Yeah. Is this a done Smart deal? Wins. No, it's a done deal. I mean, uh, you go on Twitter right now. The logo in the top left is just an X. You're kidding? No, no it is. Twitter.com. Sure. Yeah. Twitter.com yeah. or x.com, whichever one you think is faster. I don't Literally. see that. The bird. I'm what? on Twitter.com right now. Refresh it.
0: Twitter.com/slash/home. Yes. Refresh it in the and left low. The top corner.
2: Left corner. Wow.
0: <laughs> there it is
2: it actually just i just actually saw it refresh in front of my eyes yeah i did that earlier i saw the refresh uh, i'm actually heading over to see if i can update my app right now and see if it goes to it by the way
0: it's not that nice of a logo if i'm being honest no,
2: it's not I, i'm not going to lie is this it, it was kind of dumb is this the, no, is this the temporary logo keep telling me how this is the end keep telling me how it's dead Twitter dies every four minutes all on Twitter. To, all this man has to do is just keep the lights on, keep the app running, and it'll... Everyone matter, keeps so. saying their goodbyes. Can you spare me your goodbyes? You're follow not be me here leaving. because you're I'm leaving. not leaving. leaving.
1: Soon they will be like, I'm a... Uh, X, it's been X, a good run.
3: I'm out. This app yeah. has crashed and
2: burned, and I hate it, and y'all, I'm gone. Y'all can't escape. You, you guys have to have the clout. Because yeah. even if you're leaving, you're like, go follow me at XYZ. Is 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 Threads dead? Oh my God! Uh, it it's, yes, it it's not dead. Literally, haven't damn. thought about it since. Yes, the first look, week. it has I lost. Thought about it? Haven't looked at it. I looked at. I look at it as much as like any other like background app that you just don't need on your phone. It lost a lot of momentum. They didn't have enough features to start. If they had
3: had just a feed of people you followed, I think it would have had a lot more staying power. But I think a lot of people kind of left after that because that's what they were kind of looking for as an alternative to Twitter or X. Um, so yeah, they lost some momentum. That's for damn sure. A lot of signups
2: and then a lot of people leaving the app. I did just update Twitter. It's, it's still the, the bird. Mm. The app on my phone. Isn't it yeah. weird how
0: Twitter like, makes people so angry? I just feel like it, everyone's just so... What I've, do you mean? If, if there's ever been an indication that people are addicted to Twitter, it's that like, they keep going on Twitter to just proclaim how angry to vent about Twitter, Twitter, Twitter is making yeah. them. Like, that seems like a weird thing to do. With it seems like they do that on all the platforms. Yeah? Yeah. I, I've never, I don't recall a platform sparking such animosity.
2: Probably because on, like, Instagram, you can just post pictures and reels. Is it's anyone venting TikTok. about Instagram? Is anyone venting about TikTok no, this, or is, like, this is a mini blog. It, you, Frank, yeah. you're a Reddit guy. I'm assuming mm-hmm. that people vent on there. All the time. You love Reddit, don't you?
3: I mean, oh, I, do. mean I also love Reddit. Really? How, Reddit. How, how often? I, I, I like Twitter,
2: <laughs> Twitter's pretty hilarious. Fair point, Frank?
0: Uh, is that your go-to, Frank? Is it your homepage?
3: Yeah, that's uh, don't what they call homepage. It the, home, the homepage of the internet. I feel like that's yeah, that's what's oh happening. really.
0: I never yeah. go on Reddit. Yeah, I'm not just one page. I mean, it always <laughs> brings a tear to my eye when you make the uh, front page. Does that yeah. happen
2: often?
1: Yeah, it does. Yeah.
0: Oh wow!
2: why don't you tell me?
1: I do, but then you don't respond. So I'm like, well,
2: oh, yeah. oh, here goes Frank talking about not responding. Yeah. Is that actually true?
1: Well, I don't think I've ever seen you post that anything. About, I uh, sent it to him individually. Uh, that's
0: such nonsense. You have never texted me, and I called not you in the middle of the night. Like, uh,
3: you're on the such front page. Craziness. Skeptical. Frank
0: is now. You're doing the thing now where you're ignoring us completely, right? We yes. we have, we have
1: oh, been
3: officially yeah. muted. I have
1: read everything you guys said sure, over the past few right. days. We're even but, talking what, about what you did in I the thread.
2: You last night. I missed that one. Wow! Wow! Were you, are you somehow hey, you know referring what? to me under a different name? And I had no concern of him reading the text message because I knew he would going to go look now. He wouldn't read it. Wow! That is amazing. Look, my wife has
1: been out of town. I oh, don't wow. want to be caught. <laughs> it's like oh, you were just yeah. on your phone the whole time. Yeah,
2: my wife's been out of town. What? An what have you been doing? Excuse. What an excellent Painting. excuse. Painting. Yeah. Mm. Anything to show? Anything no. you want to show no. us? These
1: are paintings yeah. that I make for myself.
2: Oh, nice, dude. Nice. Yeah. Can't wait for the next lineup drop. Ooh. (laughs) That's very inside baseball Uh,
0: right there. That's very inside baseball. (laughs) Once once we're once we're making jokes about Slack, you know, etiquette, (laughs) it's time to go. Uh gentlemen, good afternoon. Thank you very much. Uh Frank, great job as always by you.
1: Ooh.
0: (laughs) That was good. Uh you can hear my music oh yes Tommy Aspinall I'm gonna go no I'm not gonna do I'm not going to I'll uh, see I'm gonna go check it out yeah. oh I forgot to ask GC about
1: Paul Barbie Aspinall Paulie huh?
0: Aspinall uh, GC Barbie yes. yay nay
2: uh, yeah it was good it was entertaining
0: did you notice that when I posted the uh, lineup today I had the Barbie oh, music yeah, yeah I uh, good that. for kids
2: I would not take your six-year-old to go see it. Wow. It's, it was a little more serious than I was expecting it to be. But is it, like, inappropriate? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Like for a six-year-old, yeah, there's a few lines. Which movie did you enjoy more? Oppenheimer, no doubt. Really? Yeah. Rick, also did you take your daughter? Guy? No, he's, he's, he's off headphones. <laughs> He, he he No he, one the checks out quick in Zoom log off. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to
1: send you this trick video and you know, it. Still don't think he This realizes. is like us talking about Frank in yes, the text. Yes, bed. Yes, yes. <laughs> this
2: <laughs> is the exact equivalent. Does he
0: still not Let's see, let's see. No. Does he still not know we're talking about him? <laughs> no. Nope. No clue.
2: Right next to him. 3 feet away. Go How does he not hear you time. right now? Go to one more time. How does he not? <laughs> <laughs> that's, not, that's how close we are. That's, how close we are.
0: Uh, that's good work by Alex. Uh, thank you very much everyone who tuned in today. Thank you to Paul Craig. Thank you to Tom Aspinall. Thank you to Leroy Murphy. Thank you to Grayson Waller. Thanks to them. Thanks to all of you. Back on Wednesday, same time and place. Until then, I say... Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira, is a close one. um one that is of interest to me: Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so, there's a lot of interesting things on this card, and the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So, go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code the MMA Hour. New customers can bet five bucks to get one hundred and fifty dollars instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling problem call 100 Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877 8 hope and or text hope Y. that's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash mma.com, yes, uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
4: More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier.